Anyway, right, as usual, I'm going to invite in the, the two new guests. Uh, Stan has been busy rubbing his, um, polishing his glove. There you go, Stan. Give it a good polish. See, basically, Mikel's got me on standby in case there are any more players that he needs to be disappeared out of the club really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you again, Stan? That's 68. Is, is, that, is 53. that what? 53 years old. And he's got a it's, it's quite hand. lucky that he doesn't have that mask thing, you know, the um, Chewbacca mask. That wouldn't work on here, would it? <laughs> it, it probably wouldn't. Right, uh, gentlemen, say hello to James and Andrew and goodbye to James and Andrew. Hello. All right, Stan. Hello, All right, I'll see you a bit later. Hello, guys. Yes, definitely. Yes, you're going on his show later. So, um, yeah, if people uh, want to go and watch Andrew's uh, channel a little bit late, we've got plenty of people that you've seen on here before. So uh, we don't mind. We've got plenty of people watching all day. You can go over there. And so I shall leave James and Andrew to let yourselves leave because it would be rude of me to kick you out. Thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. Uh, thanks, and I'll speak to you again soon. Time. I appreciate it. Thank Take you. Care. Have a good time. Burgers Cheers, guys. The best. Enjoy. Bye. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. I'm so tempted to go and have a look and see what the Colorado Rapids podcast wanted. Should I have a look? Yeah, yeah, there? do it. Waiting. Do it. Where's have it going? It's probably, it's, probably, it's probably Joss's wife or something like that. It's uh, Holding the High Line Rapids 96 podcast. Hey, guys, we're the premier Colorado Rapids podcast. Let us know if you want any info on Austin Trusty. We certainly do. I will accept that. And I'll go and have a look at it later. Maybe they, uh, maybe they. If you're watching, hello. What you meant? Um, what you should do is reply to them. And go, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want. I don't want to annoy them straight away, do I? And um, what's that one? I had it on the wrong bloody window, didn't I? So, um, yes, Fergus. It's been a long time since we spoke. And how That's have ages, you been? Mate. It's been too long. I've changed. I've changed my top. It is another arsehole. I've changed my top. I've been wearing the same one since yesterday. I've got up and I thought, oh, God, I kind of... What's the point? And uh, Sean's mum come round because uh, she obviously doesn't live here because we went our separate ways 21 years ago. We've not had a, not had a card off her yet, but... And she was uh, did a few things and she said, I'll put all... So she put my T-shirts in the washing machine. There aren't... There was three. There was three wash... Dirty. And I realised, I did a load the other day. My mum took them out, folded them up and put them in my drawer for them. I roll, have my T-shirts rolled up. Don't have them hung you know up. what? The conversation reason. about your T-shirts is even more exciting than the transfer window is. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of transfers, how how do you feel about the whole thing at the moment, Fergus? Because Stan's already had a little bit of a say on it when he covered for FK. But um, yeah, mm. how how do you think it's going? And as uh, I'm interested to see Stan, because Stan gave this. Uh, I'm going to go back and have a look at what Stan's rating was because he's now had to give a second rating yeah. before the the Obama young news, the Obama, Obama young news. Stan gave it a zero, so people don't go away because later Stan will tell you if he's changed his rating from a zero. So Fergus, uh, wax lyrical about the transfer window. Will I go and do some tweets? If I'm honest, as I said when we spoke all that long, 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 long time ago yesterday, um, I'm so nonplussed about the transfer window when they walk out at the Emirates with a shirt or get unveiled. I, I'm interested. Half of it, um, well, most of it is absolutely BS that's just like churned around on, on the internet and Twitter uh, among agents, this, that and the other. Um, today is month end for me. I'm in sales so and we had IT issues. So my phone was bleeping with everybody losing their heads. <laughs> and I, we, I, I'm still staying, staying to my um, standards of not swearing on here. So I, I don't know what you're like. Oh, but, you swear um, away. <laughs> yeah, well, losing their shit over yeah. over all sorts of stuff. A Bamiyang's flying out. A Bamiyang's not flying out. And uh, we've got no ambition, you know, and trusty the process. And uh, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just 
absolutely ridiculous. How, how do I feel about it? Uh, listen, all I want, I'm happy with what we've got. All I want is somebody who can score some goals. Um, the rest we can build on. I think the rebuild is going. James, I think, was the one who said that. Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was who was the other chap down the bottom? Uh, and Andy was it? Andrew. Andy. Andrew. Andrew. Uh, Andrew said he gave it a zero because of the outgoings. To be honest, I'd give it a higher mark. And the outgoings are huge to me. The ones that sideswiped me a little bit was Chambers because I thought it was a good squad player to have, uh, yeah. and Maitland Niles only on the timing because I would have kept him later, but. He's never going to be a first-team player for us. Um, he doesn't seem to have the get-up-and-go and the gumption about him to seem to be... Oh, he's just like, yeah, I'll play if you want me to play. It's just, you know... Uh, and, and and he went to Roma to play centre-mid and end up right-back again, where he didn't want to play. So, But it's timing uh, more, more than anything else with the outgoings. Uh, i just like to see a few incomings. We need... Some additions to the squad, especially when we look at uh, Lacazette and Eddie Nketiah as our two strikers now, because if Aubameyang has gone, have only scored two goals in the Premier League all season. Uh, you might see a cat jump across my screen in a minute, but you like that, uh, Danny, so that's all right. I'm so um, <laughs> I jumped up already on mine. <laughs> So, so um, I'm nonplussed about it because I think this is a real big thing for talk shite and sly sports, and 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 and, and that, that's what it's about. It's all about them getting people on the yellow button. Look at look at the background here. It's all the yellow. We've all taken into this. You know, we've all been sucked in. We didn't used to have this before. I know the windows weren't always there, but we didn't used to have it's this. It's almost like Black it's Friday. It doesn't it doesn't feel like we've all taken it on. Yeah, it's just like draft day in America, I suppose. I don't know. I don't even do that stuff. No, nor do I. Ah, uh, Stan, how have, has, has anything changed? Have you had your breakfast and your coffee? Yes, I've uh, I've, I've been refueled, and I just want to say first of all as well, hello to Fergus. I think it's hello, Stan. I think, I've, I think I've only spoken to you once many years ago on a podcast, maybe Andrews, but I've been watching your content a lot recently, and I really enjoy it. So I just wanted to say hi, especially some of the. Um, the history things that you do about Highbury and some of the players, I've caught a couple of those and I really enjoy it. So if you, anybody out there, if you want to, if you're a little bit younger and you want to get a little bit of knowledge about the Arsenal, you should go to Fergus's channel, uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's right. Is that right, Fergus? Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, good stuff yeah, yeah. on there. But um, yeah, I've, since, since since earlier, I mean, I, I gave a rating of near of zero because you said that we could go to minus 10 to plus 10. And yeah. I gave it a zero because the good stuff we were for me at a minus but getting rid of the dead wood has brought it up from the minuses up to up to a, a, a straight playing field now of a zero hearing the news that we're going to be finally um uh, offloading Aubameyang which is probably one of the worst uh, contract renewals we ever did alongside Meza Ozil and both <laughs> of those really blew up in our face that's now lifted my scale from a, a zero to a one so we're into the we're getting into the pluses now, and and the window's Stan, still open. Stan, Matt yeah. Turner, and Austin Trusty. It's got to bring you to a ten, hasn't it? <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll move it to a two. I did forget about Trusty there. But I'll move. Good, good point. I've moved it to a two. We've done something, but there is still time. I remember players coming in at the last minute, so I'm still thinking that now that they've definitely know that Abamyang is going to be moved on. Maybe that sets money aside now for someone and they've been working and they can say, right, we've done that part. We can press the green button. You're ready to go. Come and have your medical. And 
you know, I watched a video yesterday and this guy was putting together all of the, um, the, the, the facts and the evidence of Isak being in London, the number plate on the car and being seen in a Soho club with um, Janazai. And it was clearly him. So and he's Finsbury in the round. Park. Don't forget that, Stan. Yep. You saw that. Around. Yeah. Do, um, do, do you believe the car thing? So he flew in from, from wherever he plays. Uh, it, it, he flew in, he bought a Rolls Royce, got a <laughs> private plate, stuck on it to drive down to Finsbury Park and the Emirates. Stan, come on. I mean, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, what kind of a life is this guy living? I mean, usually when I go somewhere, I hire a Fiesta. Do you know what I mean? I don't get a, a roller. Have you, ever dealt, with man the DVLA? Have you ever dealt with the DVLA to get a private plate done? It takes yes. weeks. <laughs> yes. If was, I just hope we don't sign a player called initials of GFP because my registration is D2 GFP on, on the on the, um, the Sharan. Used to be on the Merc, but I'm too fat to get in that now. If anyone wants to buy a convertible, let me know. It's a lovely car. 20 grand and it's yours. But that's 20, obvious, utter nonsense. There's no way the DVLA shit at the best of times, let alone when they're all yeah. on strike during a COVID lockdown. And in Wales, they're still on not allowed out of their boroughs or whatever they live in in Wales. No way is that getting done. And you've got Chris Isaac, the bloody singer. Isaac is a popular name. That there car must have cost about what four hundred grand. That car, a Rolls, a Rolls Royce like that. I, 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 yes. um, I, I bet it, with, with the spec, it's it's three fifty, about about three fifty. Three fifty. You know how much the pop up flags are on on. You know what the ambassadors have. Oh yeah. If yeah. you get the two, it's it's about a hundred grand to have the two of them on there. I, I, had the, I had the pleasure of going around um, Goodwood and being taken around there. And they talked about a Chinese guy who had two sons and he was buying Rolls Royce Wraiths for them. And he said, mm, I, I, I want a color. Yes, I want my own color. Can I pick my own color? I said, yeah, I like that color. And then he pointed to uh, a blue pipe that had water on it. The color matched it. There was another guy, Mr. Khan was his name, and we are allowed to use his name, I was told. Um, he had uh, a drop top ghost. And he was uh, there. And when you go to Goodwood, you're on a mezzanine above it. So we're, we're got off, off tangent because it's far more interesting than a transfer window. Not all else to um, talk about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The exactly. next, next and, one's going to be dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and, Do you sell cars, Fergus? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, I work for a car manufacturer company, a finance company. Ah, because Mike's just yeah. said to you. you no, no, that, that's an ongoing. That's an ongoing joke. <laughs> He's not letting anything go. On, carry on. No. But 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 um, the, yeah. So we're on this mezzanine floor, and you have to wear the the you know the um open all hours sort of brown jackets. You got to wear. <laughs> yeah. You got to take. You got to take your watches off. You can't bring your phones in. It was around the time there was a program done with the Diamante dashboard and roof done in a Rolls Royce. You might have seen the documentary on yeah. on Sky a few years back. But we get to this uh, the the hide area, which is all about the leather and 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 they talk about how they pick out the leather, and it takes nine uh, cattle to to leather a roll. <laughs> Royce and the, the lady who's taken us around said I had a man come around once Mr Khan and he came along and he opened a packet of Skittles and I said oh you can't you can't eat in here Mr Khan and he went oh no I don't want to eat it he picked out an orange Skittle he said that's the color I want <laughs> and they matched the orange Skittle to his car and the embroidery on his head uh, on his headdress so I hope that pleased you um Magic Mike you got a bit of car news I think I think Danny's busy with pussy, isn't he, right now? Well, I've got one on the table, and I've got her daughter down here. She's trying to get past her and getting her head caught up in the... Um, oh, Lily smells crisps. I've got to give her a crisp, otherwise it will never end. 
Did he? Come in. Go get it. How many crisps am I going to throw? This is this is what we've come to in the world of podcasting. Lily, over here. There you go. So Stan, Stan, what are you doing? That what, what was your favourite fact that you picked up from the history one? And thank you for that comment. What was your favourite fact you picked up on the history? There was one that I watched that was interesting about the hybrid ground. What but during the war? Yeah, there was one about the hybrid ground during the war that I didn't know much about, and I, I can't that remember any any specific facts as such. But I did find it very interesting, and um, yeah. you know, I've gone and had a look at a couple of things on your channel. And uh, I have my I have the little bell set. So if you're if you if you pop up and I'm not busy working, I have to have you one in the background. With um, the other gentleman that comes on is quite knowledgeable. Trev. Trevor Trevor Hills. Trevor. Yeah, yeah moany old git he is. <laughs> Un unfollow him on Twitter. Un honestly, unfollow him. He's he's awful. He's like, he's, a, he's he's an absolute diamond. Is Trev? He is, and you give him lots of grief. And I think the more grief you give him, the more he likes it. <laughs> Um, oh dear, right, yes. Yeah. So, um, what do you make of the, the two American signings, um, Fergus, with the uh, Aston trustee and the is it Matt Turner? Is the other one haven't got a clue? All I heard was Matt make Turner is no good with it, he's no good with his feet, <laughs> and uh, Aston trustee. I can if if he's bad, he's going to be crusty the clown, isn't he? So you know, there we oh, go. Oh, he's done uh, it again. <laughs> <laughs> you need to say now that you're claiming those uh, as podcast names, and no one else is allowed to have them because that's two good titles that you've you've, you've got. <laughs> the other scumbags are going to steal. Yeah, they will do. They'll, they'll steal all my ideas, but you know, I don't care. Um, is something to uh, make you gentlemen weep. I'm just uploading it now. It's made me feel a little bit sad. Mm. Good riddance. And that is him. Good riddance. He'll score 18 goals in his first 10 games and then go on strike or go missing or he'll be taking his mum to London to take around Madame Tussauds or something. No, her, his mum's going to move to London and he'll have to visit her because she's ill. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, how does that make you feel, Stan? Good luck to him, you know. We've we've managed to move quite a lot of the, the hefty salary off of our books, and that's what we needed to do. So, you know, fair play. Good luck to him. It's done now. We can move on. How about you, Fergus? Is it making you think, what could... Is it like looking at an ex-girlfriend who's going to go elsewhere and, and pleasure a whole load of guys? No, that is the wrong analogy. It's going to go and make someone else very happy. God, I managed to pull that one out of fire. I think... Um, if we pretend I didn't say made, it. I don't think any girls made anybody more happy than me. I'm just grateful for everything, me. So that's why I've said long and happily married. Um, does it does it bother me? No, not really. I, I think we got the best out of him. Uh, I think when we signed for 56 million, if you, if you think what well, we'd have to pay for a player of his caliber, even as at his age four years ago, we'd have to pay 80, 90 million for that sort of quality player uh, now. Um, uh, to be honest, I've heard so much stuff behind the scenes about him and Ozil um, and some of the stuff that went on in Baku and so on that I'm, you know, and uh, what, who was it? Was it was it Rocky Detail. Roll Castle? Detail. Was it was it Roll Castle that said play for the name on the front of the shirt and they'll remember the name yeah, on the back? You know, and, and uh, Aubameyang didn't. Uh, Stan, apparently Aubameyang and Ozil uh, at halftime against Emery 
Um, we were getting absolutely ruined down the left-hand side by um, Hazard. We are playing three at the back. And um, uh, Aubameyang and Ozil went into Emery and said to Emery, uh, you need to change it to a four at the back. They were right, because um, uh, we did need to. But he just ignored them and stood in the middle of the dressing room and just ignored everybody. And then uh, they just got the ump and went back on the pitch. And within 21 seconds, Hazard has scored a goal. Aubameyang looks at the bench and goes, Phew, like that. And then you had Ozil at uh, Crystal Palace with the gloves and chucking, you ain't my manager. And to be honest, if if you feel like that in a job, in a normal job, if you feel like that in your job, you leave. You go find another job. But no. these people are happy to take the money. And I have no issue with Ozil earning 350 or 300 grand a week. I have no issue with any player earning what they're doing. That's down to their agent and the negotiation skills that they do. So that, that and, and, and we're stupid enough if we, if we agree those uh, wages. So I, I don't have an issue about the money, but earn your bloody money. And if you mm. don't like what's going on, leave. And he's done it. Good. Good luck. Yeah. Can't really disagree with that. Well, if we did disagree, it's not going to come back, is he? But it's just, you know, in years to come, we're going to, we're possibly going to look back on the Arteta thing. If this trust the process doesn't work, first thing, the most important thing is we're going to look at that. Whoever takes over, there's a hell of a, financially, there's a solid foundation to build for the future on. Defensively, that back five are good for the next five years, maybe six or seven years. The youth coming through, that's good for, if they want to, for a decade. All we need is a young strike, which could be Isaac. And um, we've got the midfield, we've got uh, Odegaard and that lot. I don't think Xhaka and Partey are the future, but um, I think that would be next on the thing. But if you take if you take a look at the entire thing, £1.3 million a week we've saved on wages since the 1st of June on players that have left. And we brought some in that have been on pretty decent wages. But I think the, um, what were they called? Um, the Beckham and that lot when they were at Real Madrid. What were they? That They were class tagged. Class so. of 92. Oh, oh no, oh, Galacticos. Yeah. Galacticos, there you go. Yeah, um, we've dabbled with the Galacticos. Luis, Czech, um, William, Aubameyang, Ozil. Didn't work. That meant, did worked a little bit. But you see, when you get Galacticos, you get their baggage. You get their personal baggage and you get their egos. And I think we've we've been stung by that and, do you think that's the end of it, Fergus? So we're never going to dip our toe in in the in the world class players thing again, and we're going to make like, our own. I think we'll get to that stage, and I think we'll. I think it's going to be a combination of both. I think we will get our own. Look, look we've got Saka, who's up there as world class. He, he, you know, he's getting to that sort of level. I, I, I think the mantle is too big for him quite uh, at the moment. Um, and you've got uh, Smith Rowe, who can uh, fill that um, fill that mantle as well. They, we've got some good quality players. You talked about trust the process or trusty the process, as uh, I, I've coined the phrase, um, and I'm going to use it. It's my it's my phrase. <laughs> but um, I've I've been having a debate on WhatsApp with some um, with some friends of mine, and they are friends, but they they don't have the same view on the managers I do. Like, I don't necessarily think um, that Arteta is the guy to win us the Champions League, to win us the Premier League. But what we're doing right now, we're rebuilding a team from literally nowhere. Ground zero, in my view. And I think you do need a sort of a yes man that he is, somebody who's not a big personality that he is, a disciplinary, easy for me to say, a very strict guy <laughs> um, uh, uh, to, 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 to enforce the ethos. And I think he likes working with the younger, less... Um, 
uh, egotistical uh, sort of players that you will have. Aubameyang has, has history at uh, Dortmund. He's clearly had uh, issues with Arsenal personally and uh, with managers. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I just, I just want. Arteta to get us to that stage that when we do start bringing in, if it is uh, Iska, why can't we look at Haaland? You know, the buyout fee is low enough. We we, we could be looking at... Then you'd have Odegaard, Is, Iska and Haaland. You'd have Sweden's like top three players at the Arsenal. And it'd be fantastic. And business I'm not does... Say, get... yeah, Norwegian. You carry on. <laughs> A Norwegian, sorry. Norwegian, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, but business does get done in the in in the transfer window in January last year. We signed Odegaard on loan from Real Madrid, and we subsequently got him uh, as as a, a full time player this summer. I wasn't overly convinced on Odegaard to start off with, but I can see him growing and get better and better and better. Give him a season, and I can see him uh, possibly even taking the captain mantle. And I've spoken loads, Stan. You you should speak a bit more because you've. Looking great there, but that's, <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. That's the only reason I'm here, Fergus. It's for the looks, um, yeah. Well, look at look at the top row. It's not really good, is it? <laughs> no, I, I kind of agree with a lot of what you're saying there. Um, when Danny asked a question about if we're ever going to see ourselves dipping in for sort of like you know big name players, well, we tried to do that with Vlavic, you know. I mean, I never knew that much about him before we linked, but what the way they're talking about him, that he's like the next best thing in Europe. His stats uh, up there with people like Cristiano Ronaldo was in Italy. He seems to be the next best thing. And we tried to do everything that we could to get him. So there's, there's certainly some ambition there. There's still going to be ambition there. But as I said earlier, if we don't end up bringing anybody in other than um, trusty, Mr. Trusty, Rusty Trusty, I'm going to have that one. Sorry, Fergus, that one's mine. Rusty Trusty. Um, Rusty Trusty. <laughs> Uh, I'm fine with it. I'd rather us not bring in players that are in six to eight months' time are going to be deemed surplus to requirements because we only bought them in as band-aids now. And we make the mistake that we always do where we can't move them on when we want because we've given them high salaries, which is what we always do. I mean, the most overused piece of office equipment at the Emirates must be the shredder for the amount of contracts that just go through that thing. We want to get rid of a player, we just shred the contract, and it's become a fashion now at Arsenal and players are seeing that at Arsenal and I know that that's now an option for them if they want to get away quickly I, Oh I, I'm just I, keeping I, an eye on our, uh, before you say that folks, keeping an eye on our Twitch and we have got Arsenal Rule have given us their Twitch Prime damn subscription so that's, uh, if anyone's got Amazon Prime you know how it works, I'm not going to tell you and so we get he says £3.27. We don't. We get about £1.25 for that. So Arsenal rule. Thank you very much. And uh, we have quite a few people on Twitch today. Personally, Twitch for me is the best. And then and YouTube are the best. But uh, you don't get many people that know how it all works. Uh, I don't know do how you, you make money of this stuff. I, I, I just pay money out to do my podcast. I never make any money. <laughs> I, I was telling um, Craig before the show started... I've got a list because most of the stuff I buy from Amazon. And so I went and did a Google spreadsheet on every single penny I've spent on podcasting since uh, I started doing it in November 2012, minus all the money that we've got from sponsorship and donations. Because sometimes we used to get hundreds every year from donations. And then all this computer, I bought three computers, uh, a laptop and a tablet. They've all been and used and done their business and gone. I'm um, negative 1,300 quid ish. 
Well, I've got, the, I've got this computer I'm on now. That cost me 1,700 quid. This microphone cost me about 200 quid. I spent yeah. about $20 a month on hosting and stuff. And, you never uh, get any back. None of it. <laughs> Absolutely none of it. But you know what? As we said when we talked all that long, long, long time ago, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy doing it. It's a yeah. hobby. I, I just like chatting to the likes of you and Stan and, and Trev. and I just enjoy talking to Arsenal with my mate. You know, and I deem all these people that we talk to my mates. You should yep. ask me, my mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to start my own channel, Fergus. It sounds a bit expensive by the sounds of what you two are saying. Well, you got just, the stuff I, for it. As long as you keep it YouTube, you'll be fine. I'm just quite happy to pour myself out to people's channels like yourselves. <laughs> well, DM me, Stan. <laughs> With that 1,500 quid the, the podcast owes me, I could have got a very fake tooth put in. If anyone's wondering, I'll explain to you what I did. I was moving my change. legs. And I had a, got a bit of string here. If I hold it here, you can see there's a knot on the string where I keep it together. And then I had that knot there, and I had it in my mouth as I was moving my leg. And it went like that, snapped my tooth forward. So I'm not a crack whore before anybody accuses me of it. All my teeth, look. All my teeth are normal apart from that one. And I, I think it, it suits me looking like a pirate. So I'm going to keep it. I'll maybe get a gold one put in there one day. But. Uh, there you go. Right, we've uh, been doing. You've nearly your half an hour is now. Richard's in the um, in the waiting room. I'm gonna. I'll add Richard to the show there's so you the, can say hello to him. There's a fashion a fashion police in the in the chat as well. Thunder Road. Where's uh, Thunder Road? Has said uh, that Fuchsia pullover looks really good on Stan. Fuchsia. Now there's a word you don't use every day. Thank you, Thunder. <laughs> well, I, I doubt uh, Thunder's the kind of man who'll go and uh, punch you in the chops and say Fuchsia. And then leave you. And then <laughs> That's why it's the fashion police, because who says fuchsia? Only my nan does. <laughs> Indeed, right. Um, did you say hello to Richard, and then uh, I shall... All right, Rich. How are you? How are you doing? How are you doing? All right, Fergus? Yeah, All right, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, man. Thanks. Not talking to He didn't win the Arsenal quiz this week, so uh, that is a miracle. It's like Hayley's Comet. It happens one every 86 years. He I'll, nearly I'll won be it. Back. I'll be back next time. <laughs> right, um, as usual, we're going to ask your rating, Stan and Fergus. So, uh, Stan, what are you your rating from minus ten to plus ten? Where are you at now? Two. Well, I've well after Fergus reminded me of the uh, the American incomes that we've had. I've moved the needle up to two. <laughs> Ooh, heady numbers, Fergus. What are you up to, um, number wise? <laughs> It can, it can fluctuate anywhere between minus five and and plus five. Um, so I go plus yeah plus two plus two and a half. No, you can't have plus Listen, two and, a half. It, it, and and it, it's totally exactly as Andrew said earlier. The outgoings, getting those people, and the Bamiyan going will hopefully tonight free up a load of money to bring in somebody decent. I'm not quite quite sure I'd go that far, but there's there's always hoping. Um, Fergus, where can people find you and your wonderful podcast? Uh, you can find us on uh, YouTube and uh, uh, on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. You can find us on Facebook and, and Instagram as well. Um, and if you're on Twitter, it's, uh, as it says, there, Guns and Ribbons. On Wednesday night, people, if you do fancy uh, joining us at 7.30, we're doing a phone-in so you can join us and ring up for five minutes or so and, and do what Richard and, and Stan are doing and I'm doing right now. Have your say for a few minutes with Trevor uh, and I'm having Dan Mountney from the Gooner fanzine join us as well. So it should be really, really interesting. So Stan, I expect a call. 
I heard you say it. Dan's going to mount me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's your that's your that's your ma- that's your mind. I get on I'm well with Potty, but it's a different mem- Dan. That's a members only <laughs> podcast. That one. <laughs> members only <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's Channel Four, job. Uh Yeah, so uh, Stan, where can people find you uh, hauling yourself out to anyone who'll have you? I suppose. Yeah, basically, you can find me on there on Twitter every Thursday evening on the Arsenal Fan Circle, sometimes Sundays on the Arsenal Fan Circle, and sometimes here on the Burkamp Wonderland doing post shows with Danny. And maybe uh, in the yes. future on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Maybe Love to. I'd, like, I'd be Brilliant. good if you could get if we could get you on the, um, not you, Fergus, get Stan on the uh, the Arsenal quiz, because, Fergus, you've said many times that you, uh, you're still, uh, you you. You were, although you did it all. I'm shit. You, um, I'm, I'm shit. I got, I, I, I got the memory of a goldfish. Honestly, <laughs> I'm the same. What was that? I, I'm the same. When it comes to like people going about and the score in 1973, I can't remember. No, Richard will know. And you scored. I'm really bad at all of that. Yeah, I don't bother then. Well, you saw you saw on the history thing the amount of times that Mark uh, done me over like a kipper on the history uh, podcast was was just hilarious. I just had to sit there and go, okay, <laughs> I'm clueless. <laughs> Excellent. Right, who should be here? Mike isn't here. Where are you, Mike, you shitbag? Right, Who's Stan that? and... Magic. Uh, huh? Magic Mike. Black Mike. Chubby Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah, why Mike. he isn't here. I know he said earlier he, he might not be able to make it, but he hasn't He hasn't cancelled. He should be here. Maybe he doesn't realise 8 o'clock means 8 o'clock in UK time. Because uh, we've eaten into Richard's minutes here. I'm going to go and see if he's... Uh, you can stay if you want for a while. Um... Oh, no, there he is. You can bugger off now, then he's here. <laughs> Don't need you after all. Right. I'm leaving before he turns Fergus. up. Christ. Thank you. Oh, actually, later. I'm glad you in here. So you can be Fergus here. sells cars for a living. He does exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Are you Max in disguise? <laughs> you, sli- you slimy used car salesman, you. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Dude, well, there's, there's, well, there's three complete balds on this podcast right now at the moment. Richard, you're close. Uh, I've I've completely sorry. Uh, I'm How's my hair? Is, is it is it all right? He's the oldest guy in the pod, and he's got the most hair. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't think he's right. Stan Fergus, thank you very much, and thank you. Um, thank you. Enjoy, right. guys. Speak to you both later. Great what you're doing, Dan. Great what you're doing. Yep. Keep it up. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. I, I haven't just yet, but I will do in a minute. Oh, Jesus. What a way to end it. So, uh, uh, Michael Sebastian Victoria Feinbergen, how are you, sir? Uh, It's just the gerbil for short. Um, As usual, I've got nothing to do today uh, in my role as as ITK Arsenal supporter. I'm I'm, I'm numb. I just don't don't care anymore. (laughs) Oh, dear, you poor man. although, Although the reason I was late, and I have no idea why I do this. This, this is a, a peek into the psyche of, of me. Um, this would be a mess. I'm trying to figure out how to put my hands around what's going on right now. And because, as I mentioned earlier, when you had the great uh, Scott Willis on, you know, who's the opposite of me, he's like, he's reasonably good looking. He's taken seriously. He's got uh, credibility. Uh, he knows about, like, football uh, and all those other things. Uh, and then there's me. I, the one thing I know is money and finances. So I've been just making a spreadsheet for the last, o- over the last five years of salary wages and amortized costs to try to see w- whether we're actually even saving money. Cause it seems like we've saved a shitload of money with these salaries, but 
I can't put my head around it until I've actually crunched the numbers. And I finished just before you went on the uh, before I came on. So go over to Rich. Uh, I need a second to actually uh, to, to take a you, look at you it. You bang away at your keyboard, and uh, you let you give us the nod when you're done. Richard, how are you? You've been very, very well. patient. No, no, very well. It's, I've been listening away, obviously, for the last few hours. Actually, it's been a great show. I've enjoyed watching all the guys that have come on. Um, you know, that's been more interesting in the transfer window in a lot of ways. But anyway, that's what it's all about, isn't it? <laughs> They were Thunder Rose put there. Danny, based on the list of people showing up for this special, your funeral will be very well <laughs> attended virtually. You know, you've done a great job with the, the I know a bit about doing long podcasts. Um and yeah. um, I haven't seen you slurping Red Bull. I haven't seen you doing no, anything. So, uh, Caffeine irritates my arthritis. I can't have that. I can't have sugar. I can't have anything. And I've not even had a wee yet. They're going to have only had about half a litre of liquid in the last 24 hours because uh, I'm fed up having to go for a wee. Um, Richard, how do you feel about the transfer window? Um, I'm going to flash up a couple of in- images, Richard, and you tell me which one um, provokes you the most. Is it that one? Is it that one? Oh, that one's done. Not that one, is it? It's uh, this one. Which is, oh, the first one, people at home, was Ramsey. The second one's a bum young. The third one is some bloke from America no one's ever heard of. Which one of those makes you the happiest and the angriest, or are they all about the same? The Aubameyang one upsets me slightly, I've got to be honest. I love Aubameyang, and I know he's got his problems and his issues, and I know he hasn't been exactly um, a team player, shall we say, and he's been not exactly a good example as Arsenal captain, but ultimately he's given us a lot of pleasure over the last sort of three years since we signed him, scored a lot of goals. Um, you know, he, he won a golden boot and it seems as though, obviously whatever's gone on behind the scenes, he's just lost interest in playing for Arsenal. And I find that quite sad because Arsenal, for me, it's an opportunity for anyone in the world should be grabbing the opportunity to play for Arsenal and want to stay up for Arsenal for as long as possible. And he's had that opportunity and very well paid to do it as well. And he's not, I don't think he's maybe took that opportunity on as he could have done. And he's had that maybe in his career, he's done that before. But everyone says about Dortmund, but he stayed at Dortmund for a long time, didn't he? He was there, what, for five or six years? Um, no, I think and, it was three and a half. No, I think it was, was it not longer than that, wasn't it? It was at Dortmund, wasn't it? No, because he was at St Etienne for about uh, three seasons as well. You you carry on and I'll go and have a little looky-poo. No, I mean, you might be right. I mean, it, I just got the feeling he'd maybe been there a bit long. But even so, I mean, I I was hoping that it wasn't going to come to this, really. I knew once he was stripped of the captaincy, you had to wonder whether he'd ever play for the club again. That very rarely works, does it, if... You get stripped of the captaincy. How can you stay at the club? It doesn't often work. I know it did with Jacker, but it usually doesn't. So I'm not surprised it's come to this, but I'm a little bit sad by that. The Ramsey one, would he have been the right player for us? I'm not sure. I love having Ramsey, what he did for the club, two FA Cup winning goals and um, numerous other great moments. But would he have been the right player for us? As for the American guy, I mean, you know, Michael probably know more about him than I do. I've never heard of him. I haven't got a clue even what position he plays. I know he's a defender, um, which is strange because Arteta seems to sign defenders and defensive midfield players, but no attacking players. And it's not a surprise that it's another defender that he's bought. I don't know anything about him. I'm sure he'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, other than that, I can't be excited about him because I, I didn't even know his name until about 10 minutes ago. So, By the way, Danny, yeah. I got the same text from the uh, from the, the, the Rapids podcast. So they clearly just went on a, a, a search for Arsenal podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, they're, yeah. they're, they're offering. I, I might jump on it as soon as I get off, because I know that you're busy and then they will become our exclusive you're source. And I will charge them for coming to you. Um, 
he can. No, I, 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 I don't know anything about him. And, and the strange thing is, I do know about a Colorado Rapids prospect who's in the U.S. men's national team setup who had a, a tryout, a two week tryout with Arsenal named Cole Hamels. Not Cole Hamels, Cole Bassett. Um, and he was apparently on the radar. And he's someone that, uh, that played in the same youth league as, as our, uh, our Andy what Rose. Position does he play? What position does he play? Cole was a kind of a, a a hybrid midfielder, center midfield, defensively talented. Also, uh, starting to play a little bit more up front. Kind of, you'd think someone that uh, if he was good enough, he would be progressing towards Arsenal. But he clearly hasn't made that happen. But him, we knew about this guy. I've never heard of in my life, and it just screams of. I mean, considering the team he's coming from is a team that KSE owns, this isn't mm-hmm. like. You, they sent scouts out and identified one for the future. And, and I mean, this is a guy that they basically just said, we're just going to move from here to here because we literally don't have a fourth central defender. I'm assuming he's a central defender. I, I, yeah. The one, it seems like he's six foot three, isn't he? So you'd imagine that's probably where he plays, you know, and, and who knows, this could turn out to be a master stroke, but, but it, it doesn't seem like the strategy that, that this team would have come into the transfer window with is to say, you know what, we're going to, because we haven't even been linked with any center defenders, central defenders. Yeah. It's not like the Vlaovic situation or the Guimara. I mean, we haven't there, – there's no sniff that we were ever trying to bring in a center no. midf- uh, defender, which I'm fine with if, you know, if you believe that Saliba's coming back. I wouldn't have been fine necessarily letting Chambers go, though. Mm. I mean, is Chambers better than Trusty? I think so. <laughs> well, he's played more than the Premier League than Trusty, hasn't he? So that's, that's a fact, so – yeah, you know. so I mean, I I can't imagine that 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 this was the this was the plan, and and that's where my criticism no. goes. I I'm a little less hawkish about, you know, we need to get four or five players in, or we shouldn't have let everybody. I mean, I if you believe that this reorganization, this restructuring of salaries that I've tried to get, wrap my head around with with a spreadsheet, um. And it's quite a spreadsheet, by the way. If you believe that this was them basically saying two two years ago, or you can go back to last January saying we have so much deadwood from two thousands, you know, from the end of Wenger to the beginning of Emery to to when you stepped in, we have so much deadwood. We can't get rid of it all in one window, which is why we didn't get rid of fourteen players last January. We got rid of the ones who were probably most problematic behind the scenes, and then. Some new ones came up, and 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 if this is them basically saying we're wiping the deck so completely clean that what we have left is a strong core, and we build around that strongly the summer of 2022, no matter what happens in 2021-22, then they're sticking to their guns, and they're basically doing that. But if that takes a lot of conviction, though, to to, to see fourth place kind of peaking at us unexpectedly. And still stick to that plan of saying we don't care about Europe this year, or we I don't mean, care about Champions League this year because they're leaving a lot of potential money off the table. On the table. What kind of worries me a little bit, and I don't think too many people have maybe considered it too much since Arteta's came in. He's bought, I believe, fourteen players have come in. Five of them have already left. Now, what does that tell you? It tells me that he's targeting players and they're not working out. Five out of 14, that's nearly half of the players that he's brought in have now left the club, either on loan or they've been sold because they didn't work out for whatever reason. You know, Mari, Willian, Renarsson, Ceballos, Matt Ryan, all players that Arteta brought in are not at the club anymore. And even some of the ones that are still at the club don't play very much, such well, as Cedric. 
and you should example. never be you should never be expected to have an eighty to one hundred percent hit rate. But you should, but but what you should have is 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 your eye on more people to bring to bring in, it, yeah. so that if Plan A and Plan B doesn't work, you're not down to Plan Z, uh, which is which is this guy trusty or 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 nobody. I mean, mm, no, exactly. I mean, to me, if, if you're if you're a new manager in the role, and he's only been two years, he's been, which I suppose isn't that new when you look at the average lifespan of a Premier League manager, I suppose. But even so, two years into the job isn't a massive amount of time, and he's brought in a lot of players, and he's already got rid of half the ones he's brought in. That's a worry for me. It's a worry in the recruitment in the first place. It's a worry in maybe the personalities or how much were they looked into the the, the, the players that we were getting. Obviously, not very well because they've not lasted very long. Some of them only lasted less than a year. So that's a worry. And all the players that we've got rid of, I think we could put together, we could put out two teams of players that have left since Arteta has come in. We could put out two, two completely, two teams to play against each other of players that have left in the last two years. And that is mental when you look at what's left with what we've brought in compared to what we've gone out. We've trimmed, yes, we're not in Europe. Maybe that's part of it. Um, it's just... I don't know. I find the whole thing very, very strange. A club like Arsenal, the third biggest club in English football history, one of the biggest names in world football, are going about their business in this way. Now, this season, for you know, maybe by more luck than judgment, we're actually in with a chance of the top four. Mathematically, we're in there fighting for it, right? Whether or not it's realistic or not, we don't know. But ultimately, we're in there fighting. This was a transfer window to strengthen the squad and give us the opportunity to really push on and make the top four. And if we are going to spend money in the summer, perfect opportunity. Back in the Champions League, we've got more money coming in, more interest of top players thinking, oh, yeah, Arsenal's a club again to be interested in. And this was a chance to do that. We had to do it now because it's our last opportunity. We may never get the opportunity to be challenging for the top four again because other teams are improving quickly. Look at this transfer window, what some of the teams are doing. Look at Newcastle. They'll be challenging for the top four before we are at the, the way things are going. And that's a worry. And we had an opportunity this window, I thought, just to spend a little bit of money, get a couple of experienced players in, give everyone a lift, give everyone a boost. And that could have pushed us into that top four. Possibly it could have done. And now we've looked like we're going to waste that opportunity. We're not going to bring anybody in. We've got rid of half our, half our squad. And yes, we've only got 17 league games left. But even so, um, we are literally two, two injuries away from finding it hard to win another game. And forget the top four, forget the top six. The way things are looking at the moment with this squad that we've got, the lack of depth, we could easily finish lower than we had the last two seasons. And that would be a disaster, wouldn't it? When you, when you think of where we've been. Ah, I think we've got a, a Colorado Rapids fan in the um, chat. Are you Arsenal and Colorado Rapids or just the Rapids? Um, the Rapids move has to solely be solely us helping another cronky team, nothing to do with him playing for us. Well, we have got previous of um, there's that young because we're some. Um, Can you imagine? Sponsor. Guess Who's what the loan for? fee is? The, lo the loan fee is 40 million quid. It's not uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, who is sponsored? Um, visit Rwanda. We've got a bloke from the Swedish third or fourth division who is Rwanda. I don't know what the plural word of someone from Rwanda, but he's from Rwanda. And we got him a year and a half ago, and he just doesn't even play for the under 23s, I don't think. And we got him in just because that's the country he was from. I mean, you don't buy someone from the third division of Swedish football when he's when he's about 24, 25 years old. So could this be another case like that? Someone who's going to come in, do absolutely nothing. Like when we had David Beckham's son there, he just kicked the ball around for a while, then buggered off. Yeah, but Beckham got to show his face around uh, the Emirates for a while. People got really, you know, they were into that. Oh, oh Josh is here. Hello, Josh. Uh, 
how are you, Treacle? Um, yeah, it's nice you two having a little chat then. Saves me having to talk. Um, I see Albert's down the bottom there. Albert, would you like to come in early? Give us a nod if you do. Five way, minutes. Spreadsheet. I, I, I don't mean to tease this, but this spreadsheet is, is the king Stop of Stop going on about this spreadsheet. You're just going to bloody share it. I'm, with try, I'm trying to interpret it. I could, you know, I needed an extra 20 minutes to, to, to do it. The, the math, <laughs> maths don't just happen in, in seconds. It's going to uh, be worth the wait, I'm sure. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be amazing. You'll see how much money that we saved, and, and then you'll be thrilled. You're not doing anything. You're lying. You've just got an abacus on the table, probably covered in jam or Oreos, knowing you. <laughs> to look yes. to well, pan that camera down to what treats are in front of your computer. I have got one bag of Doritos, and I've, that's the first bag of his I've had all year. Well, the last day of every month, I'm allowed something nice. The rest of the year, I'm living on potatoes and protein. Um, oh, there's too much stuff for me to catch up with here. Um, the Ramsey deal, uh, there's, as the only thing we can talk about is the um, the Ashton trustee. Oh, we've done that. No one knows anything about him. Um, <laughs> didn't take long, did it? You didn't ask the your Ar- opinion on Obama, yeah? Oh, I've gone then. Your, your opinion on Obama, young, uh, and, and you're not allowed to refer to your world-class spreadsheet. Does, you're does he play for, for Arsenal that. anymore? I think he does. I don't know. Um, is it officially done yet? Even when it's officially so. done... Well, I think it's, it I think is officially done, as far as I'm aware. I mean, if 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 that picture of him with the jersey is real, that they don't they don't release that until. Well, it has to be real because some you know from like Owen or, or that would be a lot of hard work because they are his tattooed arms, and it's well, there's no blurring along he, the if edge. He, if he's gone, then 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 he's dead to me. Who gets the number fourteen shirt? That's an interesting one. Do we give it to someone partway through the season, or who would you give the fourteen to next season, Mike? I think I think at this point we just retire it. <laughs> Put, <laughs> liter- just place it on to Thierry Henry's existing statue, and then we'll just be done with it. We don't we don't need any more fourteen. Uh, Richard, are you going to give me a more sensible answer? We can't fucking retire a shirt. Uh, well, at the moment, there's no one in the current squad I'd probably give it to because you know it's going to have to be a new signing, isn't it? I suppose. A new signing comes in and gets number 14. That's probably what's going to have to happen, isn't it? Or maybe trustee. If someone says, yeah, maybe give number 14 to trustee. There you go. That could be the answer. Well, they could get, they could give it to Elneny like they gave him the four, and then they ripped it away from him, and then they gave Saliba the four. And then yeah, maybe, yeah. So give, give Elneny the, you know, the 35 is kind of insulting. Give him the 14. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be a new player, I would have thought, eventually, when we do finally sign one in about two years' time. Uh, Liam Ole Messi. I'm sure I knew someone on Twitter with that name. All right, guys, what's happening? Has Aubameyang gone to Barker? Have we signed anyone? Yes, he's gone. No, we haven't. That has been the... Oh, here we go. And he follows that up with, if we don't sign anyone, which five-a-side league do we join? <laughs> we would have a very good five-a-side team, actually, yeah, because we'd be playing yeah. Ramsdale up under. Did you two see the goal Ramsdale scored? It was pretty good, wasn't it, actually? <laughs> Top bins, lovely. How dare they post that? <laughs> like, Like... I mean, it's 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 fun, it's cool, but like, they're literally trolling at this point. Everyone's screaming about our striking situation, so they show our goalkeeper scoring uh, great goals. Yeah. That's- oh no, they're, they're proper trolling us. They the Arsenal uh, Twitter feed today has been trolling us all day, putting on stuff every time they've got a new notification. It's always a training clip from Dubai or something. You know what I mean? It's like they've been trolling us all day. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, it's, that's what they do. So good luck to them. So, um, Richard, with the rest of the season, it looks like we've got Nketiah who can't be bothered and Lacazette who's not allowed to play as a striker. 
Mm. What? How can Arteta be expected as as a as a young fledgling manager to work, work magic with with someone who can't be bothered and someone who's not capable? Well, I mean, he, he did have a thirty goal a season striker that he's just let go because he can't get on with him. So that's partly Arteta's fault on that spot on that side. He's let Balogun go out on loan when Balogun is probably a better option than Inketia. Um, certainly long term going forward when you look at the contract situation. So you know, it's you're, you're sort of saying, what's Arteta meant to do? Well, maybe he could have planned this better a few weeks ago, knowing that the January window was coming and knowing what, he must have known what the plans for the club were in terms of how much money we had to spend and stuff like that. Um, he could have planned this himself a bit better. To be honest, now, we, we, we're knackered, aren't we? Let's be honest. We can't score goals as it is. One goal in January is all we've scored and we've now got one striker who's not really a striker because he plays in midfield pretty much. And we've got another striker who hasn't scored in the Premier League all season and probably only scored two or three Premier League goals in his entire career. So, I mean, what do we do? Um, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. It's just madness. Hmm. You know, they've removed the, uh, the thumbs down thing from YouTube. I always like to let the haters yeah, know how many. Just like now. Yeah, how many um, how many thumbs down we've had? Typically, I've got to refresh the page. He doesn't want to. Oh, okay, there you go, people. We have had five thumbs down. I think it's only nice to be open and honest. There you go. We've only had five, which isn't bad. They've probably all come in the last twenty minutes while I listen to. We use all your uh, gerbil and bell accounts. Uh, I did like your podcast, Mike, where you didn't speak for 30 minutes. That was uh, music to my ears. I've listened to it over and over. It helps me sleep hearing you. I I, I heard you mention it earlier that uh, thank you for for the acknowledgement. That's uh, can I just say that, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit, Fergus, I know you feel this uh, or Fergus felt this uh, rich. I know you feel this, you know, a lot of us do podcasts as a hobby. We do it out of love. We don't have necessarily the following or the, platform or any of that and 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 don't really actively pursue it for our own podcast um which is you know look i don't put out podcasts every day i don't expect people to follow me like uh like they do podcasts that do put out something every day um but when you do a podcast like with really good content and and you know not our normal one but when we have a guest on like you or or like kev or or you know, Ian Dark or, or some, you know, an ex-player, a commentator, a journalist who really deserves a good following and they're, they're putting out great content on our channel. Like Charles Watts. And yeah, you, when you get Charles Watts and, and, very, very and, and, you know, have a hundred live views in the, in the, in the chat at, at its peak. Um, then you do another podcast where it's 40 live, 25 live. That podcast from the gerbil, had like 150 people in it, 200 people, and I was saying nothing, doing nothing. Oh, was it live? Hours notice, just because I qu- tweeted it from a fake ITK account that people follow. So it, the, the the fan base that that watches YouTube channels, I just I don't I don't get. Did you do that show live? Yeah, that was a live show. That's even better. I I, I, I announced it about an hour beforehand. I had no idea what I was going to do. Then when I went on air, there were like there were like sixty people waiting, which normally we have about five or six when we start a, when we start a pod and it and it goes up from there. You know, you know, you know how that is, Rich. But it, it, it's just insane. I'm like, this is the most popular. People are like there that don't normally come. They just want to watch content about transfers, even when there's literally nothing to say, and there was <laughs> nothing to say, so I said nothing. What does that say about the fan base? Some of the some of the fan base. Some of the fan, you know, I, I love the Arsenal fan base. You know how much the fan. I mean, I'm going to see 
hundred of my best Arsenal Gooner friends at Gooner Gras uh, in about a week and a half. I love coming to London and hanging out with fans. I obviously see how generous fans are with Gooners versus Cancer. So, you know, I'm very defensive of the Arsenal fan base. In fact, I get very angry. And, and you know, people who say this, who I'm friends with, know that I have a very, very sub- sensitive point to when you start going from being critical about the team to starting on starting in on Arsenal supporters. I, I really don't like that. And, and it's both ways. It's not people who have negative opinions about the team bother me when they start talking about Arsenal supporters. People who think who start calling other Arsenal supporters negative and, and toxic and part of the problem, that bothers me as well. It's just people want to see us all get along and all solidify behind one side or the other, but they're not. Uh, so, you know, just stop attacking fellow fans for the way that they consume the Arsenal. If you think that they're accepting mediocrity because they don't get all crazy and angry and, and screaming, you know, then so be it. That's your opinion, but don't attack them for that. If you think people are the problem at Arsenal because they they get on YouTube and 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 explain their point of view very clearly, very adequately, very intensively. For instance, like a damn pots. I mean, the guy. I, I'm not disagreeing with what he says. I'm disagreeing with you know with with me putting that much effort and time and 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 upset into it because I would just be miserable. I would be losing sleep at night if I if I thought about things that way. So is that, just, is this, stop talking about the fan base being the problem or specific fans being the problem, people, because it, it just this is one of the best fan bases in the world, like it or not, and right. it isn't helping. Will uh, the, the listeners want to know, Mike, will that speech be coming out on Audible anytime soon? Yeah, it's going to be available as a, a with alongside uh, all of Dan Potts' rants. <laughs> By the way, I, the guy, the Dan is talented as hell because I when I when I rant like that, I just start rambling and losing. But his are always like to the point, intense. His views are completely justified um, until he does the one thing that I don't love when he does, which is start talking about Arsenal fans. But all right, shush now. Um, Richard, anything else you want to cover? Because uh, you've been in the chat all, all day, on and off, and you, you've seen that we've—I think we've covered nearly everything. Uh, like Josh put, um, Mike nearly went full Joe Rogan. We don't talk about <laughs> Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan's a hundred percent right, people. And if you don't like it, you're wrong. Oh Jesus, sorry, I don't know where that came from, Richard. Anything you want to say about the transfer window or any other stuff? Because, uh, any idea who we might buy? Because we need someone, don't we? Well, we, we do. We need. I thought before we started, we needed two players. We needed someone in midfield and a striker. Um, if we had any chance of progressing this season and getting somewhere near where we hope we're going to be, you know, the top four, I still think we're not ready for the top four. I've been thinking that all season, regardless of the fact we were sitting in fourth place for a while. I didn't think this team were ready, this squad were ready. And it's even less ready now when we sold out or got rid of half of them and we've only got, you know, 17 players left. And some of them hardly play. So um, I don't know. We do need two players, at least two players. And I don't want to see two more um, 18-year-old players from America. I want to see two experienced players who, who understand what the Premier League is all about to take us to the, the next level up uh, where, where we need to go. And at the moment, I can't see it. You know, I think we may well get a loan in possibly between now and 11 o'clock. And I can't see it being any more than that. And it's going to be frustrating because I think someone said it a little bit earlier on. You know, we've got these some very, very good young players and we can see the potential that they've got. And what we need to do is we need to build around them and we're not doing that. 
And it's going to get to a point if we don't do that, these young players are going to get their head turned by other clubs who can offer them top-level football, competing for the big trophies. And that won't be too far away if we don't start to be able to at least look as though we want to compete. And looking at this transfer window, even looking at the last transfer window, with the players that we bought, the calibre of player that we brought in, isn't suggesting that this club is looking to challenge anytime soon. And other clubs, you look at what other clubs' transfer activity is at the minute. They're going out and buying experienced Premier League players at Everton. You know, they've got a new manager in. They've just gone out and bought Deli Alley in. Who, whatever we think of Deli Alley, he's an experienced Premier League player who's going to improve their team. Um, I'm not saying we should have bought Deli Alley, by the way, because I wouldn't want us to buy Deli Alley. But a player like that who's got experience in the Premier League who can come in and help these young players, give us a little bit more depth, give us a little bit more quality, then you could start to think this club's moving in the right At the moment, it's like we're not doing anything. We're going backwards because we, we've okay. We got rid of players that were never playing. We've still got a load of players left that aren't already playing because Arteta picks the same eleven every single week. And uh, to me, that's that's an issue. That was an issue before. And it's going to stay an issue. But we need more players. We need at least two more players now in the next two hours. And I can't see us getting any. I cannot see it happening. And it's going to be so frustrating because we're going to go into the rest of this season when I say we have an opportunity to challenge it for that top four. And we're not going to be able to do it now because we just haven't got the squad depth. We, we are literally at the bare bones. We're at, we're at the bare bones before. We're even more at the bare bones now because of the players that we've got rid of. Chambers was a crazy decision for me because he was a decent squad player that could fill in two or three different positions. Maitland-Niles, another one. Why have we got rid of these players? I don't understand it. Unless we had lined up players to come in and replace them. And with two hours left at a window that's been open for a month, we haven't. We haven't replaced them. And that's frustrating. Really, really frustrating. In the position that we've got ourselves in, or we were in a couple of weeks ago, we should have been building on that. And we haven't. And it's just, it's so, so frustrating. I just want this transfer window over now. I want this season over and see what happens in the summer. Because the rest of this season now is just going to be very, very tough going, I think, with what we've, the squad that we've got. Unless there's some miracle happens in the next two hours, which we're hoping still going to, but I'm not confident. Well said, Richard. <laughs> Well said indeed, sir. Um, right, Mike. Uh, hello, Albert. You're here for the next half hour. You're in early. What did you have to eat? Share it with the people because fuck knows there's no football to talk about. Daddy, <laughs> nothing exciting. Beautiful kettle chips, man. Sour cream onion, man. It tasted fantastic, man. I've got, I've got Doritos, which you can't eat because they're too goddamn noisy. And I've also got kettle chips. Yes. Uh, sea salt. Which I can't yeah. eat because I had three bags of discos earlier. I had the salt and vinegar, and my tongue is still killing me. So I'm knackered, really. All I've got left is a manky banana. Unless one of the cats goes by, then I can have a bite of one of them. Mike. Um, I'm not eating anything until we sign someone. So you'll be dead by I'm probably dead by July. Year two. <laughs> I've been stocking up, clearly. Um, <laughs> Mike. Divian says, if Mike leaves about showing us a spreadsheet, we riot. Mike, I can't show you the spreadsheet, but I can, no, I can no, you tell you what, you know. Talk to us. Talk to me. The, the way that I... All right, I'm going to get analytical on you guys' ass. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the way that they actually have a wage bill, their month, their their accounting is not just the, the, the weekly wages, but it's an amortization of the transfer fee. Like, I mean, we're still paying <laughs> this year... Uh, a considerable amount. Of, I mean, we're still paying a five million dollar amortization on Lucas Torreira's transfer fee. We're still paying five point four million on Saliba's transfer fee. So that all that all mixes in, and it's part of the part of the reason you have to start shipping players out. But in two thousand twenty, we had thirty two players on the payroll, 
and their combined accounting the the combined wages were about 217 million this season we we we've had 19 that are still on the payroll and it's down to 181 million and next season based on what we have on the payroll for next season this it assumes Leno leaves. It assumes Mari comes back. It assumes Mainsley comes back, and and obviously it, it's subject to change. But it's 151 million. So they're cut, you know, and 31 million pounds. That doesn't mean okay, we can spend 31 million on a player. It means we could spend 150 million on a player, amortized over five years is 30 million. So I mean, they're they're. If the plan, and I'll st- I'll finish the way I started. If the plan was starting last year when Arteta came in, we are going to figure out over the next two years who our core is. And by core, we mean 10 to 15 players and build around that and get rid of bad contracts. They are doing a wonderful job of that under the assumption that they weren't expecting anything out of this season as far as Europe is concerned. Uh that's the thing you have to, I mean, you have to weigh is, is basically just folding up and saying, we're going to, we're going to try to get through the next 17 league games with no signings and possibly miss out on what 80 to a million pound, 80 to a hundred million pounds for getting in champions league. Is that worth it? And, and they seem way too stubborn because they, 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 they really don't seem to care whether we get fourth. They're looking at the, that like it would be a bonus this season, and that's the problem. I, I, don't, I, I, I can't rationalize or support that. So, Sophie. That's the most sense I've ever heard you make without banging a bell or saying something stupid. You should do that more often. Yeah, you know. No, I don't actually. I'm we like you the way you are. Right, and we've got Sophie, and we've got Albert. Sophie, uh, some people might well know from the, uh, the Highbury squad, uh, one of the most popular Arsenal podcasts there is at the moment. Afternoon, Soph. How are you, my dear? Uh, pretty epic. Hope you can hear me. I've decided to sit in my fake Churchill chair for today's you know, uh, guest appearances. And uh, I don't have my mic, so hopefully it's a decent sound for you, mate. You're, you're perfectly sound. Uh, we can hear you fine. I said Love to Sean, now she's left home. I want to knock through into her room and then have one giant bedroom. And I want a lazy boy leather chair that I can just sit in. But then they'll find mm. me dead in it one day because I will not get out of it. You get me a big, thick duvet and a blanket and a hat and I'll be sat there and <laughs> you'll never see me again. I will spend my entire life there with bags of um, Doritos around me until I eventually uh, disappear under a load of bags. Oh, thank you for joining us. Doritos, duvet. I mean, you know, what? uh, I just need it. It's true. Dublin Guna. I need a cigar and a whiskey. (laughs) And you can give out some wise words. Albert, how are you, Albert? Nice of you to join us. No, thanks for the invite, man. First time on your channel. So thank you very much, Danny. You know, James said that earlier today. Yeah. He said, we haven't been on before. I said, how have you not been on? Unreal. <laughs> I've been doing it for so long. So many people on YouTube, mate. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Right, before um, Richard and Mike go, uh, I need your rating for the transfer window between minus 10 to zero to plus 10. Mike, what are you going to give it? Bring wow. the numbers, man. I hope you can do something creative, and there's no points in this, so don't try and be tricky. Being a numbers man, I have to ask you a question. What is the point of doing negative 10 to positive 10 rather than 21 options? 21 options. That's what (laughs) it is. Other than that, nothing. Okay. Because, I mean, you know, what's the difference between giving it a zero on a scale from negative 10 to 10 and giving it a five on a scale from zero to 10? I have to wonder. Absolutely nothing. 
No, no difference at all. But you're not here to urinate on my fireworks. Just answer the bloody question. Uh, I will give it a negative three. Oh, would you like uh, to explain yourself? Uh, no, no. Um, I, I mean, obviously, you have to give credit for for. If you're, if it depends on how you're looking at things again, and I always, you know, this. Are we really doing maths on a day like this? What the heck is happening here? No, I, I'm, I'm trying to get my head wrapped around what, what the possible long-term benefit to this is at the expense of short-term benefit. I'm not claiming that it is better than the short-term benefit. The short-term benefit is nothing. The long-term benefit is nothing, and we've screwed it up. And there's the answer: point two two seven zero times 5.22 with a circumference of 90. So what was your no, answer, no, Mike? talk was about it? my private parts, please. Was it a minus five you were giving it, Mike? <laughs> minus, th- <laughs> minus three. <laughs> minus three. Minus three. Rich, do you reckon you could give us your answer in less than the hour it took Mike to give us his answer? <laughs> well, I obviously can't beat that explanation of how he came to that score. Um, I'm kind no. of with Sophie. For me, I don't think you can give it a score of anything. So it's got to be zero because... We've weakened the squad. We haven't improved the team. And, mm. yeah, it's got to be zero. Complete and out of zero. And so then you're saying you like this transfer window more than I do? Well, no, I, I don't like it at all, which is why I'm giving it zero. I, I'm not, I can't even give it minus anything because mi- minus doesn't make any sense. So I'm not going to even go <laughs> well, down that's that. That's what I tried to tell Dan. I need then. Richard on the hybrid squad. Where's Richard been my whole life? Like, yes. <laughs> but, no, I mean, to me, it's got to be really zero is. because we've – you know, we're weaker than we were on January the 1st. And that's, unfortunately, the situation that we're in, unless we have some miracle in the next hour and 50 minutes, which I'm sure we're all not expecting. But other than that, it's got to be... That's, that's, I can't give it a score at all because we haven't done anything. I know the American guy, the little American guy. We brought him in. Um, so hey, maybe Austin, we deserve yeah. a, little tiny point, a little tiny, almost a point, a spec. Oh, my we'll God. Are we spec. talking about the Colorado Rapids player? <laughs> yeah, the four of them. So far, yeah. <sighs> save, save it. So um, these two are, are yeah. going to go now. Richard, thank you very much. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, my channel on YouTube is over and over and over again. I'll be doing something about 10 o'clock for last hour. Probably nothing going on, just to ramble on for an hour. Probably <laughs> about nothing much. Uh, we talk about the weather and... <laughs> Um, what else is going on in the world because there's not going to be any transfers to talk about but yeah it's on there we cover the Arsenal women actually quite a lot as well and um, we've had some good uh, some good coverage of them in the last couple of the weeks because uh, not too much going on in the Premier League at the moment so yeah if you like the Arsenal women as well then come over to over and over and over again it'd be nice to see you some of the guys in the chat I know have uh, a part of the show as well obviously Albert's been on a few times before in the past and um, Danny, obviously, you've, you've been on before as well. It'd be good to get a few more people on, actually, from that's been on today. It's been a great show, actually, uh, Danny. Thanks a lot for the invite. And, you know, it's been great to listen to all the guys um, and obviously be a part of it as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thanks for coming on. And hopefully people will see all the different people that have been on this podcast. And some of them will get opportunities on other podcasts. And some of them will never, ever be seen again. Mike, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice segue. Uh, we do a podcast called Under and Under and Under Again. Um, <laughs> Where they just get a camera and look up your top. <laughs> at the transfer window. Uh, now, the Gooners podcast, at the Gooners pod on Twitter um, and Instagram. Uh, please go to GoonersVCancer.com as well, uh, which is uh, the one thing that I do that actually adds to the world. Um, and uh, check out the the amazing piece of memorabilia that we have on on uh, on auction or actually on raffle right now 
And uh, yeah, I I might not seem angry right now, but I'm so angry and so confused that I'm just numb. Uh, and that's kind of how I deal with things. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my head in the sand for the next few hours and hopefully come out on February 10th, uh, the next time the Arsenal have a game. So. Huh. Yeah, I almost feel sorry for being mean to you now. No, I'm, I, I, you, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not just blissfully uncaring about a situation when I, when I spend three hours doing a spreadsheet, I am trying to understand all of this. Oh my God. I've got Tony doing my spreadsheet for work right now. <laughs> uh, uh, <Sorry>. okay. <laughs> She's so good at spreadsheets. Just saying. Well, uh, you know, in, in a different world, I could have been doing your spreadsheet. Right, you, you're eating into Sophie and Albert's time. Go on, I Mike. Mean, Off typical. you go. And Absolutely thank typical. You. <laughs> thank you very much, Richard. I shall speak to you later. And Mike, happy bum. Take it easy, guys. Love Enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. Do my you best to leave. Catch. Oh, I got I to gotta get myself out of here, right? <laughs> oh, Mike. <laughs> Oh, oh dear blessing uh, the man's a uh, he's a genius or a nightmare and it's very rarely anywhere in between um oh our josh has asked a question for Sove. can we ask Sove how happy she is about the rams making the super bowl oh, <laughs> there you go that's your answer <laughs> that's your answer i had a bit yeah, of a meltdown i'm not gonna lie yeah. i had a bit of a meltdown last night i got what was the score i saw the first game where they, uh, they got it took it to overtime in the last second and then they won it what was the score um, well, it was 20 to 17, but the, the Niners had complete control of the game and then they just let it slip and then Garoppolo threw an interception on the last drive and it was it. You know, everyone assumes because I live in LA, I love the Lakers and I love the Rams. Um, I don't want to make this about like the Rams, but, you know, Kroenke moved them from St. Louis yeah. and... Mm owes that city billions of dollars. He could have built that Star Trek spaceship stadium in that city, but he knew that monetarily, you know, fiscally, real estate-wise, coming to Los Angeles would be much more beneficial. He's a businessman yeah. at the end of the day. And quite honestly, I feel terrible today for the fans. It's like I say it's like, I mean, you know, we moved as a team like 150 years ago. That was when life was different and things were different. Like, it's like taking Everton now and moving them to London. How would Evertonians feel about that? Mm. And to see him celebrating and being lauded last night, it made my blood boil mm -hmm. and curl so much. And I've got a lot of friends, of course, Angelinos. And they're celebrating and stuff. And I just literally was sending vomit bitmojis to them all night and being a child <laughs> and just absolutely just I'll it made it. me I'll so mad it. considering yeah. Albert yeah. and Danny too, that we've really, I don't mind getting rid of the Deadwood, but what are we doing to replace that? Exactly. And to see him celebrating last night, he moved an entire franchise from one city to another. Okay. And has built this i it's a fake franchise for me like the niners for me are, are just a, a, a beautiful team with so much history one city and i just couldn't take it it just it drove me up the wall i had to i switched everything off i turned my phone off i had a couple cocktails and called it a night it was 
to answer your question, Josh. Awful. Go Bengals. Um, yeah, it's the year of the tiger. It. Come on. <clears throat> At least you're not a Dolphins fan, as I keep saying for every single oh, year. Boy. Right. Um, Albert, how does um I ask people this because there's very little Arsenal stuff to talk about. You tell me which one of this makes you the happiest and the saddest. That picture of Aaron Ramsey, which makes absolutely no sense. This picture of some bloke we found in the bins at the back of the Colorado Rapids. And this picture of <laughs> oh Obama Young, God, who's about to go. Jesus yeah. God. And that's a, that, not a Photoshop. That's really him. Um, really which, him one yeah. of those, which one of those, Albert, makes you the happiest and the saddest and the most confused? <laughs> Ooh. Um, the confused one. Well, that could be any of them. Um, I think in terms of happy, I'll go with happy first. Um, mm. I don't know anything about the guy that we signed, so I can't, so I can't be happy about someone I don't know about. Um, yeah, Ramsey's an interesting one, man. I, I like no one saw that coming. Um, and you know what? He's not exactly a spring chicken anymore. Go and play your football. Um, Rangers are a very historic club, so I guess I can be happy in that sense. Um, the confused one is probably with the Abamian one, only because it's not a problem him going, in my opinion. It's obviously the fact that we let so many people go out the door with nobody coming in. Um, it's just madness. And what's the other one, Danny, the last one? What's the other option again? Um, the other one, so you've got Aaron Ramsey, make sure I'm on the right window. You've yeah. got um, Ar- Ashton Trusty, the process, oh, yeah. the Colorado Rapid centre-back. Six yeah. foot four, man mountain, no one's heard of him. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to do my he's, um, he's, my YouTube. He played ninety seven ninety seven times in MLS, and um, he he started off in Philly. Uh, yeah, he's he's kind of one of those players on the periphery of maybe making um, mm. the you know the national team. He's a left footed defender. Um, I, uh, okay, this is how bad my day's getting here, right? <laughs> Colorado Rapids, arrival to LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy is my team. So not only did the Rams win last night, but now a Rapids player is going to Arsenal. To me, it's kind of like not a Tottenham player going to Arsenal, but it's like, okay, fine. It's not exciting, is it? Let's be honest. I'm so happy for him, though. How can, how can I deny him? Mm. And also, of course, the Colorado Rapids, as you all know, are owned by Mr. Cronky. Um, so that connection is somehow kind of, you know, kicking off. Um, and he'll be staying for, I think, until we go into preseason. So the MLS new season starts uh, towards the end, uh, at the beginning of March, end of Feb. I mean, come on. Are you serious? I get mm-hmm. it. You know, there's a difference between signing maybe Matt Turner as a goalkeeper and a backup. The dude is playing in the national team now. He's keeping Zach Steffen, who's the backup to... Um, Edison at Manchester City out of the men's national team. He's playing with Pulisic, Weston McKinney, um, Serginio Des, Tyler Adams. You know, there's a big difference. Is, is this really – who cares? And I don't mean any disrespect to, to the player, but I'm all for Chambers going, Kalasinac going, Mari going. Mm. I'm all for that. If you want to reboot Arsenal, why is El Nelly still there? Why is Xhaka still there? Why are you rebooting certain players and not? And why aren't you doing anything to bring in players to replace those players? You knew you were going to get rid of Aubameyang in this window. You knew it. 
you had the plan all along. He knew he was done. I mean, what, what, honestly, my, uh, real quick, they had a plan for this season. The plan was to clear the decks even more. We mm. found ourselves in an improbable situation to finish fourth. But instead of throwing the kitchen sink at finishing fourth, they've stuck to their original plan. So I see it's a little bit like crossing the road and you're waiting for the green man to, to, to come on when you cross the road, but there's a gap in the traffic and you've gone, no, I'm not going in the gap in the traffic. I'm going to wait until it's my time to cross the road. And then you end up waiting for ages because now is the time to run across that road because there's no traffic. Don't wait for the light because we ain't going to get this chance next season, are we? No, and it, you know the funny thing is, someone was asking me. They, a lot, a mate of mine, obviously the Arsenal fan, was asking me. He said, "I said, Albert, what do you, what do you honestly, what was your honest thoughts about going into January transfer window uh, about Arsenal, what they could or couldn't do?" And I said, um, "Whatever end of the Arsenal spectrum you are, as in terms of a fan, whether you're ultra positive, positive, super negative, negative." I think the general consensus is, I think if Arsenal fans are honest, cut through all the bluster and the gusto with, you know, sticking out your chest on YouTube and saying what you want or Twitter or social media, I think any Arsenal fan has to, uh, it'd be very shocked the fact that we've brought nobody in. The Deadwood and clearing players out, I, I, I'm with Sophie, I, I don't have an issue with that. It's the fact that I generally, I'm, I wasn't particularly that positive coming into January transfer, and I'll be honest, even with, the good run of form Arsenal had going into it, but it was an opportunity for us to push forward and cement a top four finish. And we've absolutely done nothing. I cannot believe they've not brought nobody in. And yes, people are going to keep, I keep hearing people say that January is a difficult transfer window. It's supposed to be difficult. It's a transfer window, but it's not impossible. If someone has said to me, Newcastle, Brighton and Burnley, would get strikers in the January transfer window and Arsenal wouldn't, I would have laughed at you. They've all addressed the areas of, 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 of the pitch that they need to. And, you know, the striker situation, this has been coming for a number of years. Even, you know, Bamyang has, uh, you know, had a good stint at Arsenal. He did very, very well. And, you know, if he goes and does well at Barcelona, he, does, he goes and does well. But the striking situation was an issue for me for a couple of years. And, you know, in terms of the, did it seem to matter who the front three were or who was playing centrally or who was playing on the left or the right? There was no fluidity. There was no cohesion. Um, it never seemed to gel whoever it was. Um, and now we're in an even worse situation where we've got a striker in Lacazette who has some very good attributes has only scored three goals this season. Eddie hasn't even scored. You know, so as as... I, 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 didn't, I didn't think it'd be great, but it, it's even worse than what I thought it was. Why wouldn't we go, honestly, the signing of Burnley and Veghorst is it's, the type of signing that could help them. I'm not saying they're going to stay up, but they could stay yeah. up. You know, this season he hadn't played, he had an injury, but, you know, he scored six goals. Season Last season, 17. Season before, 16, uh, 16, 15 the season before, actually added a different dimension to the Dutch national team when mm -hmm. he came in. He's the Giroud that we've never replaced. Gives the plan B. If you're going to put 31 crosses in like we did in our last Premier League game, play like Veghorst is like, 
Hannibal Lecter. I'll take that with a nice bottle of Chianti, you know. And I just don't understand, like 12 million, 12 million. Yeah, I know, I know. That's what I know. Tom said when he was on earlier today. He went, that'd be a perfect player as an alternative route if route one isn't working. I mean, if, if the other routes aren't working. Danny, that's that's the thing. The thing the thing for me, this transfer window, I don't know what you guys thought and people in the chat, is it wasn't so much... Every club has a plan, a strategy, what they should do anyway. But my thing with Arsenal was, if you can't get plan A done, which is a possibility with Arsenal, by the way, it's a strong possibility anyway, summer or January transfer window, what is your contingency and what is plan B and C? And from what I've seen... I don't think they even had that in, in the pipeline. And it comes back to what I kind of have said probably for the last 18 months. I think I said it on someone else's channel at the beginning, the start of last season, is that Arsenal were in a position where we have three key senior figureheads at the club, right, that are inexperienced. Um, even if you're an experienced technical director or, or CEO, you, you know, you're going to have challenges. That's, that's understandable. That, that's part of your job. But... Arsenal Football Club have got rookies in all three key senior positions. Like Arsenal fans are saying to me, no, no, look, we've got rid of the old regime in terms of Gazidis. Wenger's moved on. You know, these guys will come in and, you know, give them a chance. I said, look, just be careful because these guys have got no experience and you're asking them to pull rabbits out of the hat. Yes, we did some good business, good business in the summer window, but I think it's coming home to roost in terms of, in terms of the lack of experience. And I said it as well before, Managers have a pool. You know, if I'm a player, no disrespect to Mikel Arteta, if it's a choice out of playing for him or Steven Gerrard, I know who I'm going to choose. And that can't be ignored. Players, you know, listen, Coutinho, no disrespect to Villa, if Gerrard hadn't gone there, that Coutinho deal wouldn't have got done. It does, play, it does play a massive, massive part and that should not be underestimated. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, Donny van der Beek ended up not going to Palace and going to Everton. And I don't think that's a Vieira v Lampard situation. I th I do think that could be more of a, I know this mess, uh, you know, doesn't have to move. He's up there already. Doesn't have to go too far. You know, players, I think we underestimate comfort, value, family life. Um, Dennis Burkamp stepped in to try and help the move to, to Palace as well. But, and I'm not saying we should have signed Donny van der Beek, but mm. look what people say. I was just having an argument with Kev on Dan Bailey's show, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> and my point was, you know, it's hard to do deals. I go, really, Kev? Newcastle haven't found it hard to do deals. Everton haven't found it hard to do deals. Aston Villa exactly. haven't. Burnley even, haven't. Even Tottenham, believe it or not. Tottenham bought in a couple of players. Now, granted, they probably overpaid for Betancourt and uh, Kuvaleski. I probably pronounced his name incorrectly. That's right. That's right. Um, but they weren't, get, they weren't getting... I watched Antonio Conte get a tune out of those players who weren't getting a chance at, at let's be honest, a very dodgy Juventus team right now where he's not even able to get the best out of Dybala, you know, yeah. this season. So how is it we can't do that? And our know. manager was here in, our, he was here in the United States just a few days ago. Why was he here? Yeah, I find that about, I find that very, very odd. 
Um, Albert, was he here sorting out his own deal? Possibly. Was he here talking to Kroenke about signing new players? If that was the case, then no. If he was here, he was told, stick to the plan. This is what it is. Your new deal's coming. Yeah. I mean, it just smacks of all of that, doesn't it? Versus the opportunities to replace Chambers, you know, to replace, to get a centre-back. If Tommy Yasu's injured, who's going to play right-back now? Cedric? We've seen that show. We've won that T-shirt. We've, you know. Yeah. And here's the thing. I just want to add this, and and literally I've, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Arsenal fans who come at other Arsenal fans who say, well, you already wanted the Deadwood out. You didn't like Chambers. You didn't like Kolasinac. You didn't like this 100%. But why can't you see that with that same token, bringing in better players or backup players to ensure that we're not left short is why we're a bit upset or bummed? Mm. I had an arg- an ar- another argument with Kev on Dan's show, bless Dan. <laughs> He was saying, Maitland, I go, Kev, are you telling me Maitland Niles couldn't have done a better job in midfield against Forrest in the Cup than Charlie Patino? We threw that kid to the walls. What did he say? He's like, we've got kids on the bench, Mother, Mother Care, Farley's Rusks. And I'm like, oh, you always say it's the players. So now you're saying a player like Maitland Niles couldn't have come in and helped and us be job. better in the midfield yeah. and done the job when really that's yeah. where we lost the game. It's not even a question whether he'd have been better. He'd have done well. Because the Forest are well below his level. Right. Yeah. So that's my problem is Arsenal fans who are saying, can't you see the bigger picture? When are you going to see the bigger picture? (laughs) We've already fallen way behind City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United. Look at West Ham. They've caught up with us. Wolves are two points behind us. Tottenham are there are there yeah. again. They were having a terrible season. Antonio Conte comes in. He could change their fortunes. When are you going to see the bigger picture? We had the chance to qualify for fourth. And fiscal responsibility wins again at the Arsenal. So don't blame your fellow Arsenal fans, the people that sit next to you at a game, or people you WhatsApp from Singapore to Germany to Australia to Uganda. Mm-hmm. If they have an opinion about the fact that, yeah, I wanted Chambers gone, but who's going to play right back if Tommy Yasu's injured? Who's going to play centre back if Ben White or Gabriel are injured? Who's going to come into midfield if Xhaka and Partey continue to get red cards? Who's going to score goals when Saka and Matt Martinelli and Udegaard and Emil Smith-Rowe coming off the bench can't do that? And you know the mad thing with you know the mad thing with the Chambers deal. It's not that I wanted him to stay. Let me, let me make that very very clear. But <laughs> we had an opportunity to sell this guy. I think it was about three four years ago. Leicester top table to what twenty five million pound bid, and we turned it down. I have to think to myself, how have we got ourselves into a situation where he's gone now for an undisclosed fee, whatever that is? It's just it's crackers at this football club. I just. I don't understand, man. I really don't. I don't get it. Anyway, it's been... Thank you, you two. I haven't had to talk much then. That's good. I've had, a, I've had an hour's rest with you two and uh, and Richard and Mike. That's lovely. I feel refreshed, like a daisy. Um, right, before the... Um, I want everybody to give the, the transfer window a rating from minus 10 up to plus 10. So, what are you going to give it? 
currently as it sits with how long do we have? An hour and a half? <laughs> one hour, yeah. 30 minutes and two 29 minutes. One hour, 29 minutes. There are players who have left that I'm happy have left the club since last January. Um, but what they did was they bought in players in the summer to subsidize that. So currently it gets a zero. Oh. And um, if they'd have had, if Veghorse was on the in, if, you know, I don't know who, someone up front. Any striker, yeah. Any striker, any midfielder, I'd be like, they get extra points. But currently it is a zero. And the other upsetting thing is, is like, once again, we're a laughing stock and an embarrassment. And we kind of changed that narrative at the start of the season. And we've shifted back into that gear. 21 goals in December, one goal in January. We were in the League Cup semi-final, two games against Liverpool and an FA Cup final. All that hard work from August to December, has it been undone in the space of three and a half weeks? Maybe certainly has Albert. What, what score are you going to give it? Oh, god, Man, this is pretty easy. Um, before I say the score, you know what? It's the, with the Bamyang thing, quickly, sorry. Um, it's mad, it's kind of turned full circle in the sense that if Covid hadn't happened and all the contract talks before, and is he going to sign the thing and all that, he definitely would have gone to Barcelona. And I think the opportunity has come up again, however, it's come up, but. I, listen, he's gone, and you know what? He's going to. He's probably going to go and do very well there. But um, also, as well, that guy they've got reporting at the Emirates today, right on Sky Sports, um, Geraint Hughes, right. I would have said to him, you know what? Just go home. There's no point <laughs> you being at the stadium. There's no point. There's no news that you can give Arsenal fans that's going to be positive. We should send them a kebab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? I went to work today, right, and I wasn't thinking to myself, Dan, Danny, or Sophie, that our oh, Arsenal going to. You know, the, the signs are going to come flooding. I thought, if I don't hear anything on my phone or no notifications come through or no text messages or no WhatsApp messages between the hours of probably 9pm this morning UK time and about 3 o'clock UK time, Arsenal not getting anything done. Even the most articulate people that are on, got Twitter accounts were kind of like, you know what? I don't think Arsenal are going to get anything done, you know? I think they just, they just completely resigned themselves to the fact that there's a possibility nothing's going to happen. And I thought that probably in the last 20, 24, 48 hours. But to cut a long story short, I'd say zero, mate. A zero. Yep. Right. Uh, uh, Teng Wang, if we get Tyler Adams, I tell you, they'll get a two after that. <laughs> oh, dear. But Tyler right, so Adams is a great player anyway. Thank you, Danny, for having yeah, me. Danny, where can people find you? They will know where you can find you, but tell them anyway. At Highbury Squad. Uh, join us half hour before the transfer window deadline um, mm. kicks in tonight. Uh, Kevin and I, we, we haven't argued in a long time, but today, let me tell you, we are not on the same page. At Is he all. getting it? Is he getting no, it? He's get, I mean, he's getting it. And I have to say, Dan's listeners were very much like, Kev, come on. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be fire a little bit. No. Oh, God, I wish I yeah. could watch. Yeah. I might have you on because uh, I don't know who's on last here. <laughs> we'll we might just, just watch your stream because it's going to be great. Uh, Albert, where can people find you? Firstly, thank you for having me on, Danny. Thank you for having pleasure. me. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Sophie, love to see your face as always. Right what the hell? Poor Kev. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on well, I've got my YouTube channel, Albert JTV. Um Twitter hand Twitter handle's very easy to find. Just 
just you hey you made 57 but just put albert jtv you'll find me so um thank you come and subscribe and great to be on your show mate excellent right i'm gonna add ola into the stream so everybody can say hello to ola before you go the, the judge is there but he's not at his seat so unmute yourself ola on unmute and then say hello to sophie and albert yeah hello sophie hello albert hi Danny, thank you for bringing me along are you in like a cupboard in your house or something that is yeah epic. something like something like that something like that because uh i have to do this to to try and get away from the kids so this is one of the safest <laughs> places to hide in my house Where he is. he's 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 having a, a swift off before the show oh, starts oh, oh good oh good you okay are you doing half yeah. pint judges i'm very good thank you very much thank you very much for that thanks for that um yes so uh oh look sophie's giving it little signals it's a little half pint it's a little half pint right thank you very much for your time no and uh thanks guys yeah i'll see speak you. to you both very soon see you soon Definitely. mate you, good night, guys. Good take care good night bye-bye okay. right then gentlemen it's just us three again um ola how have you been it's been a while since we spoke yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Just been knuckling down on work and um, you know dealing with life as an Arsenal fan. It's never easy. Um, You've been busy doing the boxing in the MMA stuff. You've been busy with boxing in the MMA. I used to. I've got all. I've got UFC one to about one hundred and fifty on it on a hard drive somewhere. Wow, all the old ones do? and all the prelims and everything that, and all the posters. I made it all myself. Thing, I used to that, love it. That thing, that thing will probably cost a lot of money right now, man. How oh, antique it is! So, you, you send me a hard table. drive and I'll, I'll transfer it all for you. It's about Please. you need about one terabyte hard drive, and I'll do it all for you. I'll try and get allegedly, one allegedly. <laughs> uh, no, they're my. I mean, they're not MMA. They're um, they're they're nothing. Uh, moving on swiftly, Lee. How you doing? <laughs> oh, all good, thank you, Dan. All good. I can't complain. Had uh, had uh, your partner in crime Dan on earlier. He got some temperatures raised. He was he wasn't he wasn't happy. He's he's never really no, overly happy, is he? He's not. He's not. And uh, listen, I'm going to be in the camp with it. I don't blame any Arsenal fan that's losing it at this moment in time. Uh, I don't blame them. I've got no uh, issues if if anybody says anything. Like, you know, all I, all I'm going to say is, you know tells me everything I need to know now about Arsenal um, and, and everything. I've had a wonderful weekend this weekend. Do you know, do you know what? For, for about two, two weeks ago, I was fuming because I thought, do you know what? Arsenal got to play one weekend in five. And I was thinking, oh, what am I going to do here? I've had a great weekend without worrying about that Arsenal. Like, do you know what I mean? And that's how it is now. It is really, I'm going to tell you this now, knocking the stuffing out of me. You know, it really is knocking the stuffing at me. No ambition, no drive, no no nothing, uh, if if we'd be honest. We've put ourselves in a very, very good chance of getting top four. We still might get top four, who knows? But ultimately, we've really, um, I think, you know, kicked, shot ourselves in the foot, should I say, on this um, transfer window, if I'll be honest. So, um you know, I went into this this month feeling very, very excited, after, particularly after that game against Man City. I know we lost that game, but I thought that was a fantastic bit of football. And I was thinking, if we just had one or two more of that, wow. We've lost six um, players. We've lost we've lost uh, out of both cups. And really, see, I think we dropped down to six and all. So I'm just really... Um, I don't know what to think of it, really. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't really. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I really don't. That's how I feel at the moment. 
I think we've had uh, both sets of emotions on here um, so far today. There's only really one. There's two talking points, Ola. The first one is Young. How angry are you about the fact that he's left and he's going to go and score goals elsewhere? Or are you glad that he's gone? We've got the money. We saved about £25 million in wages. Which which side of the coin do you see that? Are you, are you happy or are you sad or are you a mixture of both? Yeah, I've got to say a mixture of both. Mixture of both. I don't know how I feel. I'm a mixture of both. I think I can't believe the hate that Aubameyang's getting at the moment to defend Arteta. It's incredible. I'm, I'm few of my WhatsApp groups and all that, like really hanging a play, player out to dry, slagging him off for the sake of uh, Arteta. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Aubameyang's done wonders for this club. All right, this season he's, he's not been good. He's not been good for the last couple. Is that down to the manager? Is that down to, you know, to him as a player, I don't know. But for me, I'm, I like to think that um, I, I, I don't know how many goals he got in the end. Did he get about 95 goals in the end or something like that? He got 92 in 163 games. And people want to slag him off. Listen, you know, something, what I feel now, I do feel this, I don't know how you two guys feel about everybody else. I feel that it's not just him turning up late that's that's caused all this. You know what I mean? It's got to be more than that. And as a fan, I feel I deserve to know. You know what I mean? Like, not only that, we've given him away for free, um, saving £25 million in the process, you know, on wages. You know what I mean? Like, um, we're about to lose another £25 million on, uh, on Lacazette and uh, Eddie going in the summer. So when you're saying you're saving it, you're, you're taking it out of one hand, putting it in the other, one hand, whatever. I've had enough of it. The, 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 the process is flawed from that point of view, so I don't care about that anymore. What I, do, I, I think that, you know, I think it's the right decision if... if uh, if the manager doesn't want him, he's not going to play him. He obviously wasn't going to play him. So, you know, we've done the right thing. Am I sad to see him go? Yeah, because, I, you know what, he, he he done well for us. You know, I don't care what anybody says. Like, And I'll tell you what, he's had more stick over this last few months than missing the, missing the penalty in the last minute against Spurs. Right? And the reason is because most of these people now are trying to stick up for, for Arteta over it. Like, and I, I don't understand that, you know, how many more players are you going to fall out with before we think, well, could it be, could it be, uh, could it be the manager? I don't very, know. Very long list, sadly. Mm. Ola, how do you feel about that? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a bit, look, the way the map, the way, the way he's condoned, well, the way he's carried himself with, um, you know, the disciplinary issue he's had, he didn't just have it with us. And that kind of corroborates what went on with the club and what happened at Gabon when he went on AFCON duties. You know, the How, man... The, you watch the AFCON a lot. Um, uh, I saw you tweeting about it. How did the Gabonese feel about the fact that their best player for a, a generation wasn't there? Was it was it because he went to Dubai, got COVID and then couldn't do the AFCON or was there some yeah, other reason? Well, it's, 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 that's, that's kind of what we got from the from the manager. Um, it's kind of what we got from the manager, and it kind of corroborates what what they're saying. You know, what he's been accused of doing at Arsenal, why he's been dropped, or why he's been ostracized uh, from the team. So, in a way, you kind of think, you know, you got all these young players coming through, and while you're trying to set a precedent and trying to set an example, uh, if the senior players aren't really sticking to it, then it kind of makes it difficult for the manager to do his job. 
Now, my problem is the manager's known about this. And it's not just the manager, the manager and the board, because I believe they backed him on this. So they knew what, you know, what the situation is or was with the striker. So if we're now de depending on two players that are out of contract in the summer, don't want to sign for Arsenal, they got no incentive to play for us, to, to, to play out their scheme for us, right? Got no incentive whatsoever. And I'm not talking about incentives from the club. I'm also talking about the World Cup coming up and the incentives with, with their re respective national team because Lacazette's not going to get called up by France. And Nketiah's not get, getting called up by England. So why do they have to play out of their skin for us to get into top four? Somebody tell Very me. Very good point. You know, and this Very is good. what I've been trying to say. Like, every everybody's saying, oh, you know what? If Martinelli, Lacazette and, and Nketiah, maybe they can get us into the top four and then we'll go from there. What makes you think they're going to do that? Where is the incentive? There's none. There's none. No. Well, um, Eddie's surely going to sign now, surely, because according to, <laughs> well, no, according to Mikel Arteta, you know, it was all about game time. Well, he's going to get a bit of game time now, so I expect him signing. Otherwise, I'm being lied to again by, by the And this, this, is, this is what they've done with us for, for a long time. And this is the thing hmm. that gets me about this window, because everybody's saying, oh, it's difficult to sign players in this window. And we've seen other clubs manage to do it. But in my opinion, these other clubs, um, they, they've all right. Maybe they've put in money talks in 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 any window, whether it's the summer, whether it's um January window. Money talks every time, right? But for me, what I think killed us is we we haven't got we haven't got no game time to offer any players. So when we go to sign these players, we're out of the FA Cup that we swept under the carpet. We're out of the um the Carabao Cup that we made excuses not to play Spurs against. And now, we've we only won game a week. Like, in February, we've only got two games. What are you meant to offer these players that we're meant to be signing? How are they going to get game time? So we don't got the game time to offer the players that, we, we, that we're looking at to bring in. That's probably making them look elsewhere because we don't have the game time. And on top of that, the players that we do have they got no incentive to do anything for us, and that's where that that's where my bother lies. We're stuck between, uh, uh, you know, we we're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and it's going to take a miracle for us to even get into that top four. Because when you look at United, everybody can look at Manchester United and say, "Oh, they haven't done any business as well," but they have individual players that can go and win them games. It, it don't matter how bad they are. They were bad when we played us. They found a way to win. They bad, you know what I mean? This is what, they've only lost one game since Ralph Ragnick took over from Oli. They've only lost one game, right? So they're finding ways to win. We don't have that at the moment. And I keep hearing this as well, uh, barring um, injuries, hopefully these players are good. Do you realize what, what world we're living in now? COVID can take off four players. Four players get COVID, we're done. Where's the replacement? And this we is the problem have we have. We've got 17 games to play. How are we going to manage those 17 games to try and get us to, to into the top four 
Um, I, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where we're gonna get it from. I, I can't see it. I can't see it. Hey, are we, are we gonna go seventeen games without any injuries? Because if we do, like Ola was saying, the Premier League rule is you get four players with COVID, you can cancel a game. If you get three, that means at the moment we are down to sixteen outfield players. If we get three with COVID, that's thirteen. That's uh, and then so that'd be starting um, ten on the pitch, and you'll have uh, three on the bench. Oh, it's just incredible that we've let ourselves get like this. Listen, if you be honest about it, the club's being run like shambolic from top to bottom. We've got a, a recruitment team that haven't got a, an idea how to, to get a squad together. We've got a manager that, that is allowing it to happen because I'll tell you this now, any any manager of any sort or any um, whatever, can't think of the word I'm looking for, would not allow this to happen. I don't care what anybody says. You know, do you think Pep would like let this happen? Do you think like uh, player managers of that ilk would let this happen? No. To listen, we got we got games where we're only going to be playing once a week. Maybe on a couple of two or three occasions, we might have a midweek game in there. You may be able to manage that. But looking at it, uh, you, you know, Shaka's one one sending away from a free match ban. Or even or, or even a six game ban because if it gets done for three games, a proper sending off, he gets three games for 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 his third booking, first third sending off. You relying on him? Going to rely? You, you would you rely on him to to, to play all seventeen games? I, I would with his fitness, but not with his discipline. Um, you know, we've gone out of the FA Cup to a team in the Championship. No one seems to be bothered about it. It's it's been accepted. I, I I I I can't remember the last time that, that as a football club we went out against a, a team in the lower ranks and everybody accepted it. I don't remember it. You know, I mean, there was chaos when we went out to to teams like Wrexham and York back in the day, like chaos. Arsene Wenger lost to Nottingham Forest uh, in the FA Cup. Chaos. Walk away from Nottingham Forest that game. It's accepted. Oh, well. Modern, that's modern Arsenal for you. Well, yeah, such low standards. Yeah, it is modern Arsenal for you at this moment in time. It's not bothered. We go to Wolves in a couple of weeks' time, lose there. Oh, well. You know, there's, it, next there's, there's, an, there's always next season expectation of it all, like, you know. Now, I don't care what anybody says, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I don't know about you guys. I'm still hurting that we're out of the FA Cup. I've got Spurs fans going to me yesterday. I went football yesterday saying, who you got next weekend? Still hurts. You, you know what I mean? Like taking the mickey out of us. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, oh, you ain't got a game next weekend, have you? You know, went out on a wimp, whimper last season against Southampton. Nothing worried about it. Oh, that's all right. We've got the Europa League to contend with. That's all right. We go out of that. It's all right. Everything seems to be all right with Arsenal these days. We haven't signed no one, right? And everybody's pleased that we've got a, we've got we've got a rid of a Bamiang, and we're saving ourselves twenty five million in wages. It's like it's a great deal. We just we just got rid of him on a free. We we spent sixty odd million pound on him. People seem to forget that. Oh, it's all right. We've saved twenty five million pound on wages. The wages that are the transfer and the wages one hundred and fifty million possibly one hundred and twenty five million. Let him go for nothing. Yes, how many players? I, I, I'd be very interested at how, how many players in the last. You know, Aaron Ramsey, by the way, went for nothing. He's just gone to, to Rangers today. 
You know, on loan. They just said it was a, only a loan deal. I, so. I'd have took him on loan for us for six months. Because you know why? Because yeah. he's better than Charlie Patino at this moment in time. And that's nothing against him. I'd have rather seen Charlie Patino go out on loan to Rangers and we had Aaron Ramsey for a, for a few days. Now, don't turn around and say, oh, it's all about wages and all that. Do you think Rangers can pay the sort of money that uh, Juventus says? Something's been sorted out. Why can't we? You know what I mean? Like, we've actually gone into our last three games. Believe it or not, guys, our last three games with a makeshift midfield player or a kid oh, making oh. his debut. That ain't acceptable. That's all right, though. Shaka's coming back next week. And I'll tell you this now. Look at all the, the, the you know, the, the bad discipline that that bloke's done. And I'm not a, I'm not a Shaka hater, right? Where's well, he? At Where is he at the moment? <laughs> Something happened to Shaka. He's, you know, he's been given a free pass. No, no problems there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he turns up on time, but he gets sent off every other week. But that's all right. That's all right. It's all right. So um everything's all right, isn't it? Ola, where do we what's the bare minimum we need to do in the next one hour, nine minutes and three seconds? Bare minimum to be okay for the next 17 league games. Bring in a striker. We need a striker. I I cannot right this moment say I'm gonna put my little cupboard on Inketia and Lacazette getting us the goals to get us into top four. No one can say that wholeheartedly believing that's going to be the case. So we need something different, a whole different blood. Someone that's, that's hungry, someone that, that wants to make a point. I don't know how Arsenal, they've had a whole month to try and figure this out. It's not our job to do that. Well, that's why we don't get paid £6 million a year and they do. You know, that's their job. My job is to moan about it. And that's why I'm here. Right? And the the other thing that gets... And we're saying, yeah, get us a striker. Right? But the problem I have now, it's not just getting us a striker, but how Arsenal is perceived outside of us. Like the outside club. All these other players that we're approaching, and they're all saying, no, they don't want to come down here. Why? It's, it's not good the enough. way we perceived at this moment in time. And I think if we're still in the FA Cup, or we we had the, uh, FA Cup or Carabao Cup, and we, we won that Burnley game and we sat in top four, in fourth spot right now, yeah? I think we'd have more leverage, more bargaining chips to work with some of these players that's out there on the continent to try and bring them in, to try and, you know what I mean, sat, to try and solidify what we already got, but we ha- we don't have that no more. We don't we, top four is not guaranteed. We're out of all the cups, and it makes it very very difficult to sell the process or the project, whatever it is. It makes it very very difficult to sell, and that's why we're stuck. That's why we're in the in the situation we're in right now. All right, I'm happy with all the players that we've got out of the club, but what about? The players that we need to finish the season, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I think. I think. I think we need. Look, we need a striker. We need a midfielder. I definitely need someone that can. That's an upgrade on Shaka, because uh, and it's not because of how Shaka plays per se. Is like like um, Lee just said just now. It's a disciplinary record. You can't rely on him. 
El Nene can play 10 games and I wouldn't even know that he's been there. Because he just goes about his business, does his job. Sideways passing, back. He don't, he don't get booked. He don't put the team in a precarious position. He don't check out after 20 minutes in a, in a tough game. Yeah, he might do the sideways passing and all of that, make sure that we keep the ball. But it doesn't put us in a situation where, where you know, everybody's getting injured because we, we st- we're having to do an extra man's job on the pitch. And that's what that's where Shaka's left us. Well, pretty much all of his career with us, though, anyways. So, Sadly. And, you know, and Very he said he wouldn't apologize for, for, for his actions. How are we supposed to feel as fans? And this man says he won't change, but the manager keeps picking him. Lee, we are where we are. What's the bare minimum that the club need to do to try and salvage this transfer window? And do you think they're going to do it? No, they're not going to do nothing now. Forget about it. Nothing's coming in. They've now got to get, you know, everybody on board, get them like working. Our 11, our first 11's good. Let's be honest. Like, you know, every single player that's gone out, out, out at this moment in time wouldn't get into that what is not going to get into our starting eleven and that includes Abamyang. He hasn't got in it for the last month. So we have to say that, you know what I mean? But what you need to do is try and improve that team. Now I, I think you can improve that as as I just said with a goal scorer. But they ain't going to go out uh they, they try to get in Vlavic didn't come didn't come off like you know what I mean. So we've got to accept what's going to come now like you know um I, I think all of a sudden we've got a 70 million pound player in Pepe we're gonna like Mr. Arteta is gonna to have to use him because I think like what will happen is that he's gonna go he's gonna to have to go out wide and Martinelli down the centre as far as I'm concerned or 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 Pepe down the centre and Martinelli on the wing. That's what they're gonna to have to do. Nothing's coming in. The one thing that I'm worried about, like if we're all thinking this as fans, what are some of those young players thinking? Hmm. Are they starting to worry and thinking, well, well, hold on a minute here, what is the ambition of this football club? What you know what I mean? Like, everybody seems to be happy, like, we're saving money here, saving money there. But what about the actual drive and ambition of the football club, like, you know? And um, by the way, also, don't forget, the LA Rams are in the um, in the Super Bowl on the back of Arsenal, Arsenal being, like, the collateral that, uh, 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 of it all. So, you know, uh, um, I hope Mr Cronky's very happy as well. So, let's, let's get in there. Two Super Bowls in the last three years. He can be successful if he wants to put his money where his mouth is. He chooses not to with Arsenal. Quick question for you, Ola, from uh, Michael Feinberger. He says, uh, I heard uh, Alba was cast away from the Arsenal for accidentally brucking chairs at the Emirates. What do you know about that? Uh, Mike, you're blood clot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the room with Mike when he broke one of the chairs that Wenger built his... He built the chair with his own hands, man. And Mike <laughs> went in there and destroyed the whole thing, man. Salute to you, Mike. Big love. Your family. As is customary for today, we're going to add in the two people from the next show. That is going to be Femstuff for my podcast and Owen. It looks like between them, they have got wonderful yes, internet. Yes, Owen. Owen. Owen's actually my witness to seeing mm-hmm. Mike destroy Wenger's chair. He was Multiple there. chairs, bro. Multiple chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chair in London was fucking to see if we'll find works in town. Everybody say hello to each other. Hello, hello my friend Star Owen. How you doing, guys? guys? I've been listening to you for the last half. For the last, you broke up. You've you've, you've gone quiet, Fem. No, can't hear you. Right. 
Still quiet. It's. Uh, I think he's in a hotel room for work, and his <laughs> internet is rubbish. You've, you've muted again, Fem. No, can't hear you. Okay, you wait. Okay. Um, hola. Um, right, I need a, a, um, a rating out from minus 10 all the way up to plus 10 for this current transfer window. What are oh, you going to give it? We get my, We get to do minus? This is right. Yeah, I thought this, I, had a, I had a vision that nothing was going to get done today, so I thought rather than 1 to 10, we'll go all the way down to minus 10. So what are you going to yeah. give it? I mean, we got, we got rid of, we got rid of a, a lot of players. Um I just wish Shaka was on the list of the players that went out, but I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd give it, I'd give it a minus one, just because of the players that we, you know, that we've moved up the weight bill. I'll give it a minus one. We need something in there. Um, if we get striker in, maybe it'll go to a one or two, but yeah. right now minus one. Okay, Lee, what are you giving it? Very generous, minus six for me. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's been a shambles. It's been a shambles from start to finish. We actually started to see. You know, January the 1st, the window started. We went into the game against Nottingham Forest with one midfield player. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You know, so I think someone at Aaron's minus 10. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with him there. It's been a... Can I swear on this show? You can say anything apart from the C word. It's a, It's been an absolute shit show of a transfer. Oh, you can say, you say fucking shit show for all your... Oh, okay. We don't tell I adults what to do. A shit show of a, of a transfer window. It's been embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing for a football club. Embar- our Arsenal football club has been embarrassed by it. What's gone on? And I tell you what makes it even worse. When put, when, don't don't ever like when they say, "Oh, the Premier League and the referees against you." When you call off a game of football because you ain't got enough players, and then in the following week get rid of three players. You know what I mean? Like everything about Arsenal football club in this month has gone through the has gone through the ringer. Fair enough. Right. Um, Ola, where can people find you on the World Wide Wait? Yeah, um, you can find me on YouTube, The Fight Week Show. We do uh, MMA content on there, uh, boxing content. So if combat sports is your thing, yeah, come, come, come and support us. Come show us love. We're a growing channel. And then on Twitter, my handle is right there on the screen at Black Scorpion Free. And same as Instagram. So yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Excellently. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of you or, or your channel because uh, you no. are quite a quiet person, quite reserved. Yeah. Where can people find well, you? Well, I can follow me on Lee Judges TV. Um, that's that's my channel now. Like so, if you've not, give it a little subscribe and a little look. Pop over and see that we're uh, we're on there. We, we do something. Try to do something most weeks. So there you go. Like yeah. Excellent. Right, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I'll speak to you again very soon. Thank you for bringing us. Enjoy the rest of the show. Take care. guys. Well done. Cheers. There we go. Um, Oh, you've got your audio working now, Fem. Yeah, it seems that my uh, mic didn't. It's a a new mic. It's quite sensitive, isn't it? So when you lift it up, it (laughs) mutes. And when you put it down, it unmutes. Yeah, it's so a smart I think one, we've just, isn't it? <laughs> I think we've just seen the future of technology. Right. Um, Owen, how angry are you at the whole thing? And then, uh, we've had some really contrasting opinions today. We've had people go, like, so if you go, look, we're, we're planning for the future. This season wasn't top four. We're clearing out all of the Emery and all of the Wenger players and the, the, the bad contracts that um, Arteta and people give to the club, getting ready for next season. And next season is going to be the push 
towards taking Arsenal back to the Champions League. We've had other people going, it's an absolute disgrace. We're going through the rest of the season. We've got 15, 16 outfield players. One case of COVID will lead to another and then we'll be in trouble. We've got saved an absolute fortune on wages. Other teams are getting players in. We've got nothing in. It's a disaster. Where do you stand on this whole shenanigans? It's funny because uh, normally with transfer windows, I'd be on Twitter, Sky Sports every day, every morning, looking for updates on literally everything to do with Arsenal transfer incomings. And this year I made an active effort not to do that whatsoever. Um, literally the only piece of news I got was from was from Tom's 8am show every morning. That, 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 that was it to just literally listen to that on the way to work. And that's all I sort of jumped into this year. But uh, to be honest with you, this is potentially the most frustrating 12 hours I've ever experienced as an Arsenal fan. I mean, livid isn't the word. It's, it's, a, it's a, I think as Lee said there, it's an absolute fucking shit show. And I really, really liked your analogy that you said earlier. Um, I'm just saying this to prove that I was listening to your show, Danny, but <laughs> the, the, the analogy that you used about um, uh, crossing, crossing the road when there's a break in the traffic, when you're standing at traffic lights, you know, the opportunity was there for Arsenal now to, to strengthen and really make a a heavy push towards those uh, Champions League positions because next year Man United aren't going to be this week. Uh, Spurs will likely not be as weak as they are. Everton now with Frank Lampard are probably guaranteed to spend a lot of money. Aston Villa are making some massive signings, and we have stripped down to what looks like a fucking five-a-side team, <laughs> and, and now we are throwing all our eggs in the Alexander Lacazette basket. And whilst they like him as a person. Whereas I like him as a player, the attitude he shows. This is a guy with less league goals than James fucking Ward-Prowse this season. You know, if you're looking at a prolific goal scorer, I'm sorry, but Alexander Lacazette has proven himself over a number of years not to be that. Um, The one thing I will say is that I don't know what the fuck some of these Arsenal fans do in their spare time, but maybe the stand downtown in the in the boxing day sales inside the shops, fucking cheering every time a fifty year old gets fifty percent off. Because I've never seen such a bunch so fanatical about saving money in my life before. It's not what being a football fan's about. You should be. I don't care whether they spend ninety million euros to trigger Alexander Isaac's release clause. It's not my ninety million euros. I don't We've got a calculator, Zach. We're all doing the tax returns for the club. Yeah, man, it, it, it's insane. Good point. It, it's absolutely insane. So, no, look, absolutely fuming um, with the wasted opportunity. And I think as well, the strategy from the club just leaves me scratching my head because you look at even cover it. Right, we've got three senior centre-backs at the club now, uh, Ben White, Rob Holding and Gabrielle. Um, and then we have Cedric covering for Tommy Asu, like, that's like fucking Yaya Sonogo covering for Thierry Henry. It's just absolutely ridiculous uh, to have that man even covering. And now with like Callum Chambers, who was versatile, who could cover both them positions, go for a really, really minimal fee. Um, and whilst I'm happy to see him go away and maybe get some of the game time that he'll deserve, it's still, for us, it's a stupid, stupid decision. And now we're rejecting offers for players like Eddie and Kadia. I don't know. It's just, it's funny how... <clears throat> two months ago, everybody was so behind the Arteta train and the Edu train and all these players that have come in. And whilst we still all are, you know, that we love the players that have come in. It's so funny how it flips around from being potentially one of the best feelings I've had in years for getting behind a team to now just sitting there going, what the fuck are we going to do if three guys get sick? <laughs> <laughs> 
It is. Um, everything <clears throat> you said there has just made me feel even sadder than I already am. Crystal Palace has signed Jean-Philippe Maeta. Never heard of him. Uh, Femi, first of all, thank you very much for there's 12 people at ABW. The only one who could be bothered to turn up. I had Josh in the chat and Nick in the... Nick is working. And Josh isn't well, bless him. I think he's got gingivitis. Yeah, get well soon, Josh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an ill, but the rest of them, scumbags. I don't care if you've got kids. Yeah, you <laughs> drop, you say to the missus, you're dealing with them kids. I'm doing this all day. Well, Have I'll you... tell you what, my will run in at any time. Oh, you're at I'll home. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, do, do, what I, do what I do, fam. I just left mine in the bath playing with the toaster. <laughs> the kids are entertaining. <laughs> so, uh, don't, oh, yeah. don't, there'll be 23 getting covid because they're fucking stupid before you know it and so um that's the situation have have you looked at twitter have you spent all day looking at twitter femi because i have looked at absolutely bugger all on twitter is it a a um a uh what do they call it a not a dustbin they call it some kind of fire in america dumpster fire that's the word they don't fucking to be fair, is it I've I popped in in and out today, and I'm going to preface this conversation by saying I am an Obama Yang fan. <laughs> so <laughs> let that be a warning. So whoever, oh, so am I. I'm yeah, going to miss him, and I'm going to be watching yeah. Barcelona, and I'm going to hope he scores 30 goals in the rest of the yeah. season because he's oh, a magnificent well, player. Barcelona this may be an interesting one. I'll jump in after your family would. Uh, that I, hate Barcelona. I hate Barcelona. Hate Barcelona so much. Flipping Barcelona, that it's like we'd never get rid of Barcelona, and now Juventus are the next scourge of our Arsenal, aren't they? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it's been a, it's been crazy. Um, I've never seen such a reaction to a, a transfer window. Um, to be fair, um, but let me, let me, <laughs> I did a little exercise actually of how many looking at the squad. I think it was how many did you say we had left? I counted twenty altogether. I think there's 18. Is there really first. 18? I thought it was 20 because, anyway, let, let's say we had 20 just, just for argument's sake. We got three that are out of contract, Elneny, Lacazette, and Enketia. So those three are definitely gone. So you're down to 17 first-team players. You've got three that the manager doesn't fancy in Pepe, Cedric, Leno. So those three are out of the door. We're left with 14. Okay, 14. You've got Xhaka, who everyone wants out the door. So let's say 30, you've got 13 senior players that the manager can trust. Let's say 14, because he loves Xhaka. But 14 play- I've never, like, when you when you think about it, it just doesn't add up, does it? it, it just, I've just counted. We've got 19 outfield players, if you include the likes of uh, Pepe and Nketiah and uh, Elneny and that lot. So we've got 19. 19. No, 18. So Young's gone. We've got 18. 18. Okay, so you're left you're left with 13 senior players basically in the summer. How are you going to manage a summer transfer window? How how is that possible? Are you going to sign seven players and release no one? At what point do you have to make a call on someone like Saka? Is he going to sign a contract? Isn't he going to sign a contract? If he doesn't sign a contract and he turns up late a couple of times, does that mean we have to release him on a free? I, I'm just, I'm getting confused about all of this. I don't know what the actual plan is. It's like, what is the plan? What are we doing? And what? How do you push on from this position? It, it, you can't just keep weakening yourself over and over again. <clears throat> um, as you guys just said, you've got teams like you, you. I mean, the teams that you mentioned, Villa and Everton, and you haven't even mentioned Leicester in there, who will. You having a bad season, 
they might not have a bad season next year. You, you, there's so many teams that you're relying on to have a bad season, and you have not mentioned the big one, which is Newcastle United. <laughs> they could do what look at what they're doing in the relegation zone. If they come out of the relegation zone, they can do what it looks like they can do whatever they want because they're not in Europe, so FFP doesn't really affect them that much. So they can do whatever they want, basically. So you're gambling, basically, on... And it's it's so weird. It's like, what does Arteta want to do? I just don't get it. That That's the, that's my opening salvo, to be honest with you. What is the actual <laughs> Look plan? at this. Jimmy H. Good news. Arsenal players can train in social distance environment as there will be no other players near them for a 10-metre radius. That changing room is going to be like, you know, like a when you get on a flight and there's fuck all people there. So you've got like three seats to yourself. The amount of room in the changing room is going to be insane. Um, can I jump in on the Aubameyang thing? Because I think this yeah. is going to be good because I'm seeing a lot of love for Aubameyang on, on, on Twitter going out about, I know, I hope he does well. I hope he does this. Uh, am I the only person that, that, that's livid with him that think he's absolutely tarnished his reputation as an Arsenal cult hero, whatever you want to call it. This is a man who who signed a, a deal for massive money, which isn't his fault. I don't hold that against him whatsoever. But what I do hold against him is the fact that he put out a promotional video saying that he wants to become an Arsenal legend, only to turn up late multiple times to matches, let alone a North London derby whilst being the captain of the club. Um, he obviously displayed a bad attitude when he was asked to apologise or, or carry out his um, given disciplinary actions. Uh, and then, if you take into account, we're speculating here, sort of, but the reports coming that he went to Barcelona of his own accord, that he wasn't really invited over today, or that the club didn't really even give him permission to head over, that he just did that off his own back, um, much like Odin Wingy back in the day. Um, and then, like, w- when you look at all that collecting into one, I think it's okay to turn around and say, oh, well, he had fallen out with the manager, this and that. But he had, he's got he's got an obligation to the fan base to act and behave in a certain way. And I think for a fan base that, have sh- that showed him love, even in difficult times, you know, times when the scoring had dried up, people were still really, really behind him. And people wanted him back into the fold when they thought that this transfer potentially wasn't going to happen. So he's got a lot of fa- uh, love from our fans. And I think that, his actions and the way he's conducted himself over this past while has been nothing but disrespectful. He's basically spat in the face of a fan base that, that idolised him, I think. So for me, any reputation for Aubameyang is as tarnished as, as that of somebody like Mesut Ozil. Okay. <clears throat> I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you all of those points. My Ooh. only pushback to that is how many players are we going to do this with? How many players can you <clears throat> can you burn doing this because this if it was a one-off i 100 percent agree with you i'm i'm with you on that one if it was just Yang, he's a bad apple he's you know get him out of the club that's fantastic one number one i'm sure there's more to this story in terms of his reaction to being told he's been stripped of the captaincy or i'm sure he didn't react very well that's why he's just gone down this this path basically which like I said, I agree with you on on the majority of what you said, but I just don't know how it can. I remember actually when we were playing Everton and he was sat on the bench, and 
Enketa came on before him. I don't know if you guys remember that match. And Gary Neville said, oh, he won't be happy about that. He will, he, he's going to be fuming about that. He never played a game for us after that. I find that so fascinating that you can get inside a player's mind or footballer's mind through other footballers. And as soon as Neville said that, that actually stuck with me. And he never played for us again after that. I don't know what's happened. Fair enough, his behaviour today has not been good. But to be fair, since that time to now, he's literally said absolutely nothing. He hasn't said anything. He's kept off social media. He's, you know, kept his head down apart from when he went to the Cup of Nations. So that's my only thing that I'll say on that. Mm-hmm. See, the documentary is going to be very interesting. <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I mean I mean like I said, it's it's the fact that it's multiple players that we're doing this with. It's not sustainable to run a football club like this. Now, I was listening to one of the earlier shows, and I think someone, maybe yourself or someone, said about um, senior leadership. Arteta and Edu need some football experience around them because Arteta, uh, as a manager, cannot be burning players like this you can't but, you do, can't do, but do you not think that there's sometimes an overemphasis on age in that in, in that conversation like we look at Aubameyang as a leader or Lacazette as a leader or do you not maybe look and say that age is irrelevant when you look at somebody like Kieran Tierney in comparison to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and I cast my mind back to um the signing of Nicola Pepe when when uh, it emerged that Arsenal haven't didn't even meet Nicola Pepe in person prior to agreeing that that deal. So that do you think that maybe what this is is this this is just a reflection? You're saying it's numerous players with numerous problems uh, on the behavioural side of things, but do you think that maybe this is all that coming back to bite us? And it's just the fact that we weren't doing enough research, we weren't doing enough background checks, we weren't meeting these players for numerous years and just handing them big contracts and big roles within the side and now you're starting to see the benefit of that with players like Kieran Tierney and, and Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale players like this, do you think that maybe potentially it's more about the character of a player matters more than their technical technical ability does a, uh, to a certain point? I get it, I get what you're saying, totally and if it was just um, Wenger era players or San, Sané era players, but we've done this with William, for example, who who decided that? Someone had to decide that. You, who gave Aubameyang a new contract? You knew, he was there. Bef- he was there while you were there. You decided to give him a new contract, so mm-hmm. you would have had a chance to check his attitude. You, he was still captain. You could have checked his behaviors, all of those things. It, you had the chance to do all of those things. Okay, fair enough. It went wrong, but at what point do you say, okay, we can't just say, okay. Um, Genduzi, he's not behaving himself, so let's knock 20 million off his value, for example. I'm not saying, I don't know how much he's worth, by just sitting him in the stand and making an example of him. Okay, you've done that with Genduzi. Let's do that with another player. Okay, how many players can you continuously do it with? So, like I said, if Saka doesn't sign his contract this summer and does something wrong, what are you going to do? Sit him on the bench and then tank his value? At some point, someone's got to say, okay, Let's 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 have some senior leadership in this group. Someone who knows football knows how to tell a manager, you know, this might not be the best way around this. You know, I'm not saying the way that I I'm saying it is the, is the right way, but just someone to just say, okay, let's look at it from a different angle. Let's not burn players at this rate, basically. 
Mm. We've added Daniel to the uh, the chat to the the show. It's Daniel from the, the legendary um, owner of Goonosphere. He is one fifth of Goonosphere. We have two fifths of Goonosphere in our in our WhatsApp group, don't we, Fem? Yeah. We, we tried to entice Daniel in, but I don't think he wanted to know. He knows better than to be associated with such a a deprived group. You right, Daniel? Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing about a WhatsApp group, Danny. I, asked I, feel, all I, feel, of I feel like you're you're trying to sell this as though I I'm too highbrow to be involved when really actually I'm being excluded because I'm just not your friend anymore. <laughs> you go back and have a look at the. Uh, we had a DM who, who, who with the you, Stokes and Jock, and I said uh, if you want to come in the WhatsApp group, let me know, and they both did, and you didn't reply. Oh well, <laughs> I did. No, add me. Add, yeah, yeah, add me. We'll no do. worries. Lovely. Yeah. Yes. How are you? I've not spoken to you in a while. The owner of uh, one of the greatest podcasts to ever grace the Arsenal uh, world of uh, podcasting, and that's not an understatement. And they are really good. And I, in fact, I like them so much. I downloaded them all, and I have them in a special place on a USB hidden somewhere upon my person. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> waffling on. How are you? What are you up to? Oh, just. Same as everybody else, desperately looking at Sky Sports, just hoping, hoping beyond hope that we're going to sign someone. Doesn't look like it, but you know, I was I was listening in to what Femster was saying, and you know, I've uh, I agree with a lot of what he's saying. You know, we've um, we are burning through players at an astronomical rate, but do you know what? I think what you're saying there about needing that sort of backroom, the boardroom level football knowledge. Because, you know, let, let's not pretend that Edu and Arteta don't know football. You know, they, they were quality players of their time. They um, Clearly, Arteta is a very effective coach. The people who play under him speak very highly of his coaching abilities. The best manager in the world rates his coaching ability very high. But from a boardroom level, we got taken for mugs by, by Raul, just, just smashing through players. Astronomical fees that we shouldn't have been buying, um, and you know when he was discovered, he was he, he was yanked out of there as, as as quickly as we possibly could. But I think in the club there is a collective s- sort of fear of losing players, or there was a collective fear of losing players. When you think about what happened back in the day when players were getting to last year of their contract, we're losing Van Persie, we were losing our best players, we were losing, I mean, at the time, Adibayor, it started around that time, Nazri, Fabregas, Van Persie, then, you know, a few years later, we we were losing, um, you know, the likes of Sanchez, and okay, they didn't go on and do so great elsewhere, in some cases they did, but I think the club were like, mm, we're in this situation where players are getting to the last year and we've got no choice but to sell them. Otherwise, we're going to get nothing out of it. So we got ourselves into this sort of the, the inverse of that, the, other, the the bad side of the coin, which is we're now offering these ridiculous contracts to players who are past their best or reach, have, have reached their peaks and have started to drop off. And then we realise, you know, we're, we're, we're dropping £18 million a season on this player who's not really offering the goods on the pitch. Their behavior probably isn't so great off the pitch. Let's bin them. So we kind of have gone from, you know, the, the, the frying pan to the fire in that situation. What we need to do is have that kind of level headedness where we are buying, buying the players that we need. And we seem to be doing that bit by bit, but the problem we're going to have this summer, when you say we're going into it with, you know, maybe 15 first team players, every single team is going to know how desperate we are 
and that's going to put another 15, 20% on top. And we might be going out and getting those players, but if your budget is a hundred million pound in the summer and you can buy three players for it, then suddenly you can only buy two players for it. You find yourself one short. And this is the situation that we've been in for 10, 15 years. We've always been those two, three players away from challenging. And the reason we're those two, three players away is by the time we've got the money to, to spend on those two, three players, people have jacked the prices up. We can't afford three. We end up buying two. We're one short again. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And, you know, something has to change. Um, whether that's in the boardroom, whether that's, you know, in the manager's hot seat, that that's for other people. to decide. Personally, I support Arteta. I think he's doing a good job on the coaching side. But the player recruitment at the moment is good. But it's offset by the fact that we are hemorrhaging money in having to pay players off or just drop them. And it's it's not it's it's it's, it's not sustainable. Like Femsa said, it's just not sustainable. But okay, yeah. But get, this get is why, hold on a sec, Owen. This is why um why why you need to do more podcasts. And I've put in a request for James or Jock to add you to the group because I don't have your number. Um go on, Dan, um Owen, you were gonna say. And you noticed, Owen, I've said your name properly the entire time. And much like Mr. Hernandez, I will not refer to him or his children or anything bad about Mexican people because he's not his American. See, I do it properly. Unlike the rest of you, probably bully you. I won't have that here. Your name's no, Owen. No, 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 no. You're getting mixed up. Make Make Hertz is the is the bullied one. He's he's I always take the out of your name. No, That's but uh, look, uh, I'm the alpha in that group. Um, look, <laughs> <laughs> I think. See, when I look at this window as a whole, I can't help but feel right. So, when you look at the situation with Dusan Vlahovic. Okay, the, the club were seemingly happy to fork out the money there. So in terms of the ownership, you can't really criticise because they're obviously making funds available if we're going for someone like Dusan Vlahovic. But what you'd have to say is that are Mikel, Arteta and Edu acting like a big club should act? You know, you're looking at a player, Dusan Vlahovic, from Fiorentina, okay, who has a, a very good goal-scoring record but has really only flourished for a couple of seasons. But we're sort of dilly-dallying along, almost begging players to come to Arsenal. And I'm not sure that's good for our reputation. Uh, to me, Arsenal is a football club, and maybe I'm the deluded one here, but where they should be turning around on the first week of January and saying, look, here's the offer, dickhead. Take it or leave it, or we'll move on to the next person. You, you know, dickhead. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. I know that probably, this is why I'm not a negotiator. That's probably a bad approach. To be honest with you, but, but when it I can't be at, worse than what they're doing at the moment because that isn't fucking working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I look at teams like like Liverpool, Liverpool are, are I think um, one of the best teams in world football at negotiation, uh, tra- not transfers out but in as well because they just got for, that young lad from Fulham, young Portuguese lad. Yeah, but see, for me, the thing is, is that you'll always see Liverpool getting deals over the line, literally on the first day of the the window opening and that's because they've done all their groundwork up until the point the, the deals are pre-agreed figures are pre-agreed contracts are pre-agreed agent fees are pre-agreed and literally they're just waiting on it to open and and the deal is done before anybody else can get involved whereas i feel like michael arteta and eddie are sitting about twiddling their fucking thumbs going oh shit it's the it's the first of january we better start trying to look for some players to bring in we did the same with Husam or and i think the only backup plan that they had there was the release clause of thomas Partey, which seemingly whether Isaac didn't want to come or whether they didn't want to shell out that money, but this the the, the 
the safety net plan that they had in place just hasn't worked this time. And for me, you know, if you look at the transfer window in a day's work, you know, in the week, we have just missed a day's work in the weekend while everybody else has been working five days a week. So now we have missed an opportunity to gain ground, not, not only to gain ground, but we've actually lost ground by moving on so many players. And I think that it's not one step forward, two steps back. It's one step forward, fucking 10 stairs of flights of stairs back. It's just, it's, it, it's a shocking bit of, of, of squad plan and squad building. Um, in such a promising time and i think that's what makes it even more frustrating is that things did look so promising it's not just about the players the, the players in though is it because when you look when you talk about that planning you look over the last year or so the offers money on the table that we have had for people who in six months time will either leave on a free or will be considered squad players we've had solid money on the table for lacazette for enketia the rest of it we could have dropped that on it. The, the one pe- good piece of business out that I think we've done in the last few years is selling Joe Willock. Good mm-hmm. kid, good player. Was he ever going to be at our level? It's sort of like the sort of money we got for a Wobi. That was good as well. You know, although that was obviously, you know, before, before Arteta, but the selling those players who their stock is high. He was banging in the goals on loan. We've, we, you know, we've got 25 million for him. The fact that that money isn't being immediately in, reinvested is an issue. And then we're holding on to players like Eddie. Let's be honest. Look, Eddie is not ever going to be a first choice striker at Arsenal. He's a good player, but he's the sort of player I think he'll, he'll maybe get 10, 15 goals a season at a mid-level Premier League club at best. He's never going to be Arsenal level, but he has bankable value and he's going to leave for nothing. He's on, um, the, on the under twenty one records goal scorer of England on the twenty one record goal scorer. Yeah, but he hasn't scored a Premier League goal since. So is Franny Jeffers. No, what I mean is, what I mean is, yeah. there's players that have less um, credibility yeah. that have gone for way more than. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, what, what was it? Twenty million on the table for him earlier on in the season. Um, you know. Even if it was fifteen million, I mean that that's 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 bankable value, and we're just we're just losing that. And at best, I think I saw I saw something someone tweet the other day. Oh, it's okay. Like supposedly, if we lose him on a free because of if he goes somewhere local, like in the Premier League, we might get some compensation for him. It's like oh, great, we, we get we get one week's worth of Aubameyang's wages in compensation for Eddie and get someone like we've nurtured all the way through the ranks. I think look, if you get to first team level at Arsenal by the age of time of 20, 21, 22, and it's not quite you're not quite cutting it, but you've got bankable value like Joe Willock, like Iwobi, you just sell them. I'm not saying this is what we should do, but if you look at what clubs like, and I know they've got far, far better funds, funding streams than us, but you look at, you look at city, you look at Chelsea when they sell on their young players, you know, if they do well, they buy them back. You know, what, what do Real Madrid and Barcelona do? Buy back clauses in almost all of their players. You know, these are the sorts of things that, you know, the modern club should be looking at. If we develop these players, but we're not quite sure we can give them the game time, loaning them out like we've done to Reese Nelson, loaning them out to all the lower league clubs, never going to get bring you up to that level. Better to sell them to a club 
where they're going to get that game time, where they're going to be utilized properly and have that buyback clause where, okay, if you have to drop, you know, another 20 million to get them back. But you know what? You're bringing back a player who's been educated in your way of playing, who's gone out, cut their teeth in a proper team somewhere, and you bought them probably for far less than market worth because of your buyback clause. That's the sort of planning, the long-term planning that that is missing from Arsenal. But do you not think that... Sorry, go on, no, uh, just just on that, um, because you mentioned Reese Nelson. Do you, what do you think the problem actually is with selling players? Because for someone like Reese Nelson, I, I mean, some some people tell me it's because we give out massive contracts, but Reese Nelson wouldn't have been on a massive contract. He still had a year, two years left on his contract, and we just cannot shift anyone. But, uh, I, I that that's funny that you asked that question because I was literally going to jump in with the answer to that in my opinion and it's that I think we got to get our heel end goggles on too much when we look at players like Joe Willick, Eddie and Kadia, Reese Nelson, <clears throat> these players coming through and we're the fan base is reluctant to be okay with moving them on on a permanent basis. We want to see them flourish into the next big academy graduate that's going to bring Arsenal back to glory and and, and the truth is that if you had to ask me from the beginning I didn't think that any of the three of them were ever really going to be Arsenal quality I think that yeah. as you mentioned Daniel I think that they'd be lucky to be lower Premier League tier mid to mid championship in around there is where I see them but the problem is and this might sound harsh but I don't really care <laughs> is that we almost give them too much of an opportunity to prove how shit they are. <laughs> you know, you know, with somebody like, somebody like yeah, Joe yeah, Willick, yeah. we give him that much of an opportunity. After his three fucking Europa League games, stop playing him and sell him for a massive fortune. Don't let other teams see where his weaknesses and flaws are. Get rid of him before that. That's what Liverpool done with players like Dominic Solanke, Jordan Abe. Give them a burst of games and get rid of them. Don't. Yeah. Don't get so honed in on the prospect of them becoming world beaters. That's what I think, yeah. anyway. And the other thing you said about young players not having big contracts, I think, I think there's a there is a bit of there's an element of truth to young players getting big contracts. Um, I remember um, back in the day, in in the in the early days of of polite English gentleman Twitter beef, uh, uh, there were there was some disagreement between some some of the prominent bloggers on uh, a young kid called um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who'd had a burst of super sub games and he was about to be awarded with a 50 grand contract. Now, I was on the side of if you've got a young player who's a good player and they're showing promise, you reward them with more games. You don't reward them with more money. Keep them hungry for that money. Sure, they can go off and get money elsewhere, but that's the risk you take because if, you, if your player is motivated purely by money, and they want to leave you for a bigger contract elsewhere, they'll go get that big contract elsewhere and they will flop because when they get there, they'll believe their own hype. You know, they'll be buying the flash cars. They'll be living the life of Riley and they're not going to be playing. They're not going to be playing at their best. If you want to reward young players, if you look at the players in the young players in the team now and the young players who have got into the team and stayed into the team, the one thing they've all got in common when their coaches talk about them is how humble they are how modest they are like Saka. This is a guy. Let, let, let's be, look, Saka's talent is unreal. There's, there's no kid of 19 should be that fucking good. Um, he is well-being. And in a few years time, he is going to be like smashing in the goals. He is going to be in, in my opinion, I think he's going to be a far more effective and useful player for us 
than Robert Perez was, than Mark Overmore was. I think his ceiling is just insane if he's managed right and he's played right. But his feet are on the ground. He's he's humble. When you hear him talk, he doesn't believe like Gwen Doozy was mentioned earlier. Like um his sort of attitude is what when you hear the way people speak about him, you look at the the interviews that he does, he's cocky. And whilst you need players, certain players of a certain character need to have that cockiness in order to deliver. It works well with strikers like Vlahovic, who you mentioned earlier, saying I'm going to be the, you know, the next Ibrahimovic. That kind of self-belief, that kind of cockiness works well in two types of players, goalies and goal scorers, because those those are the players who are at the sharp end of everything. It's literally like you are, what you do next can win or lose a game you're not really going to win or lose a game as a right back. You're not really going to win or lose a game as a holding midfielder. You know, it's the goalie's going to save your game. The goal striker's going to win the game. And I think that when you've got cocky players who are knocking about in midfield or cocky players who are knocking about a left back or right back, it doesn't, it doesn't really work. And those are the sorts of players who kind of get moved on because their, their attitude's not right. I'm not going to talk about... Danny's term for the players who come from a certain league, but there's clearly been a recruitment problem at Arsenal for a number of years where players of a certain attitude type who clearly have ability, but there's something about coming to London that makes them, I don't know, I don't think you see this in other clubs like around the country. I think there's something about about the London nightlife, about the availability of extracurricular activities, let's call them, that leads players off the beaten track. It doesn't happen in your dead cities, but it happens in London. Um, well, it's a good thing that we've taken a new approach of not signing any players from any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, a, but I mean, I, you know, I think what Owen is saying is right. You know, when you see these young players who are coming through from the academy, I think as fans, we want them to do well because, you know, they're living the dream. They're playing for the club that they grew up supporting, that we grew up supporting. And we kind of live a little bit through them. There's that connection that you have with those players and you are willing to forgive certain behaviors that little bit more. I think like if we look back on it, a lot of us have probably got very, very fond memories, of Jack Wilshire, but let's not pretend the first few years he was in the Arsenal team. He, he was a little shit. Um, and his behavior wasn't great off the pitch. Um, and if he was playing now under Arteta, he wouldn't be in the team. He'd be out of the team because he wouldn't, he wouldn't have the values, you know, he wouldn't be part of the process and all the rest of it. Um, but I think we need to wise up a little bit as a fan base and accept two things. Number one, we're probably not going to be able to compete for the best players in the world. I mean, look, if we can't even get a striker from Fiorentina to come and play for us when you're offering them, you know, a couple of hundred grand a week, um, we need to accept that our stock in world football has gone down a little bit because the world of football has changed. When Arsenal last won the league, and let's not talk about how many years ago that was, but when our, when Arsenal last won the league, if you were to name the top 20 teams in the world 
at least 10 of the teams that you would that young people now watching football across the world would name in their top 20 weren't in the top 20. So now you've got the top 30 teams, you know, like look at like AC or Inter. You know, the, the, these are clubs that 15, 20 years ago were easily in the top five teams you wanted to join. Whereas now there's probably 10, 15 teams above them you'd rather play for um, as, as a player. And Arsenal ain't one of those teams anymore. So we have we, one thing we have to accept is we're not going to be competing for the very best players in the world. And the second thing is of of our young players, the fact that we've got two of our academy product uh, products of a similar age in the first team right now is bloody exceptional. So, you know, kudos to, you know, our academy, kudos to the training team there. The fact that we've got two of them is is insane. Trying to squeeze in three or four more is just ridiculous. Like, you know, you get once in a generation, like people talk about, uh, was it the, the like the class of 93, class of 94, Man United? There was a reason those players all got in and they all started playing. It was because everyone in front of them was all like, you know, 35, 36 years old. They had no fucking choice but to play Beckham and Giggs and the rest of it. They had no choice. Um, and we're in that situation now. We're actually playing a lot of our young players because we've got no choice. And there's good and bad with that. It's going to take a couple of years before they really hit their stride. And we've, we, as a club, we've got to accept that's the reality. Um, but I don't think our fans are ready for that. We're still, we're still living in 2004 in our heads, but we're not one of the top teams in the world anymore. Yeah, but there's literally only fucking 18 boys. <laughs> <laughs> they have to play football. I think that's what people are more. I know it's about. yeah, it's mad. Well, this is why, like you know, personally, I'm looking at Ramsey going to going to Rangers, and I'm thinking, do you know what? The you're not going to expect the bloke to play week in, week out. But do you know what? He'd be he'd, he'd be better than because we're like one or two injuries away from like Mikel lacing up his own boots and having to go and play. You know, um, do we really want? Maybe that maybe that's the plan. Maybe Mikel and Edu are like, do you know what? I fancy like rolling back the years we're going to start playing ourselves. So let's not buy any players. And we've got no choice but to start start playing again. But I just, I don't know, I, I, I think that we're, we're missing um, acceptable players in the pursuit of perfect. And I think that, you know, right now, what we really need is just bodies. We need people who are, look, our first 11 pretty much looks after itself. But if you need to rotate someone out, rotate someone out, someone's tired, who have we got? And that's the problem. We don't have bodies um, and we just need to do it. Yeah, I think that's a massive problem because if you look at the Burnley game, for example, you've got, what, five youngsters on the bench that he just obviously, for, for fair reasons, he just would not put on, you know. So you end up just with bodies on the bench just for the sake of it, basically. And you got to say, okay, are the bodies worth it or are the players worth it? So it's just a toss-up. So you end up just flogging some players. Like By the end of that game, Bukayo Saka was absolutely on, dead on his feet. That Every time the ball came to him and the ball kept coming to him as well, was attracted to him, he couldn't even move, let alone mm. get past the player. And you've got nothing on the bench to bring on. And it's it's a problem. But then that's where the, the squad management has to come in. Mm. So someone like Pepe, like what are we what is the plan with Pepe? Are we actually going to just 
you know, he's not he's hardly played this season, basically. Is there a plan to integrate him, get him functioning as part of the team, take Saka out sometimes, you know, move players around, do something different? Teams work yeah. you out very quickly in this league. You, you can do the same thing for two games, it will work. By the third game, these teams, they, they're quite smart. They work you out very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like Patino, isn't it? Sorry, I was just going to say, one of the most frustrating things for me this window is that like something I've learned to taper is my, ex- my expectations over, over the names that we're going to bring in. You know, like people look back to years ago and it was that we want Karen Benzema and we want Sergio Busquets and something that the signings of Aaron Ramsdale and Ben White and Tommy Asu have sort of shown me is that when I look back to when I was a kid, when Arsenal were signing people, is that I didn't really know who we were going to sign. I didn't really know who Gilberto Silva was when we signed him. I didn't really know who Robert Perez was when he came in. And that's the thing that I think we need to step away from. It isn't, you don't need these big names. You know, how many big names have come to the Premier League? Radamel Falco, uh, Timo Werner, some of these big names that have come into the Premier League and not worked out at all. But what I will say is that when you look at our striking position, let's go striker in, in particular. So as we mentioned, we've got Eddie and Kadia and and uh, Alexander Lacazette. Now, two players who are renowned for being sort of unprolific at, at hitting the back of the net um, and, and getting high goal tallies. And both of them are out of contract um, within the next six months, I think it is. So I don't need an upgrade, let's say, like a Dusan Vlahovic. But what I do think we need an upgrade on is that if they couldn't get the big upgrade of Vlahovic, upgrade on Eddie and Kedia. Get your second string striker in, the person who's going to be the understudy to your big summer signing. And it's the same in midfield. Everybody, I think the club are probably well aware that the majority of the fan base want to see the back of someone like Granit Xhaka, that Mohamed Nani's contract is coming to an end too. Go and upgrade on those squad players. Bolts to the squad with... with some sort of talent, some sort of quality. It doesn't need to be the end product. It doesn't need to be what we're aiming to, to get to, but just an upgrade. And and mm-hmm. that, for me, is the most frustrating thing. I don't give a shit what name it is. Just do something to make us better, which they haven't done. We need those players that the fan base are like, who the fuck is this guy or why are we signing this person? The so- But when they're gone, you miss them. Um. Like you said, you mentioned Gilberto Silva. No one really knew who he was. No one really rated him that much. Anyone who says at the time that they were rating him, talking bollocks, because the entire time Gilberto Silva, we were linked with pairing Steven Gerrard with Patrick Vieira in the centre of midfield every single summer. People bang on about, oh, Patrick Vieira was, was caught in Real Madrid for four years. Well, we couldn't go... We couldn't go two or three weeks without the newspapers saying, oh, Arsenal are looking at Steven Gerrard and they want to pair him with Patrick Vieira. Gilberto Silva is the one, in my opinion, is the one player from that 2003-2004 squad at that level where you're like, that's the player we need. Because every other player, you can find their qualities in someone else, either in our squad, someone we've had since, someone we could buy. Gilberto Silva is the sort of player, it's like N'Golo Kante. Everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, signed for half a million pound by Leicester. Man's a beast absolute beast anyone would he would walk into any side in the world in my opinion he's one of those players you just rely on another one is Giroud you know he got slaughtered the entire time he was here but name me one player in world football who was better at those kind of one-touch layoffs holding the ball up 
he was exceptional at what he did, but because he wasn't a 30 goal a season striker, people are like, oh, he's shit. But you know what? If we had Giroud right now with the way you've got, you know, Kieran Tierney pinging in the balls, uh, the way we've got, you know, Saka, um, Smith Rowe and Erdegaard sort of holding off the striker. Lacazette kind of does that job a bit, but he's not quite big enough. And it's like I was I mentioned Patino just very briefly before. So he's the sort of player that people are like, OK, we've got to give him games now because we've got no choice. What Patino needs right now more than anything is a couple of good meals and a summer in the gym because he is not ready to play Premier League football. Like the kid's got he silky skills. He shouldn't be ready though, really. No, he really shouldn't. He, no, he shouldn't. But like, was a, there, there is some like, do you remember when Ronaldo first signed for, for, for uh, Man United in seven, 17 year old kid, 18 year old kid? Hey, he was so skinny. Look at him over the last five, six, eight years. He's a beast. And the reason he's done what he did, one of the most underrated things about Thierry Henry was his physical presence. The man was silky and he was rapid, but Thierry Henry was a fucking wardrobe. The man was big and strong, but because of how he played, people forgot how strong he was. And a lot of our more younger technical players at the moment, like that's another thing about Saka. Saka's got a lot of upper body strength for like quite a slim dude. If, if, if he could find a way to gain a bit more, a bit more width, but without sacrificing his speed, that's what's going to take him from world-class level to that, that next level that only three or four players in the last 20 years have reached. Does he have that? Does he have that in his locker? I think he does, but that remains to be seen. So I think, uh, you know, that pressure on some of our younger players now to deliver when what they should be doing is focusing on building those, what I'm going to call the soft skills. They can pass a ball, they can shoot, they've got the football vision, the rest of it. They've got a bit of the positioning, but can they last the 90 minute game? Do they have the endurance? Can they, can they hold off, you know, we don't play them anymore, thank God, but can you hold off um, a challenge from a Ryan Shawcross. Can you can you deal with a Didier Drogba or a Diego Costa sticking their elbow in your face? You know, those are the sorts of things that our younger players need to to develop, and they're not going to get that opportunity because we don't have the squad, because we don't have the players. And basically, the, the more I think about it, the more I think, what the fuck are they doing? And I'm, I, I get angry. At, I get angry at the club because I'm like, I want to trust the process. But how can you trust the process when you've got 13 first team players and you're and players we're supposedly looking at are being signed left, right and centre by other teams? Yeah, that that one. I'll, I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. Um, one of the things that we, we do need to say is we need senior players as well, because yeah. When you're now looking at all the players that have left this window, um, who's the youngest? Callum? <laughs> Safe. <laughs> is that is yeah, that yeah, Marion? Yeah. Is that Shamax number twenty nine? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. So um, you look at the players that have left this window. I think some are like the youngest is probably Callum Chambers, maybe twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. And then you look at the players out of contract: El Nenny, Lacazette, the players. Like I said, not fancied Pepe, Cedric. Those are all the senior players, basically. So the only senior player that would be left would be Xhaka and Thomas Party. So you, you, when you're saying that people are going to try and tax us an extra five to fifteen percent because they know we're desperate, 
we're not going to be buying in that young age range anymore. We have to add some senior players. And That's obviously, what that William comes... was for. Like, I well, think that someone, was the idea. Someone did, that someone was the did, idea. It didn't work. Someone but... sent me a message actually who's watching it who who did say you need to address when you said <laughs> we need bodies. <laughs> they said, <laughs> look at the bodies that we had before Louise, William, Mary, Lacazette. <laughs> <laughs> but but do you see? And I actually um, had mentioned this to Charles Watson on our show, and I, and I, and it's that I've seen, especially over the past <clears throat> three four years, a complete shift in the market over what's valuable. You know, you look at players back in the day, and it was when they were twenty seven ish, twenty eight, when they were in their pump in their prime, and they were like an instant impact player. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, that's when they would move for massive money. But I think what we're seeing now is players moving, and people are spending money on their on their potential, what the, what they could turn out to be worth. And I think that when we're talking about adding experience, I'm not sure whether it's going to be just as expensive as as we think it, it, it might be, because everybody now is obsessed. Every football fan now is a financial expert. Everybody looks at sell-on value and how long the contracts and wage structure and, and structure the deal and everything. And for me, when you look at players in that range of maybe 27 to 29 age range, they're actually not that valuable in terms of their, their transfer market value. It's now when you start to look at players like like Martin Odegaard or Ben White or people in around that age, that that's where you're starting to throw out massive money. So for me, maybe the maybe the rebuild in terms of senior leadership, it isn't so much as the the financial outlay. It's about getting those personalities right again, like we'd mentioned, so we don't hit players like like William or Stefan fucking Lichsteiner and players like that. Well, I mean, I've got to say, I mean, one one thing that we would have been guaranteed un, under Arsene Wenger, at least by now, we would have signed Kim Kallstrom, which would be better than... Be better than absolutely nobody at this point <laughs> you know i uh, i i think that players li- like el nenny again they okay he's got a bad rap and you know i don't think he's ever passed forward in his life and there are issues there but he costs five million quid rob holding cost five million quid there are there are players like uh, uh, I remember that the first time I ever wrote an article for the Arsenal website, and the only reason they let me do it is because everyone being like, oh, my favourite player is Thierry Henry. I grew up loving Dennis Bergkamp. My favourite player when I was a kid was Ray Parler. And the reason I loved Ray Parler, it started out because I, I, I wanted to grow my hair long, and he had long hair, and my mum wouldn't let me. And he's like, but he's got long hair. But it was mostly what I loved about him over the entire time he played for Arsenal was that, he wasn't really flash, but he was dependable. He sort of made you believe if you're if you're average at something, he made you believe that you could achieve more. And you need those average players, you know. And look at Jamie Carragher for Liverpool. You know, he's had more of a career as a pundit than he ever did as a player. But he spent his entire career playing for Liverpool, who at the time were usually like a top four, top five side. And he was a utility player. He just accepted that that was his lot in life. And he just played. If he wanted to, if he was told to play left back, he played left back. If he was holding midfield, right back, centre back, wherever, he just played there. You know, and then you've, James Milner is basically their version of that now. 
where where's our version? Where are our utility players? And uh, for me, it was Callum Chambers. He was a sort of player where could play three or four different positions. Was he exceptional at any of them? No. Did he ever really, truly let you down? Not really. You could never really point at something and say, that guy totally fucked up our season. But you can you could probably point at other players and go, yeah, they, you know, he done fucked up. But this person didn't. And we let go of Chambers. I don't understand really why. And I'm sure there will people out there be like, oh, you know, you don't know shit. The club know what they're doing and the rest of it. They get paid all this money. Well, you know, I'm entitled to ask questions. And my question is, why are we letting useful squad players go whilst at the same time not signing anyone at all? Because, you know, El Nenny, is he amazing? No. Do you want him starting every week? No. But if you need someone to come on for the last 15 minutes of a game to just hold on to a lead, to defend, um, or if one of your players' legs have gone or you've you know suffered an injury, can you depend on him for 15 minutes to just square the ball off, boot it up the pitch and do do the job that he's paid to do? Absolutely. Do you want him? Are you expecting him to be pinging 40 yard crosses? No, not really. He's not your playmaker. He's the guy you depend on the last 10 minutes of a game to make sure that a win doesn't turn into a draw or a draw doesn't turn into a loss. He's he's basically, you know, he's a last he's a sandbag. He's the last line of defense and we'll get rid of him in the summer for no reason. And I know a lot of people will be happy to see the back of him. I would only be happy to see the back of him if we got another sandbag in because you need sandbags. You you need placeholders. You need bench warmers. You need. I was I was funny. I was having a chat with my manager at work to, today and I used the term that you've got people in workplaces and football's no different. You've got people who are comfortable and people who are aspirational and your aspirational people, the ones who want to do better, who want to elevate, who want to take your team further, want to score the goals, want to get you up the league table, want to get you back into Europe, want to win trophies. The hunger's there. And then you've got your comfortable players. The players will come in. They'll do a job. They're dependable. They're never going to be banging on the manager's door demanding, if you don't play me next week, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pushing for a move. If you don't do this, my agent's going to like try and get me a better contract elsewhere. They're just happy to stay at Arsenal stay at whatever club they're at and play when they need to play. We've lost all of those players now. And all we're left with is the bare bones of a really good team, but fuck all to back it up. We've got no foundation. We're, we're just standing on pillars of salt. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a crazy win though. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's quite weird because the way that we've kind of managed the minutes has suggested that that's, what we want to do anyway I, I don't know because we kind of haven't handed out many i mean players like mari and chambers they have hardly got on the bench <laughs> this season to be fair but i think what the issue is 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 the fact that you haven't replaced them them going out was never an issue by the way um even though i do have a big problem with the mari and cedric signing but that's for a different day but them going out isn't actually the issue the issue is the lack of replacement because Clearly, you don't trust them. That's that's fine. You know, these players are not part of your plan. They're not trusted. They hardly get on the bench for the whole season. But you cannot leave yourself so short that, you know, your one issue at centre-back away from having a massive 
centre back crisis. I haven't seen Tomiyasu in any of the training videos or pictures this this winter training session, for example. So you are a, you're starting Cedric. I saw Cedric in that FA Cup game, and I thought I don't want to see this guy playing ever again. You know, and th- those are the types of decisions that make. I've never seen a fan, the Arsenal fan base, this angry. To, if I'm being honest with you, but I've just tried to put it in little compartments and just say, you know what, there's nothing we can do about it as fans. We just have to but, go along for the but ride. But I, th- I think it's because, as well, like I, like I mentioned earlier, is that like I think everybody really has tried to burn a small, small minority. The majority of people really have tried to back. Arteta and Edu uh, as a collective and and people really do try to get behind it and, and when there is something to cling on to people grip onto it and run with it but you can't deny the fact that at any given opportunity that that they have made it really difficult for people to stay on the train with them because I think everybody again before this was getting behind it you know the defeat to Man City um People were saying, "Yeah, but with the performance, the the spirit that we showed in that, the um, the the draw against Liverpool away in the cup, people were saying that the, the spirit was there. We're seeing change, and then now just one small bit of business could have made everybody so much happier, and yet they were just so reluctant to to do it and, and get any deals over the line. And for me, that's just you're sweeping the rug out from under people's feet, and you're again making it really, really difficult for for people to stay on board. And the one thing I will say is that." Man, they're very, very, very fucking lucky that that there's no game until the tenth of February. Because if there was a game up, you know, midweek this week or something like that, the I'd say there'd be a lot of um, um uh, bad atmosphere from the from the home supporters. Yeah, and and backing you up on that, if we lose to Wolves first game back, I mean, we we dropped at eight. Is it what what a seventh or eighth? Is it Wolves are in? So I think we dropped to seventh position, no eighth position, if we lose to Wolves because they'll climb above us. Uh, there's going to be um, <laughs> some trouble ahead if that happens. But yeah, you, you, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, the window's officially closed now, Danny. I don't know if you want to just say something. You haven't said anything for the last hour. <laughs> it's good not to have to talk for a little while. You lot have done absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, little Mike is in there. Right, I'm going to add the uh, the other two to the stream, waiting for Glenn to turn up. We've got Gary and we've got um, uh, Mike in there as well. <clears throat> right. Um, I'm definitely done, leaving now. You've done an hour, Owen, and Fem was planned to do an hour, and Daniel's done three quarters of an hour, so that's very good. So what I need from you three is... Uh, oh, Lily's got a head in the way. Um, I need a rating from minus 10 to plus 10 from each of you, starting with uh, you three. Um, Owen first, what's your, what rating you're going to give it? Fucking minus 11, Danny. Horrible. Minus 11. Excellent. Femi, what are you giving it? It's got to be a minus 10. I've never seen a transfer window for any any club, any big club, especially like this before. Um, Daniel, what are you going to give it? Oh, minus 25 million because you know, talk about him, save wages, isn't it? <laughs> minus 25 million, Jesus Christ. Uh, right, thank you very much. Uh, Cheers, people want to know, Femi, where can people find you on the Twitter, Femi? And do you do podcasting anywhere because you're quite good at it? Yeah, I'm on ABW, <laughs> I'm on ABW doing Excellent. that, and yeah, you can follow me on at Femster82 on Twitter. Excellent, Owen, where can people find you? Um, like my address or 
Yeah, your <laughs> postcode. Yeah. Somewhere um, in Ireland, angry Owen. <laughs> now, you can find uh, me at Owen Young AFC on, on Twitter. And occasionally we, we actually do some podcasts on um, the Gooders podcast. But you should probably subscribe to not another Arsenal podcast. It's much better. Well, um, yeah, it is actually. Uh, Daniel, uh, where can people find you? Or are you still want to be an international man of mystery? I'm still an international man of mystery, Danny. No, it's just you, you, I'm I'm knocking about on Twitter uh, somewhere. One 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 of my many burner accounts. If you're having an argument with someone on Twitter and they've got really bad football opinions, just think to yourself: this could be Daniel. This could be Daniel. So it's probably me. Although I, I don't really want to say who it is because Nick fights says that my voice makes him feel warm inside and I'm worried if I say where I am, he's going to start stalking me. So, <laughs> Well, that or what's happening. I've just asked uh, Daniel or, no, it's asked uh, Jock or James to put you in. Uh, our Nick is in that group. So, oh, uh, shit, he's going to come find me now. <laughs> we'll come and know he's from Norwich. Yeah, he's no, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm um, very humbly and modestly named the Daniel Cowan on Twitter because there was two of us. And he got he he got my uh, handle before I did, so I put the the V in front of it just to be different. Did they ever find the body? No, we f- we follow each other. We have a little chat every now and again, and we reminisce about how awesome it is to be called <laughs> Daniel Cowan. There's a there's a whole there's a whole two of us in the world, and we've got a we've got a group. Well, that's you can that's be a groupie lovely. if you want, Danny. No, I'm trying to quit. I've had my groupie days are uh, long behind me, but my ability to see my feet. Um, <laughs> Right, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. You've all been brilliant. Uh, Femi, and I will speak to you in the group. Daniel, possibly, if Jock or James add you in. And Owen, uh, you're just lovely. Your lovely beard and your lovely Lovely, lovely lovely man. (laughs) Yes. Right, you three can all piss off now. It's just Gary and Mike now, and I'm going to have Glenn. (laughs) See you later. Later, guys. Oh, God, it keeps moving. There he is, the angriest man. Glenn! <laughs> no, Glenn is, you, you You know that promo that Arsenal ran earlier when he was at Len? Len, you know, the, the, the all-time fan that was always positive, that never changed his pants during the, uh, I, I said, like, after the first game, it was like, I'm not going to change this pants or, like, this shirt. And that was the year we went undefeated. That was Len. I believe it was, and it was a big promo. It was a great promo. That's my man, Glenn, this season. He is he is a ray of sunshine, if I do say so myself. <laughs> he's, he's not a not a first of all to snow, and then he's got that. Well, I'll introduce everybody. First of all, top right hand corner, we have Mike Hertz from the Not Enough Arsenal podcast, and occasionally the the Gooners podcast, um, and the horrible team. And we will not have have any horribleness towards Mike here. And <laughs> down the bottom right, we have Gary from Don't uh, at Don't Waste the Tweet, which. He's explained what it means, and he's got a good point, but it's hard to say. And uh, what's the name of your channel, Gary? I I do have my own channel, but I'm a regular. I do. I'm on other channels. The, uh, Arsenal Fan Circle is where I spend most of my time, and the Red Cannon. I have my own show, which typically would run tonight, but we decided with all the nothing going on that we weren't going to have a <laughs> show tonight. So, uh, but Mondays usually is my, my own show. But then I'm on with Ray, Ray and the guys, you know, Sundays and Thursdays. You haven't just wasted best part of eight hours of your life and about three days organising it for absolutely jack shit all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and finally, no. the angriest man in the world of uh, not just Arsenal podcasting, but podcasting in general. It's it's Glenn, the man knee, nipple deep in snow. How are you doing, Glenn? 
<laughs> Thank you for that introduction. Thank you, Mike, for your kind words. You know, what's that thing you wish you could see how others perceive you? I don't perceive myself as angry, but every time I do one of these things, everybody says, there he is, the angry guy from New York. I don't know what to tell you. I've been like, positive all day i don't want to talk about me i, I have a youtube channel glenn AFC new york afc new york i've been waiting for the transfer window to close before i made my next video if you want to check it out that'd be awesome danny you've been doing this for eight hours how uh, the hell did you do that no i don't i'll just i'll just be sat here normally just looking at this shit anyway i mean yeah but you dude you're you're like that adam ant song you don't drink you don't smoke what do you do what, what how are you doing this I've had uh, I've had one wee but nobody noticed. I've, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've brushed my hair but nobody noticed. I've uh, changed my, my socks and nobody noticed. Uh, <laughs> seriously, I get up and I just sit here all day and just watch the world on fire on on Twitter. Normally, I'd have cooked yeah. dinner. Thing is, I've had a, I spent one hundred and fifty eight pound on a Tesco's food delivery, and it's all in the kitchen and it's all in. The, I've got, oh, it's calling me and I want to go in there and eat something. To it. <laughs> I've had three bananas, and I've had a couple of bags of crisps. My tongue hurts so much from all the salty crisps, I can't eat it anymore. Well, I'll tell you this. I got some definite um, thoughts on today, but I'm waiting for you to start it all off. Right. John, uh, you're um, 23 minutes early. Do you want to join us anyway? Just nod or shake it. Hey, another American. They're taking over. It's, it's like hey, uh, 1776 all over again, and this time, you fuckers, I'm going to win. On my own, it's 41. <laughs> I don't know. We've signed, two Amer- we've signed two Americans and no one else. So. <laughs> oh, gee, we've got three, Ameri- three Americans at Arsenal. Did you not ever think you'd see the day? No Guatemalans, Mike, so you're out of this. Did you ever think you'd see the day when Arsenal would have three American players? Two of them are never going to play, <laughs> and one of them would probably be loaned out forever. Oh, this is, this is John... Um, formerly of Miami John, now in Chicago John, and wearing the shirts and hats and pants and socks because he's now freezing all day long. When he could be down in Miami going, wow, it's a bit hot, I think I'll open a window. Open a window there, you'll get frostbite within a minute. How are you, John? Doing uh, well. I'm in a weird mood right now, so I don't Everyone know. is. Yeah, it is. this is the weirdest transfer window I've ever experienced, I think. And hey, that's more- I, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt, John. I don't know, did you guys realize that the Obama Yang deal is completely done. He's it's a done deal. He's gone. Yeah. I, I just saw that. I'm sorry if I I'm sorry to interrupt you, John. No, uh, no you don't I've been talking all day. Here you go. There's a picture of Obama Yang done, deal done. Hey right. look looks, at him. Good. looks good. That's eight, 18 months until he gets the hump about something and then uh loses the captaincy, gets suspended and then um I don't know where he's <laughs> gonna go after that. Maybe back to France again. Let's let's go in order of uh most Horrible. angry and then work our way down from most angry to oh, most person who's going to do it. So, uh, uh, Glenn, you go first. And I, how do you I, feel about the transfer window? And I, we bought no one, nothing. I don't. I don't know how to explain this to you because I was not angry all day. Um, uh, you know, during the summer transfer window, I complained every single day, and I was wrong. Okay, so I don't know if you guys ever heard of a game called trust where you stand up and you have a mate behind you and you're supposed to fall backwards and trust them to catch you. I've been playing that game all fucking day with 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 Arteta and Arsenal. And at the deadline, they dropped me. I hit my head. It exploded. I don't know what to say. So in is our second option now at striker. I think our chances of making a top a run at the fourth spot really went down today. Oh, you're not happy then? No. I played trust all day, and all I got to show for it is a split open head. 
Oh, yeah, that, that that might teach you not to do it. Now, who do I reckon is going to be the next most? I think, John, I think you're going to be next in the line for the in the angry states. How do you feel about the, how it's gone today? Uh, maybe maybe not. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm in a weird mood. I, um, I, I obviously think we needed to sign some kind of a striking backup, and we did it. Um, so our striking situation is, a, is very concerning. Um, with that being said, though, I'm looking – we only we only have the league to focus on, which is what like seventeen games right now. Um, our if our starting eleven can stay fit, we could we could do something. Whether that's enough for top four, that is very you know concerning and and not necessarily hundred percent. I don't know if I'm the most angry one. I was angry before, and then I was kind of like I moved through the gamut of like grief. You know, I moved from denial to bargaining. You know, well, if he does this, or if we sign Holland, I'll get a tattoo. I don't know, like whatever I was bargaining in myself. And then eventually, uh, eventually I got to acceptance, I think. Um, and then I was kind of sitting back and looking at what do we actually have. And, you know, we have a depth issue, that's for sure. You know, we have a depth issue. But I think we have, an, especially, here, here's, let me back up. Let me back up a second. <laughs> I'm looking at the next couple games that we have: Wolves, Brentford, um, Watford. If we can somehow like win those first three games, like the whole kind of well, maybe starts sinking back in, right? You know, because you look at United, you look at Chelsea, you look at all these uh, these other teams. They, they have the FA Cup. They have they have uh, other you know Europa League. So they're in some of them Champions League. They're dealing with a lot of games right now. All we have to do is focus on the league. Uh, someone said no. Who said no? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I think you're talking to me. I thought, <laughs> John, you uh, sound like you're in shock. I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm still like kind of processing everything that just happened. Um, like I said, I don't think I've ever seen a, a window quite like this, where you, you know maybe the one where we only signed uh, Petr Cech when we were the only ones in Europe to not sign an outfield player. Maybe that was the last one that was kind of like really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we tried to sign a striker and it just didn't happen. So I don't know. I don't know. Come back. I I don't know. This is. I'm, I feel weird about it. I don't know if I'm angry. I don't know what this is. This is just like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> I think some people are going to get PTSD for after, after listening to eight hours of this. If anybody has, you poor buggers. I think Gary's going to be the next one because Gary doesn't. It, it looks like he's. Uh, he looks like he's going to be calm, but then he looks like there's a fire, a volcano <laughs> raging inside him, and and someone's going to get chinned if they get in his way. Gary, how do you feel about it? Or you, can you see any positives from this, or is it is it all let's um, let's go down there and protest and burn the place down? Positives from this? There's I don't think there's any positives from this because the the biggest positive for this would be that we're moving towards trying to get top four. I mean, as as somebody who's been a mod on a channel with Glenn on it. <laughs> I I, I I can't get to those levels. I'll, I, I will try. Glenn getting booed up tonight. I can't get to those levels. So you know, now I I at the beginning of this thing, the one thing I said is, what if they do absolutely nothing? Which I was jokingly saying, and you know, probably most people would have been joking when they said it. No way, we got to sit around and do absolutely nothing, not bring anybody in. Yes, we saved all this money. Is that money saved? Because you know what. We spent a lot of money already, and you know what? Some people said, you know what? We're going to have a really, really light January window. Nobody thought this was is going to be this light and nothing going to happen coming in. 
I kind of feel like the team let down their players that they kept. Because if I'm one of those players, I'm like, okay, we've got top four in reach. We win three games in hand or four games in hand that we have. Sorry, three games in hand that we have to, to catch up to everybody else on the table. That's potentially third place. You know, we're then we're in two points of third place with that, you know, and that's that's a plus. But I I don't know what they're doing. I they're playing with fire, they're playing with margins that are always been there. And they've actually said, you know what, we're gonna raise the, the stakes on this. We're gonna say if we can go perfect for the rest of the season, we'll get our get to our goals. And I just based on what I saw in the Nottingham and the Burning Burnley game, there's no mm-hmm. way. We will have to be really lucky not to get any injuries and no more red cards. There's no, <laughs> you know, we can't take a red card, much less two yellows in a, in, a, in a match, right? I think we are playing playing with fire. And I mean, I have a feeling my my script, the way I have this thing script out, Arteta is gonna he's gonna crawl. He's gonna you know it's gonna look like we're gonna get fourth place. We'll probably finish top six, and then he's gonna say it was a good season. Meanwhile getting top four in the next season will be even worse because there'll be even more challengers. I mean, Newcastle kind of gave us a little glimpse of what they might do going forward. And I don't, I don't, that should scare you. You know, they're just teasing it. They're just teasing around. They're just playing around right now with money next season. When the summer comes and they can spend, they're probably going to go out and go crazy, you know, like they should, like they should, if the, if there is money coming in, that's going to be, that's going to be hard for us. But yeah, I, I don't, I'm not. I'm not happy about it. I'm not surprised, which is this, which is the part that I don't like. Is that you know this is the worst that can happen, and guess what? It probably can happen. That's that's where we are right now as a fan base. Think about the worst thing that could happen in a window when you are this close to maybe getting top four, and nothing. And this is what we did. So yeah, I, I'm not angry because I I think I I feel like we've seen we knew this was coming when. They don't surprise us. They always do something out of the blue, right? Last summer, we didn't think anything was going to happen. Bang, six players come in. Three of them are like starters and solid for us, right? Now, all right, we're going to build on this, right? Once again, we're going to build on what we did in the past. Nope, (laughs) we didn't build on it at all. We we basically say, you know what? We're going to throw that book out and do absolutely nothing. We're going to sign off all these contracts here. Whatever money we spent, gone. So, you know, that's, that's my... That's my say. I don't know if that's angry, but uh, that's kind of how I feel. I, I just, I just wish they'd be more open. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like trying to fucking talk. Go ahead. Come, Mike. You, you have your say, and then, uh, oh, then let's begin. Oh, that's what they were talking about, Glenn. That's that's what they were talking about, right there. Okay. <laughs> okay, lads, lads, chat. Serenity now. Serenity now. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give. Look, first and foremost. I would have liked signings. I would have liked a, a center midfielder uh, like like every single fan out there. And yes, we're incredibly light in center and uh, striker. I want to get that out there. I'm going to explain why I believe this is not the end of the world. Okay. On current Lucky. form, or the form that uh, Alba was, I know I'm, I'm going to get dogs of you. <laughs> no, no, no. I want you to go on. I want to hear this argument. I'm in the jury. I'm uh, in the jury right now. I'm listening. Uh, Danny, mute Glenn. Okay, go. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> so here, here's my, my thing, right? We we started off th- the season rough. Uh, we, we tried to, to continue playing Elba into form. It wasn't happening for, for one reason or another. Uh, you, you could say it's the system. You could say he, he lost pace. Mm-hmm. However you want to look at the Aubameyang situation. Didn't we, show up to practice. Ex- 
RxG was horrible, right? Just we weren't creating anything. It, it was just just crap all around. So whatever happens on on a personal level or in professional level between Albemiang and and Arteta, something happened, right? I think we for the most part most fans could agree it wasn't a one time he was late. It it has to be something completely above this guy keeps on being late for for this level of punishment to happen. So, anyways, Aubameyang gets switched out and Lacazette enters. Lacazette is the player that currently, whilst not scoring goals, is the one that has improved our XG and is the, the player, the striker, with his type of striker that he is, that has been getting Smith Rowe involved more, Mart- Martinelli involved more, Sack involved more. He is maybe not in quality, like world class in finishing and everything, like Aubameyang. But he's the type of striker to get people involved. As soon as he came in, our XG skyrocketed. We we saw that uh, was it December? I think it was November, December, where our, we we had like I think Danny, I think you tweeted it once, and it was like five games, or it was like three, three, four games, nineteen, 19 goals in five games. Okay, and then one in the next five, and that was the Lacazette. That that was with a healthy squad and Lacazette in. So here's my my argument, so to say, why we're we're kind of I'm wish cashing for the, for the bright side of things, and people are a little bit more pessimistic, assuming that's our league, that's our campaign over. But my argument is, we have the set of group of players that started everything, the good run of form. Bar Shaka and Parte and Shaka Parte weren't weren't around in January. Um, I also always like to point this out, and I know that this is very unpopular, but three out of those five games were two times Liverpool and one time Manchester City. So it's I, I looked Forest horrible, absolutely horrible. The cup game, if you guys didn't see that cup game and didn't see an absolutely depleted, tired team followed up by a completely horrible depleted powerless team versus Liverpool, just dog tired, just begging for some rest. Look, I, I might be like way overly optimistic here, but every player that left for the most part, mainly Niall was the only player that I was like, shit, he could have still played for us. Danny, I'm sorry if you didn't want cursing. Uh, no, no, you swear what you want. He, he's the only one where I was like, I really wish we could have found a solution, but obviously he played two games. We never saw him again. Chambers completely forgot about him that he existed. Mari forgot that he existed. Like a lot of the players that left weren't ex- weren't part of the team that got I'm going to say fan expectation up because when we finished the transfer window in the summer, if you guys guy if you guys backtrack to that summer, we're we're mid table team at best, we're a tenth place team at best. We're horrible. This isn't. And now look at us. Now, now the expectation got raised up by fans because of where we're at, because of the players. Nobody saw this team and said we're gonna we're gonna finish fourth at the start of the season. I'm gonna say nobody. A good, in my timeline at least, a big chunk of people were like, "We're mid table. We're lucky for eighth. And now because of the how the team is performing. The bar raised itself with the fans, and it's like, that's it. Fourth or nothing. I'm like, well, if you keep on moving the goalposts in life, you're never going to be happy. 
So I'm gutted that we did not get a striker, but I'm going to say like, this is like the most Uber freaking unpopular opinion for me. Like people were asking that question, like Murata or, or nothing. And I'm like, and I put this in, in a group that I'm at, I'll take Murata on loan knowing that it cannot damage us, damage us too much long-term in the next three, six months, whatever it is, versus spending $75 million on Isaac. I think that's short-term-ism. Short -term I think that's fans just really grasping for new, 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 and thinking the solution is always the player that we don't have. And I think that the current squad that we have is good enough, I'm going to say, to at least finish top six. And I'll say that Josh Kroenke was very smart when asked in an interview right before the season started, hey, what was the goal? If you guys could look up that interview. And his his response was, we'll judge when the season's over or something like that. He never gave a specific position in which the club was aiming. So he was smart about that. But honestly, I just think it's Europe. And in my opinion being maybe overly optimistic for some, we're going to finish top six. Uh, last oh, thing I'm going to finish uh, with here, um, Danny, just last thing. Guys, we got to find an in-between between Alba's a horrible person and he's shit, and <laughs> he's a world-class elite striker that could save yeah. us. Because my timeline is absolutely – we could, like – retrospectively like dissect his career but he's not the most horrible human being to exist and he's not the best player to pass by our club and i think that's okay to say and that there's some in between where we don't have to like slander the guy because the way he left or one way or the other or big him up because maybe we currently aren't happy with the club or the manager Okay, I took about oh. about 15 minutes at 30 minute block. <laughs> <laughs> right, before we carry on, uh, adding someone else in who was meant to be here earlier, but something came up. It's it's only FK, hey. the man who, along with me and and five others, invented ABW. <laughs> Without FK, there might not be any a Bergkamp Wonderland. He was there from day one. Stayed for about four to five years, went off, had some kids, and now he's back podcasting <laughs> again. Well, he didn't have the kids, but he helped. Um, podcasting <laughs> again with the Latte Firm, which he uh, copyrighted in about 2008 or something like that. <laughs> How are you doing, FK? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just listening to the uh, very interesting chat. First of all, Danny, eight yeah. hours. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> we used to do uh, these all the time. Gimli would do organise about eight or nine hours worth of shows back to back to back. He'd get bored halfway through and leave us a lot to get on with the rest of it. We'd get too stoned or too drunk to carry on with it. It's, it's a tremendous stint, man. And thanks for having me on. Sorry to gatecrash the party, but. Um... Oh, not at all. What do you think about the uh, transfer window now that it's closed? Yeah. What do you think? Look, if, if I'm being honest, I'm really disappointed. Um, I think you have to separate the exercise that the club are undergoing to, to clear out the squad from this current season. They're two very separate things, right? So, so clearing out the squad, everyone wants to see uh, the more expensive, the older, the, the not-in-line players leave, and Arteta and Edu and co have done that. Lots of troublemakers have, have sort of gone. I don't want to paint Aubameyang as a troublemaker, but just tick on me with that for, for, for a moment. Um but what I'm really struggling to get over is how short it's left us now for the rest of this season. And I think it's criminal. You know, I think to rely on Lacazette and Enketia 
to, to you know to sort of launch us up the table. The slight hopes that we had of top four originally is uh, is just faded. I think they've just thrown the season in Danny. So um, yeah, in conclusion, very 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 disappointed right now. I really hoped that we were going to make a surprise move for someone, even a loan deal, because I think we're so light up top. And we, we went into the window needing a midfielder and a centre forward, and we've come out of the window um, with fewer options in both positions. So that's how I kind of feel. So I mean, for me, I, you know, I, the gentleman before me was talking about outside chances of finishing top six, and you know, may, maybe slight progression. Uh, for me, I think we're in trouble and I think it's going to be a very, very long second half of the season. It is indeed. Glenn, you've uh, you've held yourself back. for. I've gone in order. Luckily, FK come in last because he's, he's, he's very reasonable. Glenn, uh, who do you want to shout or scream at? Right, no, or... Here's my deal. Be, because be nice I've, to me, Glenn. I have common ground with you, Mike, and I will be nice to you because I hear a bunch of kids in the background every time you talk. So I'm not going to say anything horrible. Um, look, here, here's my deal, okay? Uh, nobody can badmouth Aubameyang because we don't know what the hell he did. We know he was a day late, okay? We know, we know, we know that he tried to defend himself, and that pissed off Arteta, and that was the last that we heard of it, okay? We don't know what the hell he did. And I think as fans, we deserve to know why Enkedia is that second striker instead of a Aubameyang. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I think any rational fan would rather have a Aubameyang unless he sold Arteta's daughter, you know, as the second option. Then, well, I don't know what he did, Mike. I don't know what he did. So I would like to know. Why are Chant Chambers gone? At first, I was like, okay, I, I rate him as maybe a squad player, but fine. And we didn't get anybody. Now we're even thinner. My God. I wish I could be as positive as you, Mike. And we do have common ground. But we we came out of the transfer window worse than when we went into it. What did he do? What did he do? And and he's not even touching the surface. He's still got a lot more to go, right, Glenn? Yeah. I, uh, you're holding back, man. You're I'm holding talking, back. Oh, Graham's here. Now i got to behave myself. Hey, Graham. <laughs> hey, Graham. Hi, guys. Hello, Graham. Right. We're How trying to make some kind of sense of it. Uh, we're ranging from, you know, it's probably for the best long term to, where's my pitchfork? I want some napalm. Point me in the direction of N5. I'm, I'm not taking any prisoners. How do you see it all, Graham? And thanks for joining us. Yeah, evening, guys. Yeah, um, I think it looks like to me we're taking a massive risk, guys, uh, with uh, letting Aubameyang go um, out on loan. Oh, no, it's not on loan, is it? It's a permanent deal. Mm. What worries me is that we're now pinning our hopes on two strikers who've scored two goals between them and open play this season. Uh, I understood the rationale about possibly... Uh, moving him on because it does seem to me like the bridges are burned between him and Arteta. So that doesn't surprise me. But what has been particularly uh, strange to me is that, OK, they didn't get their two main targets, but they didn't have a loan deal signed up. I would have thought a loan striker for the end of the season, something to come in, made sense. Um, he hasn't gone down that route. And I think it's a massive risk and he's putting tremendous responsibility on these young players. And I think, you know, we've only 17 outfield players now for the rest of the season. It looks to me we've let six players go, I think, five or six players go, albeit they've only played something like 250 minutes of football since September. They were there if we needed them. Uh, and I think this is a massive risk by 
Arteta. I think I always thought top four was always uh, going to be hard to achieve because, you know, I, I think um, I don't think we got the fourth best squad in the league, but we put ourselves in a position where we've got a chance to get there. And it does smack to me this almost like 2-15-16 where we missed a chance to win the league that year when all the top clubs uh, messed up, didn't they? Uh, and now we're going to miss possible chance of getting top four when all the top clubs have uh, fucked up again, excuse my language. So, um, you know, I, I, I just think that letting Elba go today, I knew it was going to happen and I, uh, and I just think it's a massive risk, Danny, going in with just two strikers, both in the last six months of their deal. I think you can't blame the regime too much for this because I think it's partly on the old guard that they're in this position with these contracts. But they could have done something a bit smarter, I think, and maybe you had a uh, a loan deal lined up uh, if Aubameyang was indeed going out the door. Well, that's uh, another voice of reason. It's uh, quite a, a, a varied number of uh, opinions here. John, you've been very quiet. You've usually got some wise words to say. I hadn't planned on having uh, one, two, three, six of you here, but it's the last show of the night. It might as well. Everyone put your feet up, uh, put the cat out, have a cup of coffee and, uh, and, and join in. So what's your thoughts, John? So, like I said, it's weird, but the way I've kind of come down on it is that I would rather, and this could, and, and honestly, with, with a situation like this, it's always going to be looked at in retrospect, right? You're, it, we're always going to look back. The only way we're ever going to adequately assess what whether this was the right decision or, or whatever, be it because we're in the circumstances we're in or because of the decisions that we made, is when we look at the summer and then next season and what happens then. And then we can look back at, at this time and say, okay, this was right, this was wrong, this was dumb, this was not. It's hard, like, in the thick of it to kind of make an adequate assessment of exactly what, which is why I said it's weird. It's kind of hard to formulate it. But for me, for me, um, I would rather, I would rather, if there's some bigger plan in the summer and there is a lot of evidence to suggest that we're clearing for something. If, if we're, let me put it this way. If we're not clearing for something, this makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. The only way that you can rationalize or put any kind of logic behind the moves that we've made selling people for free, this fire sale that we've had at this club during this transfer window, is if they're preparing something in the summer. And and, and I'm saying that because if there is a long-term plan to put in particular players that Arteta wants and that the ownership is backing him to do that for right or wrong, I think that um, that I would rather, ha and I think might call it short-termism. I would rather that we are able to maximize that than to buy a player that's not going to necessarily fit, or that we're going to panic and buy with only 17 games left for for an equally difficult position of of getting top four, which is not necessarily guaranteed anyway. Um, so. I'm upset because I really do think top four was something that we can get. And I'm with Graham on that, that, you know, it, it looks like one of those 2015 situations again, where if Giroud just didn't go 10 games or 20 games without <laughs> scoring and we just signed a striker, which everyone was screaming for, um, that would be fine. It's kind of weird that the, the, the parallel between that. But again, if I'm looking at the long term here, we've thinned out the squad. Our wage bill is beyond, un, beyond underinflated. Now it's, very, very manageable. I think that there's a lot of positions that we can make. And I'm, I'm saying all of this with the caveat that we actually do something in the summer. If we can't do it, there's no more excuses there. Now we just have a depleted squad and we're not buying anyone, which doesn't make any sense. So again, it's going to, I think that in order to adequately assess whether we are in a position that's 
positive or negative now is going to depend in retrospect based on what we do in the summer and, and how next season pans out. So I know that's really hard to hear because we still have 17 games left. We still have to struggle through all this, but that's kind of where I'm coming out on it. So I don't know if that's, if that's wise words for you that you were looking for, but that's just kind of how I'm feeling. About it. May, may I have 10 seconds? Cause I want to ask John something. Cause I wish I could be in the place that John is in right now. Um, what what the heck did Arteta tease us for telling us we know what we need, all right, as the window came up? And what the fuck was he doing in Los Angeles with the Cronkies looking like he was at the fucking kids' table of Thanksgiving or something? What the fuck was he doing with them? I mean, not yeah, buying I mean, players. I think you might have to ask him that. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, Super Bowl it, tickets. It's just, it's just like, I don't, have, I don't know how you cannot have expected Arsenal to do something, John. That's all I'm asking. And I'm not I never, so, wait, Hold on, wait. I don't, I don't, respectfully, I don't think I said I didn't expect them to do anything. Uh, I think that we needed to do something. I expected at least some kind of a loan in the striker position, especially if, if Aubameyang leaving was a possibility. But, um, like what I'm my ultimate point here is that I think if you if you look at this bigger picture of what we might be trying to do next summer, given all the movement out. So so there's kind of two there's kind of two stories here. There's the we didn't sign anyone story, and there's the we got rid of everyone story. And those are both <laughs> real things, right? And so the we didn't sign anyone that that doesn't make any sense unless we the unless it just wasn't the right player and that there was uh, positioning in place for the second story, which was we got rid of everyone in, in place for something in the next summer. And that's where it makes sense to me. I'm not saying, and th- let me rephrase, that's the only way it makes sense to me. Okay. Not that it makes sense in and of itself and that we shouldn't have signed someone because I think top four was a legitimate thing that we could have pushed for. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot by not maximizing that, by not getting a striker signing or a midfield uh, backup or something like that. So thank you I'm for like, clearing that up for me. Thank you. You're welcome. Can, can I jump in Danny? Yeah. Yeah. Just well, your, your half hour is up, but yeah. you, you might as well carry on. <laughs> go on, go on, go on say as, as as, because we're, we're speaking about the top four race a lot. Um, and so I just out of curiosity, like I, I'm looking at the table right now. West Ham, to my knowledge, I, I can't come up with anybody significant that they they purchase. Manchester United, if any their anything, their attack just got weaker with um, the situation off the field. One of their players are facing. Nicely put, thank you. Okay, Wolves, um, they're not. I'm, I'm to my knowledge, we're not considering them a threat. Um, if you want to consider Adama Trao a a, a downfall for them. Sure, I, I don't rate the player, but then you got Spurs who bought Kluweski and a player that floated around that I saw a bunch of people, at least on my end with Arsenal fan base, not interested. And who else did they get? Did they buy anybody else other than that? Benteke. Did they? Did they sign? Okay, Benteke. I'll go on record and say I, I rate him. Um, but other than that, can I mean we're we're kind of. All the teams, other than Spurs, at this point, were kind of all in the same mix. Like yeah, there wasn't Mike, a that, massive. That's, Mike, that's the <clears throat> that's the that's the reservation that I have with the whole thing. That irrespective of what the other guys have done, we had a chance. We had a very outside, very slim chance of getting into the Champions League, which we've now diminished because we've gotten rid of the club captain and someone who could have helped. And now to rely on Lacazette and Nketiah for the last seventeen games. Even though the other clubs, you know, United with with the player who's been taken out, West Ham didn't quite get who they wanted. Tottenham are dangerous. I hate to say it, 
Antonio Conte is a very, very good coach. Um, and these two players will make a big difference, I'm sure. But that's what's frustrating even more, um, that we should really have strengthened because we could have just gone for broke. We could have just really have, you know, pushed the boat out. The difficulty that I've gotten, you know, I think it's John, you were talking about the bigger picture, the long-term picture, all very valid, all very noble, my man. And I, I buy into a lot of that. That was my opening statement, right? You know, we have to distinguish the two things here. The build of the, the squad in the long term, that's one project. And we should be very pleased that certain players have left the squad, left the building. Mm -hmm. But I think now we've jeopardized our chances, not only of the Champions League, but if we don't get into the Europa League, like, I mean... I'm 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 terrified because Lacazette. We know his ceiling. We know his limitations. We know he's not going to last seventeen ninety minutes. In Ketia, they may you know respectfully to anybody who 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 likes him. I I don't have faith in his ability, and I don't think he's the guy. And Graham put it quite quite nicely. You know, two goals between them in open play this season. I mean that's. That's appalling numbers, and so you know where does the where does the confidence come from for this season? And that's my biggest disappointment. It feels to me like, for the benefit of the long term, we've just thrown this campaign. When actually, given that the that our rivals didn't really strengthen, and, and and Spurs are the only exception to that, we had a real chance to really go for broke with the top four race. And it feels like we've just taken a step back. And look. Maybe Arsenal will go on a super run. Maybe Mikel Arteta will get the best out of Inketia. Maybe Lacazette will, will play 17, 90 minutes and, and score goals from open play and really get us the points that we need. It's all possible, of course. But I just feel that it's, it just feels like we've taken maybe a step forward to get rid of someone like Aubameyang, but like four steps back. And that's my biggest frustration. Can I just really yeah. quick on that? Um, I, great, great points. I, I think that... One of the, if you remember, the first thing that Arteta said when he came to this club was that he wanted to change the culture here. Um, and so, and I mentioned there's kind of two stories here. There's the, that we sold a bunch of players and that also that we've uh, didn't sign anyone. And within the selling a bunch of players, uh, I think I kind of left out that there's also this, there's also that aspect of it that we're trying to build a culture. And if you look at it just from that lens, uh, it starts making a little bit more sense what we've done potentially move move wise and this is a very young squad so if you're sitting there kind of scratching your head going i can't why did we get rid of Aubameyang? i mean i think there's a very valid reason why he was training alone why he they were they were isolating him and kind of quarantining him you know just to use a kind of term that we're all familiar with by now um from the rest of the squad uh and it might be for that reason and we've seen We've seen something going on with the squad from a mentality perspective with all these young players. Um, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much other than to just say uh, I think that there's that that's another aspect of it, that this notion of, of, of changing the mentality of the squad, of the dressing room, of what it means to play for Arsenal uh, and kind of non-negotiables, whatever you want to call it. And, and, and that, might be, that might be more important to this ownership and this manager than maybe the short term of, of finishing fourth versus sixth especially if he knows that he's going to be able to get back in some hope, you know, it's just maybe <laughs> who knows. Anyway. Right. Um, so uh, I want Gary to have a final say, and then we'll say goodbye to uh, Glenn, Mike and Gary, because you've done more than half an hour, which is very generous. So Gary, what have you got to say? Yeah, I had, uh, I guess I had two things, but I'll try and go as fast as I can here. You can uh, have a few minutes. Yeah. So 
when I look at what we did in this window, I kind of feel like this is we've seen this before. This this to me is we're playing against Nottingham. We're down a goal. We look at our bench. We've got two seniors players that are defenders, and then we've got like three young players that are offensive, you know, attacking threats that we may be able to use. And guess what we do? We go defensive. Why? Why? This is what we just did. We kind of just took any kind of uh, pressure that we could put on a team. We just took it off and basically just gave up. That's what we. That's what I kind of feel like we did with this window. We had an opportunity if we want to try to get better odds in terms of getting a top four placing, and we kind of said, "Now we're going to go with what we got and and play kind of defense for no, you know, defense for the for for this case would just be you know getting rid of these players. Some of them we just ripped up their contracts, and I kind of feel like. It's a uh, for me an opportunity lost. Um, this is uh, we've seen this multiple times in games. You know we have an opportunity to put a lot of pressure on a team, and we kind of take our foot off the neck and get you know and let them back into the game. And sometimes we pay for it, and sometimes we don't. But this is what this window to me shows is that we we won't just go for it sometimes when we need to. And that's you know I think as fans that's what we want, right? If we see uh, an, an advantage on a on a team. We should go take advantage of it before they really before they make a change. And luckily, you know, luckily, you know, like you said, some of the teams that we have to compete with have not strengthened. But I feel like we probably could have because we did get rid of some players. We did save some salary at the least. So a loan wasn't going to be an issue. Right. A loan wasn't going to be an issue if we're for, for the money that we saved. So I kind of felt like we kind of let one go. And, you know, hopefully we get there. But I feel like everything has to be perfect. No injuries, no cards, masterclass from our manager. Any subs that come in, they're going to give us those type of games that we got from Maitland Niles and uh, Chambers in their last games for Arsenal. If you think about them, they both were really good games that they played for us, and then we never saw them again. And then we may not see him again. So that's where I'm at with that. So that's my kind of uh, you know thinking on the uh, the windows. The other thing is our our transfer window business takes forever. I always thought we needed 10 players coming into this window, you know, for us to be where we want to be. If we're talking about competing in Champions League because we need depth and we still need, I think, two or three more starters, you know, on, on the team, you know. But I don't see how we're going to get there. We Hopefully we can get starters in the summer window, right? I think we need starters and the two starters, I think. I think we need a defensive midfielder and I think we need uh, a striker at least at the least. And we need to strengthen our bench once again. We've the bench has been weak for many, many years. It's we're back there again. Hopefully these young players pan out. But I just, you know, if you just look at any teams that we are competing against, they don't have five and six and seven players under 22 that are producing for them consistently. That just doesn't work. So I don't think that's a that's a long term goal. I mean Arsenal is set up for three to five years from now. But right now we need we need some more senior players to, to get us where we want to be. And that's I think that's going to hold us back a little bit and slow things down and kind of put a lot of stress on us as fans. Um, so those are my two points. Um, you know, I'll let you guys, uh, you know, respond to that. But that's kind of how I feel about where we are right now. I think we like I said, I think we just took our we had an opportunity to put our foot on the neck and maybe put a little bit more pressure. And we didn't. Right. Um, Gary, tell people where they can find you. And yep. uh, thank you very much for coming on. 
Yep. So I am a regular, like I said, on uh, Arsenal Fan Circle, Sundays and uh, Thursdays. I uh, have my own show on the Red Cannon, which I do on Mondays. Typically, it would be going on about in like half an hour. But today, we decided to take a break with uh, mm. the window being kind of, uh, you know, empty and <laughs> not much to talk about. So I was lucky to get able to get on here and talk with Danny. So I appreciate that. I've been trying to get on a, you know, I had an opportunity to get on last night, but I missed the, I missed the call. So yeah. I was lucky to get on here, but thank you for having me, Danny, Mike, yeah. FK, John, Glenn, and Graham. It's good to be on with you guys. Nice to meet you, Gary. Yes. Nice meeting you. Cheers, Gary. Nice See you later. You. Cheers, Gary. See you guys. Yep. All right, Mike, uh, tell people where they can find you before you go. Uh, on Twitter, my personal account is MikeHersFC, and I feature on the Gunners podcast with Mike, Andy, Owen, and Jared, uh, all top blokes. Unfortunately, I missed FK la- uh, a few weeks ago, unfortunately. And then I also run a once-weekly podcast called Not Another Arsenal Podcast with uh, a bunch of Americans at a really weird hour that we record like at 7 p.m. here in California where I'm at. So it's like if you're ever up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning in the U.K., Tune in. <laughs> ah, I will do. All right. Cheers, Mike. Um, brilliant as there always, and I'll speak Mike. to you later. Glenn, um, I thought it was only fair to let you have uh, one, one more say before you go, because I can see uh, okay, you're building okay. up well, well, you. Well, What well, do you want to say? I'm, gl- I'm Glenn, AFC New York. I have a YouTube channel. If you want to check it out, awesome. Um, I'm not, um, I'd rather use my 15 seconds to say that Arteta is in the same fucking boat that he was in before the transfer window opened it look when this season started i was i thought for sure he was the wrong man but that transfer window in the summer my god i was wrong publicly every day in the summer i was wrong so i gave him another chance europa league or i'm back on that arteta outside i'm telling you right now and that was longer than 15 seconds but i don't give a shit (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, Glenn, I've just had someone in the ABW WhatsApp group say, I fucking love that, Glenn. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I, I, look, I, I know I piss some people off, too, but I, I, I'm like you guys. I just speak what I feel, you know? So, well, never change, man. Thank you very much um, for coming on, Glenn. You, you always you brighten my day when I speak to you. And uh, check your WhatsApp more often. I'm getting fed up. I'm sending you a message and I don't get a reply for a month. I know. I'm terrible. Um, I've downloaded the first two episodes of Yellowstone. <laughs> you keep bugging hey, me to Graham, download Graham, it. Graham's here to class everything up, so I'm going to leave. He will do. will all be good. <laughs> Cheers, Glenn. See you later. Right, there you go. Now we're back to the, 11th, no, the 11.30 show. Only 18 minutes late. So, Graham, <sighs> what do you think of that lot, then? <laughs> Well, I, I know Glenn quite well, so uh, he's a great guy, isn't he? I, 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 so, yeah, uh, I haven't met FK before, but I've seen him on various pods, and obviously I know John, so yeah. it's nice to be on with you, you guys. Um, just one thing I, th- I was thinking, right, tonight, I just wonder how the stock of Nicolas Pepe is rising on the back of what's been going on at the moment, because it could be that he suddenly gets an opportunity to play more forward, I think, Uh Certainly, if we get injuries, they have no choice, will they? Just wondering what you guys think of that. Where Pretty Pepe funny. sits in the grand grand scheme of things now. Yeah, and he had a great he had a great uh, couple of seasons too. Yeah, he was yeah. great. Uh, so maybe you know we're talking about center forwards here, and that people have for thought maybe Pepe could be the one there. So FK, what do you think? Look, um, I think you know towards the end of last season, he had four or five games in the team when I thought, ah, you know what, Arteta's getting on with him. I thought Pepe had won him over. <clears throat> but then it was quite clear to see that Saka was always going to be our right-sided forward player, right? And Martinelli's burst onto the scene 
and really nailed down that left side. So the option now is Pepe, if he's going to play, he's got to play up top. Um, I don't think I've seen him play up top before. I don't know what sort of a, a player he's going to be in that position. I don't know if he can lead the line or if he can you know, link up players as well as we'd like someone to. But of all the criticism, we know that he has got a finish in him. So if the system can be worked to play to Pepe's strengths, then yeah, maybe he's an option. I mean, for me, I think Lacazette starts all day long because of his link-up play and just generally his his sort of uh, reputation in the squad. But, you know, Pepe, Arteta really has to get the best out of him and he's got to reintegrate him back into the team. And if he's had a good AFCON, that's only good for us. It's only good for him. I've seen the pictures where he's sort of training with the players in Dubai now. So, um, you know, maybe maybe he does get that chance. And, you know, the pressure's on on Nico Pepe. You know, it's all good now us talking about it and, and Arteta giving him that chance. But if Pepe gets minutes on the pitch, he's got to make them count. Um, there's no doubting his natural talent. I've never doubted that. I just, I just doubt his application, you know, his intelligence on and off the ball, his desire to want to play. Like, he's naturally very, very gifted but he needs to do a lot more with and without the ball. Graham, uh, Stu has put in the chat, um, you're a tactical man, Saka left wing, Martinelli striker, Pepe right wing. Uh, is is Martinelli ready to be a striker in the Arteta formations? I, look, uh, I think where he plays at the moment is where he's his best position on the left-hand side. We've seen it already. Um I don't think he's got the ability to hold the ball up. He played century in a game last season. I didn't think it worked for him. But obviously, um, that was just one game. So, but I do feel his best position is out wide, where he can he can sort of run in. He can come short and run in behind, and he can. He's got the pace, hasn't he, in those areas to be uh, good as an inside forward. I think that's his strength. He has played down the middle in Europa League. Uh, in the Premier League, he struggled to hold the ball up. He doesn't do it as well as Lacazette. It is an option, of course, and later in games, they do flip to that when he makes substitutions. Martinelli comes more central, so there's always an option when he's on the pitch. I mean, I just wonder if there's an op- opportunity to get him close or get two players closer together down the middle, but I don't think that seems to suit the way Arteta wants to play. He wants to play Saka's better on the right, uh, Martinelli's better on the left, um, and then Odegaard is either playing 10 or number eight in the half space on the right side and Smith Rowe on the left-hand side. I think the more likely thing is that Smith Rowe could go left and Martinelli could come more central, I think, to come make two forwards down the middle rather than being a lone striker down the middle. But I I, I haven't seen him work uh, in a, when he's played as a central striker. Uh, Danny, that's the answer to that question. I'm not saying it can't be tried, and it, may, it might have to be tried, because I think, you know, when you're down to the bare bones, 17 outfield players, and you've only got two players on the pitch who uh, up front who don't score goals, you might have to try something different. Um, that's why I think probably Pepe might get a shout there. Uh, as FK said, that, um, OK, um, he, you know, he, 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 I don't think it's necessarily his lack of application, I think it's, in my mind, I don't think he suits the way that Arteta wants the team to play. And I think when he's on that right-hand side, uh, I think he can't go both ways like Saka. You know, he has to come inside. I think he had some success last season when he played on the left. Um, but I think he's a goal scorer. Uh, and I think it'd be interesting to, to look at his numbers over the last two seasons. I think he's come second uh, in our goal scoring charts. I'm, you know, I can't. I've got the numbers to hand, but I'm pretty sure he's 
he's up there in goals in goals scored for the club uh, when he's played him. But uh, in answer to the guy's question, uh, Martinelli's I prefer Martinelli in that position he plays at the moment on the left hand side. I hope to think that we stick with that because that's uh, the part of the team that's working for me. When he's on that side because he he presses well on that position. Uh, he's able to come short, running behind. His work rate, whereas if you move him down middle, he's got to play with his back to goal, which I don't think he's as, uh, as good at as, say, Lacazette. Um, does anyone know, Ray Anderson in sunny Jamaica says, did Pepe play a uh, striker in the AFCON? I didn't watch any of the games. No one's answered his question, so if anybody knows, um, I watched. I think I watched one of them when he was playing on the right side of a front three, possibly. Yeah. 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 He yeah. got two goals and an assist, so he was, you know, he, he was putting in shifts. Um and and I think that it's a question of whether he'll play center forward or maybe on the right if Saka needs a rest because um, I don't know if he's going to play 17 games in a row. No, I, I think he's, he's better, uh, John, when he plays in a counter-attacking team. Uh, oh, I think yeah. that's the problem. When he plays when he plays on the right-hand side, he, he has to hold the touchline out wide. Um, I think more often than not, uh, he, you know, he, he's, he's, he's out wide and I don't think, you know, he's... I just don't think he's as effective there as when he... He, he needs to be sort of like running, you know, running with the ball from deep positions, attacking defenders, I think, rather than being stuck out wide. That's what he had a lot of his success for in the French League, albeit only one season. But I don't think we've seen the best of him because I don't think he suits the way Arteta wants to play in this sort of like structured build-up, the way Arteta builds up. Which is a bit of a shame. Lovely message there from Charlotte. Thanks for the long stream today. ABW is one of my favourite podcasts and I listen on Spotify. I really appreciate the effort today. You kept me so oh, kept me sane. Couldn't have done it. After eight hours of my own, could never have done it. Thanks to all the 30 people that have all turned up and all been absolutely brilliant. Um, FK, what do you think the future of the tactics of the, 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 the band of merry men that he's got left at the club? Do you think it's going to be the same that we did in that run of 19 games in five games, 19 goals in five games? Do you think he's going to be able to recapture that form with a fully fit squad? Because the next five games, we scored one goal against very tough opposition in, in two of the games. But are you convinced? Do you think it's going to be all over? Yeah, it's impossible to say, isn't it, Dan? I mean, um, I really want him to do well and I really want him to take this group of players, get the most out of them, get into, you know, ideally the Champions League, but if not, you know, the Europa League spot. Um, Will he do it? I'm not sure. I just think we're too short. And I know we've only got a game a week or a game every 10 days, 17 games to go, but the Premier League we know, mate, is ruthless. And if you aren't at it, you know, you look at our be- the number of times I've looked at our bench this season in games thinking, what are the options? Who's coming off that bench to make a change? Because there have been games where in-game we start off and we start off really poorly and you think, well, a change will solve it. You know, bar that, you know, Graham mentioned Erdegaard playing in the in the sort of half spaces at, at number 10, Saka out wide, Marcel, you know, ESR is probably the, all the depth that we've got. You look at central midfield, down to the bare bones, defensively, Right back, no cover for Tommy Asu. We're in trouble whenever he's out. Lacazette, when he, when he, you know, as and when he, he misses games or he needs a rest, Inketi is your option. Perhaps Martinelli will, will play up top and Pepe gets a, gets a stint out wide. But I just think we're going to fall short. I think our squad is just too short. I, th- I think I said it a few minutes ago, mate, that we went into this window in desperate need of a central midfielder and a centre forward. And we've come out of the window with, 
you know, fewer fewer players in each of those positions. So that's what I'm terrified about. So I, I'm not sure, mate. But I really want him to do it. I just, FK, can I just can I just come in there and say it's a great point you make about central midfield. I think this is where the season, when you look back on the season, where we probably fell short. I think it's the way that they looked at central midfield before the season started. Do you remember that? Ed, do you remember that Edu interview where he turned around and said we? Uh, Jacka and Party was going to be our central midfield for this season. And he didn't want to disturb that partnership. That's why they only yeah. brought in Lakonga. We all knew that the central midfield was our weak area. First of all, we needed to move on from Granite Jacker. And even they were thinking of doing that because he was being linked with Roma. Yeah. Um, and we needed someone to play alongside Party. We also needed another central midfielder because central midfield is where we're weak. There's no backup in central midfield. And that's yeah. where the season has unraveled over the last month because We've, uh, to think that we could go in a season and rely on Jacker, whose discipline uh, has always been an issue with him, so he's always going to get suspended, and Partey, who was injury-prone going into the season, to think that you could get through a Premier League season with those two playing in central midfield and not have a quality backup, uh, or at least someone to come in and compete with them. If you look at all the other top teams, look who Chelsea bring off the bench when they haven't got their first-choice midfield two. I don't think they got a first-choice midfield two. They've probably got three players they could use in those two positions at least. And they've got Loftus-Cheek as well they can also use there. Look at what Liverpool got in central midfield. Even when they were out the other night, the options they had to come in as their third central midfielder. And look at what uh, Man City have got, where they've got untold riches all over the pitch. But I'm just saying that was the... That was the policy of the club, to go with just Jacker and Partey. And that is a huge risk. A bit like it's a huge risk now to, to go with these two forwards. And that's the other point I wanted to make, Danny, is that look back to last season, uh, the, uh, the end of last season, they both knew coming into this final season that Lacazette and Nketiah were in their last year of their contracts. That was the time when they should have been trying to move them on. And they wanted to move Lacazette on, didn't they? Because uh, we would have been linked with Tammy Abraham, weren't we, pre-season? Yeah. Oh, uh, and that's, that is the deal we wanted. Uh, but Lacazette, they put these players on such good wages, Nketiah and Lacazette, that they basically didn't want to bugger off, did they? They wanted to stay, and you can't blame them for that. But so that goes back to the previous regime, the deals that we gave. If you think back to Gazidis and Benga, the players we brought in at the back end of their reign, the wages we put them on, the Ozil deal, the 350 grand a week that uh, cash-strapped the club, all these all the problems we're now having, I think, go back even before Edu and Arteta. And I know Edu and Arteta, I like FK, I want them to succeed really badly. And I think they did do some good things in the window at the start of the season. But they had so much to put right that we're probably always going to be struggling to put all this right in these two windows. And, you know, they've got £29 million off uh, Aubameyang's wages off the books. And I think it was uh, John, wasn't it? Or might have been FK, I can't remember who was saying it. We've now positioned ourselves... Hopefully, I think, yeah, John said it. They must be positioning themselves for this summer to go out and get the, that striker. They must be. But I think it comes at the probable sacrifice of probably knowing that we're probably not going to get top four. Um, and But just but, just on that, Graham, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but the point yeah. there is, I mean, look, there's a lot of faith being put into the fact that, yeah, we're saving up for the summer, keeping the powder dry. Do you remember that phrase? Um, yeah, yeah, saving up for the summer. We want to get someone big, but if we don't get Europa League football, yeah, that's it. Risk now because of our lack of depth. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm dreaming here, but you've obviously got the likes of Haaland and Mbappe and Isaac, and all these guys are going to be up. Well, the first two are going to be on free transfers. So you yeah. think if 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 Arsenal could have somehow managed to have fluked to Champions League spot, all of a sudden you're talking 
you're an attractive proposition for these top players because you're London, you're a big club, you're in the Champions League. I mean, what more could you want? And you've well, not for Haaland. Not for Haaland. We'll never be an attractive for Haaland. He's going to either Man City or. Oh, no, no, no. Well, but, uh, I mean, yeah. just, just sort of, just go with me in in terms of like the pull. You know, if we were in the yeah, Champions yeah. League, we're a London club, and if yeah. we had all the wages off our books, we can throw what we want at any player. But yeah. if we don't have European football because we've shot ourselves in the foot with a view on that long term picture, then they're not going to want to come. I mean, no. why is why would Isaac want to come to Arsenal if we're not even in Euro, you know the Europa League? Um, I, it, ah, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so gutted. I'm so. It sorry. hurts me seeing you being gutted. Okay, a man of so much positivity over here, John. How do you feel about it? I mean, we've got to go in a minute because uh, it, it's late for you. It's mid. It's tomorrow now. Yesterday <laughs> is is yesterday, and it's all forgotten. The next transfer window is uh, in June the first. I think it will be. John John's leaning over to one side, holding his head for people at home and in the bath. John, what have you uh, got to say? Yeah, I think I think both Graham and FK make good points, and uh, I I tend to agree. I don't. I'm looking at the squad now. I'm looking at what the sides around us have done. I don't know if it's time to start ringing the alarm bells about missing out on Europa League, maybe Champions League. Uh, I I still see I still see that uh, that Europa League spot well within our abilities right now. Um, you know, but that's right now. I mean, we're one two injuries away from not even being able to put up a good side against teams that we should be beating left and right. So that's a very precarious situation to be in as well. And it, let's put it this way: all of all of this notion of putting, you know, hopefully we can do something in the summer and that it's all rationalization to make sense of what we're doing now. And, and that's kind of go, circles back to my original point that it really is the only way to make sense of what we're doing now, because otherwise it makes absolutely no sense. And and then as FK and Graham have pointed out, there, there's a possibility that there's an argument that even with the summer in mind, it still doesn't make sense given what where we are right now. And I'm, I don't want to put arguments in the ownership's mouth. I think they need to come out and, ex and explain themselves one way or another. I'd like that, by the way. Um, but it, it's definitely not an ideal situation to be in right now. That could change in the summer. That could change in the summer, but I don't think you get around the universal truth that we're not in an ideal position for top four, potentially top six right now. And that's can I just ask? Can I just ask everyone, Danny? Where yeah. did you think Arsenal were going to finish this season? Before the season started, if do people agree with me that we all thought that top four was going to be Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man United, didn't we? Did we? Our expectations for me were fifth or sixth Europa yeah. League. That's what. Yeah. That's what I think. Do you agree with that? So if we yeah. if we achieve that, then is that then a good season for you guys? Yeah, but but I, I agree with you, Graham. At the start of the season, I thought to myself. If we can get fifth or sixth, that's going to be a, 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 a decent cup run. Of course, that hasn't worked out. Then, you know, then that'd be great. But football's an evolving game. You know, every week tells its own story. And 21 games now in, two points off fourth or whatever, where, whatever it was, wherever we were, you know, last weekend. And that's, that's when I think, OK, well, you're allowed to revise your prediction of the season because of the way things are going and one of the gents made a really fantastic point that you're going up against United, West Ham a couple of other clubs for that for that fourth spot United have just become weaker West Ham couldn't get who they wanted to and West Ham, they, they haven't got the depth, we know that they haven't they, you know, they haven't got the, the know-how uh, either of, of sustaining such a challenge and it was just a missed opportunity I felt so uh, yeah I agree with you mate, I think actually if we're being ha you know hand on hearts, if we're being honest 
No one expected us to get top four, but it's just there to grab. And mm. if we had a bit more conviction about us, a bit more forward planning, you know, we obviously had the money. We were going for Dusan Vlaovic. We were, we were flirting with, with Fiorentina for so long and perhaps too long that we took our eyes off the other prizes. I really feel we've shot ourselves in the foot, but so much of what you've said is, is absolutely on the money. And look, if we still finish fifth or sixth, then yes, it will be progress on last season, but it's, I just feel it's an opportunity missed. Yeah, we have that in sights. It should have been the time that we put it into the next gear and move onwards. And it hasn't, we've, uh, we've dropped the clutch, put it into reverse. And while everyone is sitting there going past us going, well, I didn't expect you to do that. Well, there we go, people. Um, right, that has been eight hours and six minutes. I thought this would automatically cut off after eight hours. I read it was eight. I read it was 20. I'm not going to go and do 20 because Have I've Have you been to the loo, Danny? No, I don't drink. This this was I full. When, this <laughs> was full when I started. Well, one litre and I've drank that much liquid. So about a quarter of a litre. I don't drink much. Blimey. It's pain. Mate, I, I had, salute you. I <laughs> had three bananas, though. Friend. Eight hours is some sleep. Oh, that's incredible. Well oh, I couldn't have done it. Couldn't have done it without you lot and the fantastic people in the chat and all the wonderful guests that have all turned up. No one let me down, which is an absolute miracle. Managed to sneak actually 32 guests because Gary wasn't meant to be here. And then I added him on at the last minute because I said, you can, it looks like no one's cancelling. You can come on. So Gary, there's so 32 wonderful guests. Some of them are in the chat there. So finally, I want to say thank you to John. Um, where can people find you, John? You lovely bearded man, you. <laughs> thank you. Look, thanks for having me on. Like, like FK said, I mean, this is eight hours straight and I when you put the when you put the uh the the schedule up saying hey when do you want to do it I was like I want to be at the I want to be at the very tail end of this I want to the juicy the, bit the juicy bit after it's all <laughs> happened you know um I and in retrospect it was an awful idea <laughs> just because given how the, the the transfer window turned out but I'm absolutely happy to be here so if, if I could deal with this crappy situation that we're in right now which it which it ultimately is I'm glad it's with with you, Danny, and obviously FK and Graham. So there's no one I would rather have uh, spend this awful, miserable transfer window that it was with. Because, I mean, I, my whole day is basically wasted. I'm going, everyone's this. And yesterday we're tracking someone's taxi cab. And I'm looking at, like, I'm, I'm learning about the law when it comes to how you register your vehicles in London. And I'm, and I'm going, man, well, I just wasted 48 hours of my life, basically. <laughs> Uh, but here we are. Uh, this this certainly wasn't a waste. So again, thanks for having me on. And uh, the chat, as always, is uh, is great. And you can find me at, at three hundred five cast. I'm I usually don't. I had my own podcast, but you know I haven't done it in a while. I'm on on Tom's every once in a while at the Gunner Talk. So you can find me on Twitter. Excellent, Graham. No need to tell us where you. Where, people should know where you are because you're uh, one of the most uh, popular people. On, on the Arsenal front, the Arsenal world of podcasting, but tell them anyway in case they didn't know where they can find you. Well, I think you know, you know the guys I'm with. Uh, always the same old Arsenal, uh, yep. Craig, uh, Lee, Dan, Harry, uh, and Mark, uh, and occasionally Albert's on there. And then we've now got Princess Guna, our January signing. Uh, we picked her up, uh, we just about lashed out the money. Craig got together the money for the cheeseburgers and put a bit of cash to it, and we. <laughs> Got her to sign a contract, so I'm with the same old Arsenal team, and you also find me doing the Tactical Insight show with James on ASTV. Excellent. And where, what's your username on Twitter? Uh, Graham B one nine five. I follow all Arsenal fans. If any Arsenal fans DM me, I always follow them back. So yeah, so I love interacting with Arsenal fans, um, and um, you know, I love talking Arsenal with anybody, Danny. 
50 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm 51. You not don't 50 look it. Years. You don't look it. Uh, <laughs> finally, the, the man who has a voice that has been referred to as sexual chocolate, the man who invented, almost <laughs> invented Arsenal podcasting way back in the days. I think it was 2012. We all started FKM every early 2013. Yeah. You're still at it. You're still marvellous. You still know what you're talking about and you entertain the listeners with your, with your sexual chocolate voice and your insight into the world of football. Where can people find you, you beautiful bastard? <laughs> in jail um no, mate, look, uh, you guys can all find me on twitter so it's f carnage and of course um i've got my own sort of channel thing going on it's just a one-man team at the moment and it's latte firm and by the way may i say graham <clears throat> it's really good to see craig back in the game as well because yeah i know he had a long period out um i enjoy following him and uh just pass our best wishes to him because i think uh when he's when he's producing and he's podcasting and he's hosting he's in his natural element and it's really good to see yeah. him back uh, I, yeah go on John no I was, was going to say yeah that's uh, Craig's up there yeah I'm just going to say uh, thanks for FAA I'll pass on that message um, obviously uh, he went through uh, a little bit of a lull but he's back doing what he does best he's a great host he, he brings the best out of us lot on there and we love working with him so um, yeah I'll pass on your messages thanks very much uh, let's go do it do it he's, he's a really good guy He's a lovely man. He, he, he could do with a job at the moment. Uh, so, uh, oh, he's got a job. Oh, has he got a job now? Yeah, he's got a new job. I had him on the first guest today, so we spoke for about 20 minutes before the show started. Oh, he? And he's got his new oh, job. Okay. And he's loving oh, excellent. it. Excellent. And, um, it's a lot, I love Latte Firm, too. I, you know, you did, I, I, you did this one uh, podcast when we were signing Ramsdale where you interviewed a goalkeeping expert. And it was, I've never seen a goalkeeping expert before, and it kind of changed the way I look at goalkeepers. So that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. We we um, I toyed with the idea because obviously I'd done breakdowns on like defenders and midfielders, and I was trying to think how best to do it. So I asked John to capture some photos, <clears throat> put the slide deck together. Uh, it takes a lot of production, as I'm sure you guys can maybe imagine. <laughs> and we were really unsure as to how it was going to be sort of received because it was just stills on a on a screen like this. But the feedback, man, has been just like what you've just done, John. It's been overwhelming and it's been amazing. So. Um, thank you. I really appreciate that. Excellent. Right. And uh, thank you to everybody who has watched us today. It's uh, We did these years ago. I'm not sure I'm ever going to do one again. It's just nice to know that uh, I asked a load of people and so many people said, yep, I'll definitely do that. And it's been a, it's been a really fun day. I'm going to go and raid the fridge now. Full of, I've had a lovely delivery of Tesco stuff. <laughs> not sure what I'm going to have because it's a quarter past 12 at night nearly. So, everybody, one final thank you. And uh, this has been a Burkhart Wonderland. You have all been wonderful. There's the camera. Wrong way. It used to be over there. You've all been wonderful. And we will see you again this week. And I think I think Chris Carpenter's coming on to do a podcast. We can guess why. Because this has been a disaster. And there's nothing like Chris likes more than when things go wrong. And he can see, I told you so. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody. And we will see you later. Goodbye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.